Let's get started. Now let's get it all in perspective. We did it like that and now we do it like this. Do not attempt to adjust your down. I'm transmitting live. Yo, let's get down to business. Now let's get it all in perspective. We did it like that and now we do it like this. Right. the underground world, every street and world. You may learn something. You are now listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Experience with Chico, Simon, Kamar, and your host, Matt Flo. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience Experience. My name is Matt Floyd, joined as always by Kamar. Welcome to the party. And Simon. Yes, hello. What we do here is very simple. The three of us have listened to every episode of the Joe Rogan Experience this week. We're going to rate each episode as well as the week on a scale of one to five Jamie Vernons. Uh, we're then going to talk about each guest, the talking points, give our opinions, this, that, and the next. Uh, but first, Kamara, were there any new patrons? Why, thank you, Brother Matt. <laughs> Hello to all the listeners, and welcome to new listeners. Uh, this is the point of the show where I list off the most important people in the world to me, the Patreons. This week's no different. This week, we want to give a big shout-out to Ben P. Way to go, Ben. Thank you, Thanks Simon. for coming along. Why were you staring him down like that, man? Well, I was waiting for him to say Ben, but he was like, nope. Well, I was wa- I was expecting more. He was like, Ben P, and then I was waiting for another one, but there wasn't. You were so. waiting for him to fuck up the name, and it didn't happen. It was impossible. Well, like, maybe it was Ben Pernitsky or something. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? No, it was just a P, which I'm sure stands for big penis, because you're a Patreon. Now, are we certain we didn't miss another one last week? No, we're never certain about anything, man. Okay. Let me get That's my how phone. the show flows. Let me get my Why, phone Why, did, did someone quick. write in? Oh, and another thing to all the Patreons, uh, people comment and stuff, and uh, sometimes I'm not sure if it's a question or a statement, but if you put a question mark, for sure we'll address it. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Uh, do you know what I mean, Matt? Yeah, sometimes it yeah. seems like it's a question in the form of a statement. Yeah, I never know if people want respond. I never know what to but do. But if you do do a question mark, for sure we'll respond to it. So just that little grammatical error. Okay, let me just clear this Normal, up. Normal, common punctuation. I just want to clear this up real quick here, Kamar, because I thought I saw Hunter. Did we get Hunter Plaza? Ooh. June 21st. Ooh, that's a, that's a nice pull. Definitely not. Yeah. Hunter. Okay, so he gets a double shout out. Hunter Plaza. He welcomed the team. Yeah, he gets a double shout Thank out. You, Hunter. Did you say Plaza? Maybe uh, he misspelled his name. <laughs> no, Plaza. Like P L O S Z A Y plus A. Yeah, I guess that one really snuck in. Yeah, well, there you <laughs> go. Say. Kamar just didn't want to have to try to pronounce his last name. Plozai. So. Anyone named Hunter is cool, except for Biden. Okay. Well, well, you know you two hunters, this guy and Biden. And this is the coolest hunter I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so thank you to the new patrons. We appreciate the shit out of you. Kamar, how was your week? Oh, man. Uh, well, let's start off. I'll go back in time. You know today's July 4th. Happy July 4th to all our American listeners. Oh, yeah, yeah, happy July 4th. Happy I mean, they'll get this on like July 6th. Day so. of independence. But they'll know we cared. Okay. Uh, but I watched uh, the uh, Nathan's hot dog eating contest was on today. Ugh. Oh, yeah. The guy ate 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Yeah, he also, they also dunk them in water, though, and that's so fucking disgusting. But you, can, you can't dunk it for more than five seconds. They had all the rules. They had, they had commentators. And it doesn't matter if you dunk it in water. He's, he's, he takes the bun, squishes it after it's soaked. Oh, my God. Puts that's it so, mouth, it's, and then forces two hot dogs at a time. That's so fucking foul. It's 76 unreal. times. Oh, and it sort of put me off hot dogs. But, uh, yeah. Is it really a hot dog at that point? Like after you stuck it people. in water and then scrunched it into a yeah. ball, like yeah, I I think they should well, go I mean, back it to is still yeah. 
you, you don't have to put condiments on it, but you got to eat the hot dog like a human being. I, I think that should yeah, be I the thing. Yeah, I think that should be the, yeah. And if you ate 25 in 10 minutes, I'd still tip my hat to you. Like if you have a pizza eating contest and I just roll the pizzas up and cram them up my anus like three at a time, does that still count? Like you I'm, are ingesting the mat, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that a pass. Okay, so there we go. But uh, on on Monday, this is a weird thing. Uh, crazy sports. We're talking about the soccer games. Yeah. And then we're waiting to watch uh, the Montreal game. So we put on the Untouchables. Classic. Costner. Classic. Sean Connery. Costner. Is that what we're talking All about? the boys. And while we're watching it, there's a squirrel in a tree. We have like either a chestnut or a walnut tree. And uh, this guy is eating. They come in like a green. It looks like a mini avocado. So the squirrel up there eats it off and then throws down like quarter-sized pieces onto us. It started to get annoying, so he went to get the BB gun to, to, to shoot it. it we watched The Untouchables. It just got caught up in the, the gangsterism. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you know, but a lot of cops hang out near my place, especially at the hospital. Well, yeah, I know. There's, there's always a lot of cops in hospitals. But yeah. always, also across the street, there's a government building, and they always stay there. And for some reason, as soon as we got the gun out, the cops pulled up. We thought it would not be a smart idea because it's one of those BB guns that looks like real. There's my, no orange on it or anything. My buddy in Toronto spent three months in jail for doing that, shooting squirrels with a BB gun. His neighbor called it in. It was like someone's shooting a gun off their balcony. They came. He had like some prior and he, yeah. Well, just you disappeared can't for shoot three months. squirrels. It's not okay. No, I, I was just there for the ride. I was shooting cans just for target practice, but the gun felt good. Have you ever held a gun like? Dude, Simon and I in my cottage, used to, we, that's all we did for like a whole week. I can see why Americans love guns. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's all, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want one, but it just, it felt good having it on the table there. It's nice too, and you hit the target from a distance, that's always fun. It's all fun. Pop the, the can, ping. That was my week, painting the building, that, the most environmental building in the city that doesn't have air conditioning. We bit of an oversight if you ask me. So I was just dying, I lost 10 pounds. Oh, nothing wrong there. No, nope, a lot more to go. So, Simon, how was your week? Uh, my week was fine, Matt. I came totally unprepared today, and I have no... Uh, I don't you don't know. even know how your week was? I don't know how my week was. You have to prepare for that. Usually I prepare for it. Now. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Very so, interesting. So you're going to get nothing, because okay. I don't know how my week was. Oh, I have one more thing. This, this fucking is, guy. Sorry. Your time's over. Well, no, you. You. I'm trying to supplement what your time is. Sorry, I'll do it next week. No, oh, go ahead. Um, I've been requested to host the first week the comedy club opens. Oh, there you go. That's great news, isn't yeah, it? It was a, quite the honor bestowed on me, but we don't know when that is. So oh. I look forward to it. Well, there you go. At least you have something to look forward to. Are you writing new material? Oh, well, I have to try out all the material I've written before yeah, I write yeah. more material. You never know. You should always be writing stuff. No, I, I really have a big chunk about the soccer right now. So that's what I'm... And I, I, I don't think... I mean, I, you don't know, but I don't think people want to hear too much about COVID jokes. I don't think people want to hear too much about soccer jokes. Well, the soccer jokes tie into another thing I have, so it's just sort of expanded it. You know what's crazy to me about soccer? Not so much international, because international almost completely alleviates this issue. But it's crazy to me that if you're, you're a referee running around like a Premier League game, we'll use that as an example, think of how many fucking languages... Or on that field at any given time. Yelling at you. Yeah. Especially yeah. for the VAR. 
That's what I'm saying. You're being cursed at in potentially like 22 different languages. No, what I'm doing is comparing the uh, South American to uh, European soccer. Oh, of course. And that's always funny to do comparisons. Yeah, the announcers especially. The announcers especially. Go, 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 go. They're fucking nuts. Tossing a little bit of an exaggeration. You just might have yourself a joke. Meanwhile, the English are just like, oh, it was an absolutely stunning ball. Oh, subliminal execution. How's your wig map? Meanwhile, they had whole fucking um, like underground world dedicated to hooliganism. Yeah, of course. But they've let's eradicated throw, Let's throw darts at the opposing players' teams. Um, so, Kamar, my week, interesting enough, you were mentioning the games Monday. Um, I lost not like a ton of money, but like I lost what I put on to Bodog betting on those games. None of them went, nothing went my way ever. And then... Uh, the Spain game, I put forty bucks. I won five forty. Jesus, why do you retire? Next game, I put a hundred bucks. I win twelve hundred. What? The night before the Denmark Czech game, I put down like a hundred and fifty bucks in bets on that game. I wake up super late. Like I woke up at like one, and I was like, "Oh my god, the game's like." It was already two one, and I had already won another fifteen hundred bucks. What? Yeah. I, I, it sounds like you could become a professional soccer gambler. Uh, well, we'll see when the year starts back up. But yeah, I made it's crazy. I made the same bet on all three games and it hit. Here's what's really Whoa, nuts. Okay, wait a second. These aren't bets on one game. You need a. Uh, no, this was a happen. prop. Yeah, these were prop bets. So I bet, mm-hmm. I bet both teams to score and each team two corners in each half. Oh, so winner doesn't even matter. No, winner oh. doesn't even matter. Um, you become a say? student of the game. What's crazy though is this. I bet on the Denmark Czech game, I bet a plus 10,000. I bet $5 and it hit. And what was that? That's 500 bucks. No, but it was 10,000 that there would be two penalty oh, so shots or something? Each team to score, both teams three corners in each half. And it was a plus 10,000. I think the, they fucked up the odds. That doesn't seem that crazy. Yeah, I think three corners I, a piece and a goal. Simon, and a I'm, I'm certain they fucked and a up. a big fucking deal. This is what I think the bet was supposed to be, Simon. I think they fucked up because they do that occasionally. I think it was supposed to be both teams score in each half and both teams three corners or more in each half. Okay, that's harder. Because listen to this. The bet that I, the other bet I hit on that game was the same bet I said. One goal, each team scores, each team two corners in each half. That's a plus 1,000. You add one corner for each team in each half, and it becomes a plus 10,000. It must make any be sense. an average of two corners per game or something. Well, there hasn't been a lot. I will say run. this. In the Euros, there's been hardly any corners. How I, much would it have made for Mbappe to miss the penalty? I don't know if you can bet. I don't know if you can bet that. You can bet that live, I think, but I'm not sure. That would have been a big one. Oh, watching, that was, watching that was brutal. Did you see how he looked around like, wait a second. That wasn't the shot, was it? I mean... <laughs> I felt bad for that Vargas kid too for Switzerland when he missed because he's young and Switzerland, you know, they don't make it there often. Like Ronaldo missed, man, it happens. Yeah, the nerves. Does, yeah. So Ball my week was uh, my week was pretty good. That's a great week. Yeah. Um, and a great week of Joe, no less. Well, I mean, in my opinion, there's one that just dragged. That's going to drag the okay, average down uh, yeah, well, substantially. Let's, but let's get into it. Uh, full disclosure: I couldn't do notes on one of them. Oh, I mean, I fine. tried. Sure. I tried to squeeze blood from a stone, but it was... No, there are no notes that we're not going to talk about it for longer than 10 minutes. It was... There's nothing to it talk was, about. It, it it's was. Fine. I think we all agree it's the same one. Man, I always came in pages full. What a, what a prick. Wow. There's nothing. There's. I'm with you. 
If it, you had any, if you had more than two notes on it, I would have slapped you in the like face. Like I tried, I no. squeezed. No, no. But I have substantial notes on the two other great guests this week. Let's get into it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, go over the guests and then we'll rate the week. How's that sound? Oh, that sounds fantastic. I uh, changed my mind. I want my time back for my week. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Go ahead. Oh, go for it. No. What did you do Canada Day, Simon? Uh, what did you do Canada Day, Kamar? Watch the soccer. Yeah, I didn't do jack shit. Yeah, that was about it. Well, I worked. And then the guy I worked with was like, ah, I don't want to work anymore. I was like, okay, we don't work. Hmm. And you were okay with that, obviously? I was very okay with that. Yeah. I, I, I watched soccer and then uh, watched this. The first one, 1675. Were you doing a job that had a deadline? Every job has a deadline. Hmm. Okay. Um, 1675. Quentin Tarantino, no fan of Linda Lee. Clearly not. Although Linda Lee came out this week and was like, I'm tired of white men talking. Uh, followed up by hilarious. 1676, the pig cooker, Jesse Griffiths. Might have been, this might be one of the worst we're ever going to have to cover. Keep I don't going, know. though. I don't Keep know. going. Finish off by. The Shining House light. favorite, 1677, Tim Dillon. What didn't they talk about? What didn't they touch on? Really ended the week well for a nice short sweep. Because I'm wondering what Joe's doing that he only did three this week. It was 4th of July. Of course, long weekend. Because the Tim Dillon, he posted, you know everyone posts on I Instagram. I saw it, yeah, because like, I told Simon it was coming up, yeah. Wednesday or Thursday. I think Joe took time off, took the family somewhere. You know, COVID's not as prevalent. They maybe went to the lake. Went to know? go eat some hot dogs, blow up some uh, fireworks. Because Joe also has a huge, He has. he's playing Vegas next week, and he has the UFC. So next week's going to be a short one too, I assume. That's just my opinion. It's Very interesting, but I really felt that Quentin Tarantino was almost a matrix moment. You know, was in, this is insane, and I don't know if someone maybe had some insight. The day before Quentin Tarantino dropped, someone on the Reddit, the Joe Rogan Reddit, not ours, they often do guest requests. It's to no one, obviously. It's just this is someone I would like to see on. And someone did Quentin Tarantino, and the next day he was on. Isn't that interesting? Someone willed it to happen. The only thing that disappointed me was that like, he was on Mark Maron on Monday. Yeah, you were telling me that, yeah. Inferior podcast compared to this one. Mm-hmm. He talked a lot about his dad issues, as Maron will bring someone out to, to do. Interesting. I, didn't want, I don't want to hear that. No, definitely not. All right, well, do we want to rate the week? Simon, you seem like you're good and ready. Oh, I am not ready. Okay, come on, let's move on to you. I'm ready. I'll give it a three. I know the week gets a three for me. It, I'm rounding down slightly. It's probably like a th- whatever a three point two, but it's it's going to be a three. I'll slide over there. Just give it a three point three. Price is right, me. Cool. I won't tell you what podcast got what mark. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and you can just give me my average. Let's see if I can guess for you. Okay. It was two fours. Yeah, and a half. And a half. Yeah. So eight and a half divided by three. So it's just shy of three. Three point three? No. Because nine divided by three is three. Something like that. Yeah, that's basically this. I like three point three. Thirty three. There we go. That's what we're going. No, it's not though. It's not three point Okay, fine. Then I'll give the guy a point seven to fucking still doesn't do it. it But that's okay. (laughs) That's fine. You give it a three point three, Simon. Okay. Do you guys all feel like we invented Diablo Avocado? I've never heard it anywhere else. I hear it all uh, Bisbing used it yesterday or two days ago. Like I'm hearing it all over the place. What? No yeah. way. Wait. Well, he said devil's avocado, but still. 
I'm well, telling you. That's a little different. Okay, it's a bit of a stretch, but I still feel. I mean, devil's av- avocado. That's... Well, devil's advocate, devil's avocado, that's an easy. Well, he's Diablo we're just avocado. we're throwing a, a, a little bit of Spanish caliente on. Some that's flavor. all we're doing. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. So if you hear somebody say Diablo avocado, I would be like, yeah, okay, that's weird. But devil avocado, I'm half with you. Come I've on, heard Diablo avocado as well. No fucking way. I can't remember where. By the way, I started documenting all the times people say online. I'm getting a nice little video collection collection of. The jury will always be able to, that. That's like abortion. You'll, on, you'll it's like never on be able to stop working. <laughs> It'll just take up your time forever. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it, Kamar, if you don't mind. 1675. You 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 were you said you might be disappointed. I'm really interested to see Quentin Tarantino. Well, here's the thing. I can separate the art from the man. I don't like Quentin Tarantino. I love his work. I think he is. I find him to be like a pompous. Like oh yes 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 he's very I I think all directors have to be sort of that yeah, I find him extra abrasive uh, three and a half times no I listened to this on regular speed wow really which almost into is like it, you're eh? fucking quicksand what are your feelings on Quentin Tarantino Simon I thought that Joe asked all the right questions for once that was kind of cool like he didn't pussyfoot away from the whole Bruce Lee uh, shit Harvey. And, Harvey, uh, well, I mean, he didn't go as in-depth as I would have liked there, but still. Um, but no, I mean, I Quentin Tarantino's kind of like a, he's kind of a douchey guy, but I thought he was good on this. I thought... Uh, I mean, listen, I rate this episode high, him, but... I thought he was like, he seemed like a kind of a guy I would chill with. No. I think he's a little bit full of himself or whatever, but his resume would allow him... It'd be weird if he was humble, like, oh, I just make movies... People like it. Like I, I, it would be like Michael Jordan telling you, yeah, I'm okay at basketball. You know? No, that's <laughs> not what I'm talking about, though. I just mean his general, like, I don't know, just the way he is bothers me. And I was, I was thinking, listen, this, he may be the most influential director of our generation, if I include us all in the same generation. Him putting himself in his movies is a douchey maneuver. But Stan Lee put himself it's in every Avengers. Worst. Is that douchey? Stanley puts himself in and then it became like a running gag. You know what I mean? Um, Tarantino gives himself. Stanley like didn't roles. direct those movies. That's all. That that's even, that's even no, worse. That's a director's no, it's an choice. Homage to that's the director's yeah. choice saying we're just going to also I've read many. Um, I've read many conspiracies, not conspiracies, but uh, theories that he's the overwatch. That he's he plays the Overwatcher is that the and that's why he shows up. That's in why all, he's in oh, all of them. That's yeah. interesting. That's and interesting you you think it's just you. an ego flex of him putting himself in the movies? Hold on, listen, Qu- Tarantino. Well, he's no Overwatcher. It's the biggest flex ever. I'll say this, <laughs> okay? His let's use Pulp Fiction as an example. I don't hate that one, although he definitely writes himself in dropping the N bomb, which I find is an interesting choice. His part in Django is absolutely obscene. I, I couldn't tell you what it was. His part in Reservoir Dogs is okay. Sure. What's wrong? Well, I was going to say, can you guys name all nine of his movies? Yes. I'm pretty sure I could, yeah. Do you okay. want me to? Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, Kill Bill 2. Um, are we putting in Dust Till Dawn? And He no. can direct that. Okay, Hate, no. Hateful Eight. It's his yeah. nine that he did. Okay, Hateful Eight, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Did Django. Django, yeah. How many are we at here? 
You're missing Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards, yeah. And... Well, I don't even know the running count we have right now. Well, we should have done them in order. That was... Okay, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, that's Pulp one. Pulp Fiction. Two. Uh, Kill Bill. Kill Bill 2. That's four. Inglorious Bastards. Once Upon a Time in H- Hollywood. Hateful, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Yeah, going, yeah, I know I'm going in. I'm just counts, quickly... The Kill Bill is one. You, you're doing his last... He counts the Kill Bill as one. Well, you're doing his this? last movie first. Kill either way, we're three short right now. Um, Inglorious Bastards. I put that on there. Hateful Eight. You put that on there. Django. You didn't put Django on there. It's Django. Um, what else? Hold on a sec. It's the it's the one I I I knew it might be. Oh, um, Jackie Brown. Oh, there it yeah. is. That's eight. So you're saying there are nine. We're yep. missing one. What are we missing? Death Proof. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't even consider that one of his movies. It's a double movie with another guy. He like, shouldn't consider it was one of yeah. his movies. Yeah, he, I agree. He shouldn't. He owes us two movies. The way they talked about it, I decided to watch it silent while I listened to this and was like, you're killing me. We need yeah. to start a petition. Quentin Tarantino owes us two more movies. Well, it's just crazy that that, like, think about it. True Romance, not considered I don't a Tarantino at all movie. I don't consider it a Tarantino well, no, movie. Th- th- this is just directing. Because he is a guest director in uh, Four Rooms. Right. But that doesn't count. But yeah. you can tell that, like, um, what's it called? Um, True Romance. Amazing movie in every regard. Like, I'm not taking anything away from it. But you can tell that it doesn't have that, like, Tarantino directorness to it. This is where I disagree. If you were to right now sit down just with a clean mind and watch Reservoir Dogs and True Romance side by side, I think you would you would see a lot of similarities. It's just his early, his super early work, right? Like as a young filmmaker, I'm not sure True Romance would have been that different. So dialogue heavy, you mean? Yeah, I mean you could tell it was written by him. Like all the, um, like when he goes to see when Christian Slater goes to see uh, Gary Oldman. What's his character's name? Fuck. The oh, pimp. Yeah, the pimp. Yeah, like that. It'll you know. come to me in two seconds. Uh, the scene with Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper, like. It just doesn't have that same, I don't know, je ne sais quoi of everything coming together. I, guess. I don't know. There's but again, he wrote it. So yeah, it's still yeah, like yeah, you he can't. Wrote it, it has yeah. the violence. It has everything. Anyways, the, anyways. I mean, again, Alabama War League takes a shit kicking in that from he James Gandolfini. He beats the absolute piss out of her. Such a shit kicking. That's yeah. crazy. That's like the most impactful movie. I remember being 16 or 17 seeing that. Did you watch, speaking of Gandolfini, did you watch the trailer for The Sopranos movie? Of course, of course. Oh, dude, that yeah. looks awesome. My one... Um, it's just a shame it's a film. I was just going to say the same thing. That has to be a series. What dum-dum I know. at HBO, after everything they've done, you don't make movies, HBO. You don't make movies. You make fucking series. Now, keep in mind, I'm going to go in with an open mind. It could be an incredible film. They did the Deadwood movie. It was very good. But again, I would have... Give me but, a, give me like a prequel. But to doing a movie, or, uh, you're literally like season fina- series finales are movies, lengthwise. Yeah, sure. Well, this is my point. But you love giving- the trailer, but you don't like that HBO's making it. No, no I he's like saying- the trailer. It's going to be a great movie. I'm going to love it. But they Daniel should have Aiden. given us a series about pre-Sopranos, not a movie about pre-Sopranos. Just think about how much they could have done. So much, Matt. Like. Maybe they will, though. Maybe this is like the lead off to a series. I doubt it. I doubt it. Everyone's too old, but I always wanted there to be a prequel to Reservoir Dogs. 
I gotta say, I love like the what idea. What they all did before. Well, why I not love do it the with idea. Different actors. I love the idea of him redoing it himself with different actors. Oh, we, very cool. We spoke about your idea of like taking a script and having five different filmmakers yes. interpret that script. Wait, how do you remember these things? I don't even remember saying that. What a great idea I had. Yeah. It's like the money of uh You forget that I have to edit making. this thing. So Ooh. I, you know, I got to listen and listen again. Um, I think that's a great idea, but I also like the idea of a filmmaker because he mentioned something really interesting and it made me think of like clerks. When you're a young filmmaker with limited, very limited funds, your biggest problem is special effects and location. So you can't have any special effects because that's that that's yeah. your whole budget. And location, you really want like a clerks where you can just or a reservoir dogs. It exactly. But this is what I'm saying in, in that locale. This is the thing. Like there's a few shots they use, you know, when Steve Buscemi's running down the street, but yeah, that's it's pretty that's much simple. stock footage, you know? Well no, like I mean him running from the cop but that's easy stuff to do. I'm with you. It's a lot of B roll and it's He doesn't have to rent out downtown new it's hall, literally uh, LA a diner scene, an office, and then that fucking warehouse. warehouse. And it's just interesting how oh, when you're young and Buddy's apartment. Yeah, uh, the cop's yeah, apartment yeah, yeah. just for all that Because uh, I remember I remember hearing Peter Jackson um Peter Jackson said he always wanted to make Godzilla and he had to make Lord of the Rings in order to make Godzilla. Cause he was like, okay. I, I'm never going to have the money to make Godzilla the way I want to make it. Hmm, so we had to like, yeah. So what were we just talking about before that? I'm sorry. I don't remember. No, no, you do. Come on. Two seconds before well, just Quentin Tarantino. I don't know. Three scenes, easy budget to do. Oh, reservoir oh, dogs. Cheap. Uh, clerks. So it was so funny about that is, so he makes clerks for whatever, 15, 20 grand, 50 15 grand, grand yeah. maxing out two credit cards. And then they give him like millions of dollars to do mall rats, yeah. which is such a, it's like one of my favorite movies, but it's such a stupid movie. Like there's nothing to it. They didn't need to spend any money on that movie, but you can see like, oh yeah, we'll just give him a Batman belt and he's going <laughs> to propel himself to the roof. He just blew it. It's funny, man. But sometimes though, that, that's how those companies work. Like I remember Blink-182, they had a video where the record label gave them a million dollars to make a music video. And they were like, you take, you have to make this music. And they just spent the million giving stuff away. Oh, really? So like they went to a skate park with a van filled with blank decks and just like around the, you know what I mean? So I was thinking more like they give you a million dollars and if you don't spend it, then the next time they give you less. So you got to spend it yeah, no matter what. Of course. That's probably why they blow these huge budgets. Because I got to say, when Tarantino was like, it cost me $95 million to make. That was crazy. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was like, holy mother of God. Movie game, I would have never guessed $95 million. Really? But the but highest I would have gone for is 50 But I would have guessed like, oh yeah. I Didn't mean, you wonder how they actors, made it look like it was the 70s? And I, I would have just thought actors needed to get paid. So I would have said again, 40 mil. Yeah, like I said, 50. Yeah. You know, you got DiCaprio, Bruce Willis. You and have, I assumed a lot of those guys did him favors, you know, because they're fucking buddies of Tarantino. Bruce Willis was in Once Upon a Time. Sorry, yeah, Brad Pitt. My apologies, yeah. He was Bruce Willis killed it. He was amazing. You know what's interesting, though, is when Tarantino um, talks about it, it's Rick. What do you mean it's Rick? Like, he doesn't, he doesn't say DiCaprio once. He didn't say Brad Pitt once. He is so invested in the actual characters. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Wasn't it crazy that he said that um, Travolta was originally slated to play the Eric Stoltz part? And Madsen his, was supposed to be His him. career would have never 
had that rebound, had he got that. Because that part, it, it would have been good. You would have been like, hey, John Travolta, but you it's, wouldn't have given a fuck about it. You what's know? really crazy is like, I wonder how Michael Madsen feels. Well, I want to know what movie he went to do. Wider. He told you. Oh, it was wider. And okay, it's a piece of shit movie. But this is what I'm saying. I mean, in his in his defense, Quentin Tarantino at that point hasn't. But then, yeah, sorry. He's done Reservoir Dogs. Wyatt Earp is a big budget film. If you're Michael Madsen, you're. And he loves Madsen anyways, because he goes on to write the whole character of um, In Kill Bill for Madsen. I was going to say in hip hop, there's always like, who's the most underrated MC ever. And for me, like in acting, Tom Sizemore and Michael Madsen are like two of my favorite that's funny because they both play pretty much the same I know. role. <laughs> you, Michael, you have a type. <laughs> Michael Madsen, though, there's some you uh, when he smokes a cigarette. There's no one on film that makes me want a cigarette more than when Michael Madsen smokes one. I feel like there were nobodies till Reservoir Dogs, and that blew them up, and it was like the worst thing to happen to them because they both just went Hollywood crazy. I think I, I don't I don't know actually, but it just seems like you know how Vince Vaughn doesn't look like Vince Vaughn the Swingers. Yeah. They, the years have not been nice to Sizemore or Madsen. Madsen, you always believe, like, I believe that he's a badass. So when he smokes a cigarette, I believe he's smoking a cigarette. That's why I think you Listen, the scene in Kill Bill, like, him. he's the best part of Kill Bill, like, when he's in that trailer. You know what I mean? When he's living in the trailer and she goes to see him and he's just, he's like some greasy, he just plays that so well. He plays himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So the 80s, the worst movies. Yes, without a doubt. Do you think that because everyone was on cocaine? Keep in mind, though, there are some movies that came out of the eight. Like Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a fucking incredible film. Oh, no. It, it can't be every single movie I made it. ever. But, but I agreed with him. Yeah, it was popcorn. Just the, the 80s. 80s, like 80s music is suspect. Yeah, the 80s in general was... Uh, it was so... Um, neon and cocaine and... Uh, cotton candy. Oh, it was terrible. That's why Reservoir Dogs, Menace Society... Boys in the Hood, anything that was like gripping and heroes dying appealed to for me when I was a young person. Like, it's funny realism. you say this though, because if you go back and watch, like I was mentioning this with Heat last week, if you go back and watch a lot of those gritty early '90s movies, they're gritty and they're great, and they're they like you know a lot of them stand the test of time. But if you watch them now with like you know comedic eyes, there's a lot of '80s cheese that has still found its way. And again, I probably blame the studios. Well, we talked about this last. I think it's most of it is overacting from Al Pacino. <laughs> just oh, and he sh- oh, shines, she's got a shines great ass. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, according to Tarantino, he changed everything. You know what I mean? And I I really think he did. Like, just like everything changed when uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit came out. It just changed culture. But to say it changed it, like, did, was Martin Scorsese dead? No, but all young filmmakers wanted to be like Quentin Tarantino. He, it's a Tarantino. Before he existed, it'd be a Scorsese or a Coppola. But this is what I'm saying is he didn't, like, I know he looks at himself as this groundbreaking, like, there were people making those gritty films before Tarantino. He, he put his own spin on it for sure. And he like who you're saying like, well, Scorsese is a perfect fucking example. Like even in the, hold on, even in the nineties, he made Goodfellas, which is to this day. But Scorsese is one of the best directors ever. I get it. I'm listen. I'm saying, I think Quentin Tarantino is one of the best directors of all time. He's top three. I don't like him as a person. Yeah. I take, I can separate the man and the art for sure. But he, other than kill bill, I don't think he has. Okay. And death proof. I don't think he has a movie I really don't like. You don't like Kill Bill? 
I did not like Kill Bill, no. I mean, it's not my favorite movie, but it's fun. Feels this like is, it's a comic book movie. This is the thing. I it's weird because sure. I liked the aesthetic of it, like the RZA did the music. It had that sort of a mix of like spaghetti westerns, old kung fu movies. I just didn't. I don't know. It didn't. I didn't like it. No. And when he talks about <clears throat> Kill Bill, talking about the characters, because I feel like Kamar was saying he like lives all his characters. Yeah. You know, he builds these lives for them far beyond. The movie, which is probably why these books work and why the plays will work, because it's kind of like Star Wars, right? Where you can yeah, you can build a fucking build out on any storyline. Anyways, um, I'm to- I totally forgot where I was going. Kill with Bill, yeah, characters. Kill Bill. Kill Bill. I said it was terrible. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I don't even know why I was talking about it. I'm sorry. Well, that's another plus for him, though. The reason why he was on or on doing podcasts is to sell the book which is like a supplemental piece to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I don't feel like he really hawked it or anything. Like, it, no. it came up organically in conversation, but it didn't feel like... If he, I honestly book. didn't know. If you hadn't said he was selling a, a, on a book tour, I don't even know if I would have noticed. To be genuinely... Oh, I, I didn't even realize yeah, that, see, that he was go. hawking the book. I just thought he was talking about a book that he had... You know, no, he's written he a book written. that is supplemental that has a whole bunch of other stuff. I think it's brilliant. Oh, yeah, living the lives. He goes so deep into the characters. Like when he was talking, sorry, that's what I was talking about. When he was talking about Kill Bill, he was like talking about, um, re, you know, doing a Kill Bill 3 and having the daughter and people still being alive. And he just knew how like everybody ended up. And I, I don't know. I think it would be really interesting then to see another Kill Bill. The fact that he wrote 20 pages of. Uh, Rick and Timothy Holofant, because that's the one time he... My man. Just a conversation at a bar that he never put in the movie, and he said, and I learned a lot more about them. It's almost schizophrenia. Do you, do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, Like, he, he becomes a conversation and decides he's two other people. It, it's really a feat. I mean, I loved that he was ready to tap out, and then he was like, historically speaking, you know, directors don't get better with age. And, you know, you wouldn't want him making three duds at the end and then having that kind of... It's interesting because he said he seemed like way more, uh, you know, this is it with Joe. But on Marin, he sounded like it was way more wide open. Well, he's, I mean... It's a contract that he has for 10 movies. I'll say this. With Joe, it sounded like he was definitely done with movies, but it sounded like he still had... Like, he said he wanted to do a play, which is absolutely fucking beyond me, but... I think that would be super rad, man, like, to see one of his I mean, he said he wants to do The Hateful Eight, so he's already really written that. He said he would do Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, he's not writing a new play. He's making one of his movies into a play. I think it's cool. Because it's such a different beast, right? A play? Because it's done every single night and anything oh, and it's can just, happen. And just the blocking, everything's different. You know? I just, for me, like, if you're going to do that, I'd rather see you do something original. We've already seen those. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I said I'd be down to see a remake of Reservoir Dogs, so I guess a play, fine, but... The remake of Reservoir Dogs would be very cool. Like, it would be stupid for anybody else to do it, I guess. Unless there would be we a- were doing my five directors all doing the same movie um but him doing it and using all different car- uh actors like you're not reusing any of the same dudes i just wonder like now that i'm thinking about it, i wonder i wonder if you can i just wonder how people will accept that like anyone who grew up with reservoir dogs like us well you would have to change all like the dialogue and stuff it would just be the same but um, even then that's such a basket because yeah. anyone who's seen it would this is what i want to say guys earlier his speech in the diner yeah, but Madonna. 
is and like a virgin. Like yeah, and he, it's one of the best. He gave himself the best fucking monologue in the whole movie. He could have given that to any of those other actors. Well, it's one of them. Why I don't tip again? Again, like. He's giving himself gold to work with. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you wrote it though. I guess. I guess. I guess. I. I, I never looked at it like that. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Listen, like, I'm a huge fan. I. I don't. I don't assume I would love to hang out with him. And I don't like that he puts himself in his movies. Yeah, there, I that's it. I don't like that he puts himself in his movies. That's my one complaint. But I thought he was really good on Rogan. I thought he was like wasn't holding back. I thought his answers to most things were like pretty. They seem pretty honest. Yeah. I felt like Joe, it was almost deep waters for Joe to get into. Well, it would be like if Joe had Tom Brady on. To talk about football. Yeah, you know what I mean? Joe, I mean, uh, uh, sorry, that's that's too unfair because Joe knows nothing about football. Joe's seen, I, I assume Joe has seen at least every Quentin Tarantino movie, so he has some point of reference. But you can tell, that this is what I was going to say, the problem that I had is Quentin Tarantino is so deep into his craft that it's almost tough for anyone who's not like inside the actor's studio to interview him. He's so deep. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it's almost seems like the questions that Joe's asking are like softballed or I don't want to say softball. Cause, but I just like, Joe doesn't understand the craft enough to ask him, you know, I don't know what it's called, but like when you find out, you know, something that someone else doesn't know, you feel like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I found out that Joe saw Pulp Fiction before, didn't even know Reservoir Dogs existed. I was like, you can't say you're a, a movie fan. In my defense, Pulp Fiction came out in like 94. I was 11. So I'm pretty sure I saw Pulp Fiction first. Well, no, there's no defense for Joe. No, Joe was like it's 36 whole, like, at the time. Reservoir Dogs was like, that was one of those movies you watch every night when it came out. Or, or when you got on video, you know what I mean? I remember. I saw Reservoir Dogs double feature with Pulp at Fiction at the Mayfair. So I didn't see it until, like, I didn't know that existed until Pulp Fiction came out. Really? Yeah. I, w- I remember I had to, I went to the It Store at Billingsbridge and stole Pulp Fiction. And then had to, like, hide it in my house. And then I remember being like, okay, I need a three-hour window where no one's here where I can watch this. Because I, it was like a year uh, not age supposed to. The gap comes in. That's mm-hmm. so interesting. Well, yeah, because how old were you when Pulp Fiction, in 94, when Pulp Fiction came out? 17? Yeah, way different, yeah. Because by 17, you're like, you're watching. Because like I was trying to say before, like, True Romance blew my mind. Yeah. And also Train Spotting. Oh, I was like so 16, amazing. I was like 16 or 17. Yeah, I remember Train Spotting. Saw it at the, um, the Bytown. You have no idea, both True Romance and Train Spotting, I had no idea who any of the actors were, what it was possibly about, and walked like you leave the theater and you walk with your mouth agape. I will and say that I just see that's something that this generation will absolutely never know or understand. I don't think maybe some filmmaker will do that, but I just everything leaks. There's too many trailers. Like you know what I mean? I remember seeing a lot of movies like that where you knew you hadn't seen a trailer, you didn't know a single person who was in it, and you just went and it was you know even and it's a special time because any of those movies, you know, all of a sudden you McGregor. Is you McGregor, but they're all nobodies. Dude, so Independence Day, Kenobi. Now, Independence Day. I didn't know Will Smith was in that movie until I saw the film. Like I remember, the ads were all insane. Mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm, a million ads, mm-hmm. but it was all the ship coming in. They didn't tell you anyone was in it. There was no movie post that said Will Smith. It was just ID four. I you think know, you're right. Sorry, you're sorry. 
I was going to say, you know what must have been one of those movies? Not for me because I wasn't born yet, but The Warriors. That must have been one of those movies for like a generation where people were like, oh, fuck, this is super gritty. I will say, though, I think that was like a cult classic. Like I think that was a super underground movie until long after it was Mm. released. I I could be wrong, but to me, that seems like a cult classic. I was going to say, I agree with you about movies because they need to create hype. They need... No studio wants to say... Yeah, we're going to put uh, this movie out and we don't want anyone to know about it and just hope they come Because nothing's theater. good enough anymore. Well, but the problem then was there was so many good independent films back then or small budget, some, like, you know, Harvey Weinstein made independent movies for a long time. That's the wildest thing about this. That, thing. That well, was we'll get a, to that. That was a crazy part. Man. Oh yeah, we're going to get to that in a second. I mean... Well, let's get to it right now. Well, no, what I was going to say is Harvey... The guy that owns the Mayfair, he made a movie, and Harvey Weinstein gave him a million dollars to make that movie. Jenny Lee was in it. Smash cut. Really? Yeah. That was a Harvey Weinstein film. So, I mean... There's so much culture that is attributed to Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. That is very impactful in my life. That was a weird moment, though, when he was trying to defend his position, and, like, it was odd for a second there. I will say, though, we always bitch and moan about, like, he was honest. I'll give him that. Well, the only part I'm not sure he was honest about was he said he didn't know. He knew that Harvey was like a player, but he didn't know there was rape going on. He lied, though. Two seconds later, he was like, anyone close knew. This is what anyone close knew. And as soon as he said that, I was just he was as close as it came. So that's that will be my one complaint about uh, Quentin in this episode. I mean, I will say this, though. Again, I... This is one of those things where if it hadn't come up, we all would have been like, it would have been like the Scientology Ethan Supley thing. Who was in Mallrats. Oh, no, no, no. It, it, <laughs> yes, he was. He was staring at the magic eye. But you know what I mean? So the fact and that so it- And so is uh, Jason Lee. They're yeah. both Scientologists. That whole movie, and Shannon Doherty, I think, is a Scientologist. You she know got what? crooked eyes. She gets a pass. I wonder if Kevin Smith is a fucking secret Scientologist. Well, none of them are secret. They're all open about it. He probably is. Um, no, I don't think he is. I think he was prepared though because he'd already be interviewed about it. He said that New York Times, sure, had interviewed him, so he already had a stock explanation for his position. I think he also knows that he's uncancelable. Like he's been, people have tried to cancel him many times. He's well, that, such an epic filmmaker that so, no one gives a shit. So Joe's been saying it over and over and over again. I don't think anyone could do that. Like he's, I totally he said disagree. flat out, I don't believe in that statement. I don't either. Who were they? If you if you do it, you do it. And there's someone out there, I mean, I can't even understand this, his buddy that convinced him to let me shop around Reservoir Dogs. Like, if I had a script, would you know? If I gave you three months, would you know where to go to get me the money? To make? No. You, you do, I don't even understand that, but there's people who do. Yeah, but when you're in LA, I think it's way different. When you grow up in LA. Uh, yeah. I think the, the degrees of separation of getting a script in someone's hand. Everyone knows someone is a PA. That, well, still. Toronto's not far away. I bet you are six degrees from someone who knows movies, but you just don't think about it as, as being a thing. I, Definitely if you're in LA, Hollywood. But I also think you, if if tomorrow you had a finished script, I actually think it would be easier for you to maybe have someone see it than you'd think as well. I'm not saying it would be as easy as Quentin Tarantino, and we're not in LA, of well, course, but... Hey, remember, when this happened, he was just a dude working in a movie story. Yeah. He wasn't Quentin Tarantino, which is the coolest thing. Uh, quick thing, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray. I loved his that was an interesting idea about how yeah. Bill Murray like changes from the douchebag to the movie, which I think has gave 
people licenses to be assholes in life. You know what I mean? But Chevy Chase is just Chevy Chase all the way through. And he's really marred his legacy by being an asshole, I guess, with on community. I mean, the weird thing, though, is Bill Murray, that's almost his true-to-life person. Like, he is this kind of curmudgeon guy. But at the end of the day, he shows up at people's house parties and does the dishes. Or, you know, he goes to the Pro-Am golf and is fucking, like, yucks it up and is hilarious. Like, he comes off as that sort of, you know, I thought that was Chevy Chase until the whole community shit. Like, I didn't, you know what I mean? I thought Chevy Chase was this happy-go-lucky Bill Murray type of great guy. Mm. And then you find out all the shit about community and you're like, oh, well, he's just a... I think we just don't realize how big he was, like with family vacation and all that stuff. Like, oh, yeah. Dude, forget family, but Caddyshack. Yeah, well, family Cad- vacation. Caddyshack is, is one of the movies from the 80s that... But I'm guess- saying Caddyshack is like a... That's regarded as like one of the comedy movies of all time. Caddyshack is probably like 79. True. It's probably like a year before that. And you got Rodney Dangerfield yeah. carrying the show. Because I don't find Chevy Chase that impressive. Fletch is what Fletch is Bill Murray. For me. Bill Murray was really funny. Bill Murray's great. I was gonna name my kid Fletch. No, wow. you're gonna name him Agent. Don't well, fucking do this. That also. Don't a- do this. Agent Fletch Amisman. <laughs> uh, back to the Harvey Weinstein. It was interesting that like Harvey, this you know pathological rapist, was like thinking the uh, torture scene was too much, which it is. But that's it, almost like the Bill Cosby. It is in Reservoir Dogs. If that scene doesn't happen. Right? It isn't, I agree, but I also think as much as he's a weird rapist, he thought a lot about money. And for him, he was like, I want to sell this movie. I'd like a return on my investment. Little did he know, little did he know that the ear being cut off would end up being a piece of like, not folklore, but like pop culture. It's huge. Or maybe he was trying to flex a little as the producer, you know what I mean? And like, that was the only part of the movie he could, I mean, to say, hey, you, you know, I'm the boss. Did you watch Entourage? I have watched Entourage. But the whole thing? Yes, the you? whole thing. Because yeah. did you remember there was a whole, in one of the seasons, there was like three episodes where I guess Mark Wahlberg had it out with Harvey, like in real life, because there's like two or three episodes where they Doesn't go to- does he punch him out or something? I, I can't, they go to Cannes Film Festival or something and they curse him out. I can't remember what it is, but there's a Sundance. There's Easter eggs all along. Oh no, no, it's Brad Pitt. In, I was in real life. Brad Pitt punches him out because of what he did to- um, Jennifer Aniston. No. Angelina to, Jolie. No. One more before that. The blonde Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes, yes. Yep, yep, yep. Apparently he tried to put the moves on Gwyneth. Yeah who's obviously a total prude and wasn't having any of it. And um, Sorry, she's a total prude because she wouldn't fuck Harvey Weinstein? No, no, I... Sorry. She probably didn't want to fuck Harvey Weinstein because he's disgusting. I imagine she's also a total prude. I mean, I can get behind, I imagine she's a total prude, yes. Um, good backpedal, Simon, thank you. Um, Way to work that one out. Yeah, and then Brad went in and just fucking cold cocked him. As you would, as Glenn would. Brad Pitt, also in True Romance, just to bring it full circle. Yeah, who does de- he play? There's definitely a circle that... Uh, he plays, uh, what, Earl? No, what's his name? Don't condescend me, man. Floyd. <laughs> Kamar <laughs> New, yeah. <laughs> Doing the baseball signals. The guy, he's over yeah. there. Um, Floyd. It was interesting how... I don't know if he... I, I think he sort of put it, like a minor way to d- defend Harvey, the Shaw Brothers studio, where they had to give that little tour, and there's this head of the studio seat, 
watching the, the film room. And then there's a literal yeah. bedroom. Yeah, Harvey <laughs> didn't even bother. He just fucked him right in the same room he was interviewing yeah. him. He, he, he got two uh, Big Fizz britches, and I, I, I... So this might be an unpopular opinion, but I got to give Quentin Tarantino a little bit of credit in that it's a very tough thing to, to go on this platform and try to defend at all Harvey Weinstein, who's done all of this for you. Like, he only has a career because of Harvey Weinstein, so... I will give Quentin Tarantino that and that he's he's a little bit ride or die. Like there's a lot of people in Hollywood that would have come on this podcast and been like, never knew anything. I'm fucking disgusted. You know what I mean? Especially in this climate. That's way riskier though. He never helped me. He was inconsequential. Yeah, he actually really, you know, other yeah. than giving me some money, I didn't have a lot of, yeah, I think I, see what you're saying. I think it takes a lot of gust. I mean, again, I think he knows who he is and that he's like, I can't be canceled. I so. think way too many people know too much about him and he would get crucified I mean, I if he tried to lie. I haven't Maybe. heard anybody saying that, um, the scene from Pulp Fiction should be annexed. Which scene? The I shot Marv in the face. And Bob. And oh. Bomb scene. Yeah. Did you when you when you pulled up, did you see a sign on my lawn that said Yeah, this is what I mean. This goes on for like fifteen minutes. So they yeah. want to cancel Huckleberry Finn, wow. but nobody wants to cancel Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I think because Django. Nobody yeah. wants to. Took the yeah, it's, that. it's true. With, Why? You know, Maybe it's because he didn't want that scene canceled. So he's like, I'm going to make a slave movie and just outdo my fucking <laughs> no, I'm going to make a movie where every fourth word is the end yeah. bomb. And that way they'll never come after. Um, and it's weird, Simon, because you always said you were like, you didn't think Django was even in his top five. Leonardo like DiCaprio is fucking in sane in that movie he is great. insanely racist he is great matt and i hate i just don't like watching him i i've that whole movie turns me off for some reason i don't know why jamie fox is great in it I the don't, fucking I german don't like it. the german from inglorious bastards is i mean first of all Chris is, yeah he's incredible in inglorious bastards that I'm, opening I'm scene a, is incredible is staggering where he's walking over he has with the, the milk. milk yeah Dude, it's get out of something here something else Something else. And it's just he also ultra violent, ultra dialogue, and ultra change history. Simon, the but scene in Django, the scene in Django where he goes in and he shoots the fucking sheriff in front of the, the pub and then he's like, Can you go get the other the uh, that's such a good scene. I like Django. I find two things about it. One, it's an hour too long. There is a I point probably get down where with that. It, I think it I ends. probably get down with that. And then it's like he goes on a whole new adventure. And I find that like, I don't know. I find maybe each scene is a little too long. And then I start getting sick of DiCaprio. Whereas if they had kept it a little shorter, I could cherish it more. I don't know, man. I find the whole thing a bore. I also think being white, it's tough watching those movies. And, um, but like what I was- 12 years a slave. You don't like- um, Hateful Eight, which is like one I like, of my favorite. I really favorites. like Hateful Eight. I just didn't think it was. I didn't think it was in my top three Quentin Tarantino movies. It's That's slow. Not, it's definitely in my top three. I find it very slow. Or top too. four, anyways. Again, I will give him credit in that he shot that on hundred millimeter film, which is so staggeringly more expensive than he could have shot it. But he wanted that like super letterbox. You know, he just it's has a this great aesthetic. Feel. It is a great feel. You are totally transported into that movie. But again, I bet if you saw that in 100 millimeter IMAX, it would be like a way different experience. I'm sure. Way different. I'm sure. But that's my problem too with those movies is like, you should be able to make a movie that looks and feels the same at my house as it does in the theater. I know that that's never, you can't recreate. I just mean like, I can't watch a 100 millimeter movie the same way on my screen as I could in a 
in a theater. We still is, is, is that is that a technology that's barring that? Yeah, well, it's like IMAX. Like you can't watch an IMAX at home. You know what I mean? There's, what if, it's going to be cool when our rooms become IMAXs. Yeah. Or, totally. or it's not even that. You just put on a pair of glasses and you and feel like just, you're 100 feet back and it's IMAX. Yeah, I mean, you know you're wearing the glasses. That It's like if you're in 3D uh, or, you know, virtual reality, but you still touch your face and you feel the glasses, it takes you totally out of that. That's why you need to be immersed. I'm sure you, I know your answer already, but neither of you guys have ever seen the movie Brainstorm. No, I don't think so. It's uh, Christopher Walken, 1983. And it's very interesting because the concept is he's a scientist with this other uh, female scientist. They've created basically Neuralink. Yeah. Where you can put this thing on your head and you can record any experience. That's like uh, Strange Days. This is 1983, though. Yeah, so. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Same with Lawnmower Man. When was that? 90s. Okay. Stephen King. So you can put this thing on your head and you can experience whatever, the taste, the smell. Not like you're looking through a screen. It's actually in your That's weird. That is exactly Strange Days. That's fucked. This is the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Well, if someone might have done it before that, you never know. Maybe. But the, the visual effects in this are insane. Like, you cannot believe it's 83. Really? And um, plot spoiler, at one point, the, the female scientist has a heart attack and presses record. So they you now have feel, a tape of death. Yeah. And he experiences what it's like to die. It's really, and I think it might be the inspiration for um, Elon's Neuralink. Come on, like I said, in Strange Days, there's a scene where the guy puts the thing on the girl's head and then rapes her. So she's experiencing. Okay, they just stole this movie. It sounds like. This, it, no, yeah. this says this is child abuse in it, sex, eating, uh, like you could experience going on a, a bobsled or skiing, but not not like you're looking at it. No, no, you're, you're in it. You're yeah. doing it. So I would actually suggest everyone goes and watch Strange Days. There's the the opening scene is fucking incredible. It's this POV of like a bank robbery, and the whole thing is like a. They just ripped off Brainstorm, and it sounds like, and it. it's Young Walken. Who but was in Strange Days? It sounds Ralph familiar. Ralph Fiennes and uh, Angela, not Lansbury. Ralph. Ralph yes, Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes. My uncle did call him Ralph Fiennes. Wardrobe for that movie. Not Angela Lansbury. Who's the black chick? Lansbury. Angela. Bassett. Bassett. Yes. She was in it. Her and Ralph Fiennes. But Ralph it's sort of like um, my, my roommate was saying that the guy who invented walkie-talkies invented it because he saw the communicator on Star Trek. Yeah, isn't that weird when life imitates art? And so th- th- that's why I'm, I think, I bet you Elon Musk's obscene brainstorm. Well, I, I would agree if he wasn't. He got that idea from like fucking the mothership or something. Oh, you know what though, Kamar? That it, I mean, it makes sense. We've come up with, you see people do this all the time. Like Ali G did it back in the day where he was pitching ideas to someone and he pulled out a skateboard and they were like, what's this? He's like, it's a hoverboard. And they were like, well, it doesn't hover. And he goes, that's where you lot come in. You know what I mean? So like a lot of people have these great ideas that they're never going to be able to pull but it's off. It's like the imagination plants the seeds and then 20 Precisely. years later it becomes reality. Yeah. But you know that a lot of people say that Gene Roddenberry, a lot. some people say that Gene Roddenberry yes, he was, he was part like of the men in black. He was privy, around the table. He was privy to this... Um, Council. Uh, yeah, something eight or whatever. Majestic eight or 12. And he was there as they were setting up the rules of our federation. Well, that'd be even crazier... 
But it's just a whole thing that if it can be imagined, it becomes more possible. So you could, you this uh, this will happen one day. Or engineered, as you just, know. All all I was retorting is you like as long as you feel the glasses, you feel the glasses. But yeah, yeah. If no. you're in the head, you're in the head. It's, you don't feel anything. Or you, you could feel what's like to catch a uh, pass in an NFL game or something. The like, question is this though. Let me let me ask it, you this. Once we can do that. What, like, is anyone going to get anything done? Well, this is the simulation. This is the whole... What that's what I'm saying. Like, to. think about, like, porn. They think porn right now is just ruining young people. So imagine if you can just I strap... they confirmed that it's ruining. So can you, imagine if you can just strap in, and now you're not just jerking off to fucking these girls. Uh, you're, you're in there you fucking this girl. You are talking about the Matrix. You are talking yeah. about what we're saying is coming up. Like, yeah. this is it, man. Yeah, I'm just saying, then, then nothing gets done. That's where we're going to get there. But nothing needs to get done because everybody just survives in this fucking make-believe world tube. as they get giant, like in that fucking Disney movie. And everyone's yeah, the feed happier tube. than Wall- pays for the feed tube. Wall-E. You know, in regular life. Wall-E. Yeah. It's Wall-E, you fucking weirdo. It's Wall-E. Yes, I know there's a dash, but it's Wall-E. I'm not going to argue with you. Anyways. Well, you will argue with him. Not about this, I will. It's your prerogative. Oh, Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting well, that my he was talking about how... I don't think you know what prerogative means. I don't. I just know Bobby Brown says it. <laughs> Television was a cultural glue for us. I'm worried about our generations exactly, but like everyone watched uh, Three's Company or whatever. Yeah, just for you and I. For you and I, maybe. That still exists. It's just on YouTube. But there's now a gener- it's the Nelk Boys. Okay, or- so, so, so this is the change. This is the, ch- the new consensus for young people is on the internet not on these traditional things but before television it was radio for our parents and before radio for them it was the newspaper like it's just an evolution but keep in mind Kamara, there's certain things that like sports is a good example it, it's the last of the glue i'd say well i'm just saying but those are things that ever you know that the that the, the eyes on it like they might not know how many people tuned in on television or they might know only how many people tuned in on tv but you don't know how many people stream that now like I can't imagine the numbers for the World Cup and the Euros now, now that it's so accessible, versus like 25 years ago when you didn't have an internet. You had to only watch it on TV. I just find if I watch TV, they are going, they're spending so much money, going so outrageous because I think they're losing. What are what are you watching where people are spending so much money going outrageous? There's these crazy late, uh, not late night, but like prime time uh, game shows. Like, Will Nernet shows one, Ellen's showing one, and they just do great, like, they slime people. Like, it's so over the top. Have you seen that Lego game show, Simon? I haven't watched them. I've only seen commercials, and I can't believe it's on, but it just seems to me desperate to get back viewers that they're never going to get back. They build Lego? That's it. Just different... Just massive, massive with Lego, yes. or they have like one thing they have to build each time. I can't. I haven't seen it. I'm gonna have to watch it. I knew you, you were gonna. What I, uh, you don't even know. NBC. Don't I'm gonna it. say maybe ABC. One of the CBs. Yeah. yeah. Or BC. Sorry. There was a lot of one-upmanship. I think on Quentin Tarantino's part, especially when it came to Sam Kinison. Well, didn't you find that there was almost like this shift when? Um, right at the start there when Tarantino said, yeah, I was thinking of being a comedian. And then, cause after that, Joe like asked him about Bruce Lee. <laughs> I didn't know. Was, this is the weird thing. I didn't know how to react at first. Cause I was like, does this mean that Quentin Tarantino listens to Joe Rogan? Cause it seemed like an odd. He listens to Joe Rogan. Cause it seemed like an odd pull. To there were just, a lot of yeah, yeah, I knows. 
which we know the person said, yeah, Joe, I've heard you say this five times. No, but he's also said, I heard you talk to this person. I didn't even pick up on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm confusing episodes. I don't know. I mean, either way, that in particular, when it came up, I, w- I just sat there and qu- I was like, was he really there? I mean, why would he make it up? But it just seemed too perfect for Joe. Like no, the guy that you, you think he's lying the guy that seems- you, the guy that you revere, I saw him years before you revere. Oh, I don't know. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. You're no. saying that Tarantino was lying? No, I'm just saying it was all like too no perfect. No way. No, no way. I just don't think Joe realized that Tarantino even was like at the comedy store ever. But so. it makes sense in the sense of the zeitgeist that totally. he saw Andrew Dice Clay, who I've said blew my mind. I know if anyone watches this now, they're like, come on, what do you see here? You've got to put in the context of the time where everyone's doing what they're doing and this one guy is being super rude, super misogynistic, and people are loving it. You well, know I have I mean? memories of my dad after my parents got divorced when he was like single and swinging, like laughing his ass off to Dice Clay, like just watching special after special. My dad would die laughing. We do BTs beside 7-Eleven and like listen on a Walkman and just die and then say the... Um, Rhymes over and over again each other. I know, but then you go back and you like you can't listen to that now. It's no. horseshit. You know what I mean? Well, his so, impressions are still amazing. No, but I mean the whole shtick. Like, I know what Simon's saying. You no, can, it's not you, timeless. I know what Simon's saying. Like, you could go back and watch Delirious right now, and other than the serious homophobic shit, it's still absolutely the fucking jokes hilarious. are hilarious. The jokes are well crafted. They're funny. These jokes aren't funny, and that's why I disagree with this whole. Like, he's just a guy who caught lightning in a bottle right kind of place and time for the... Well, he was the first person to be canceled, too. His movie got pulled. He got banned from MTV, like... I mean... Which helped him, because you're still like, ah, dice, dice. He made Ford Fairlane. That was, like, the fucking biggest flop of all time. Well, he got pulled from theaters, because he got banned. Oh, but, uh, it was it was an amazing movie. It wasn't movie, a good movie. But there were some funny scenes in it. I remember watching it like cuz I I liked Dice Clay because I was a stupid kid who liked fucking saying um, But didn't he just play Dice Jack and didn't Jill he play went up the Dice hill. Dice Clay in that movie? No, he he was kind of dicey. No, he I was think. he was the Dice man. He was Andrew Dice Clay. And he, he did all the lines. He was Ford Fairlane. He was but Ford Fairlane. No, but that's what I'm saying. But he played the Dice Man. Like he just renamed it, which is which is. You still smoking cigarettes? Uh, yeah, to weird. me, which is not a good look. He wasn't like, doing this. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Simon takes one thing. The whole point is Sam Kinison and Dice Clay are like the inspiration for Quentin Tarantino to now follow his passion. It's very cool. Just, it's just the way it is. It's cool that. Like Kamar was saying, they were in the zeitgeist at the same time. Tarantino's coming up as these guys are kind of finishing off their run, and it's just interesting. And, and thank God, because, quote, I was two steps away from being an incel. <laughs> came out of Tarantino's mouth. Yeah. So thank God someone helped him inspire to put his positive energy. Could you imagine Sam Kinison and Jim Carrey being best friends? Dude, imagine being in a room with those two coked up. The energy. Like, you just wouldn't be able to get a word in edgewise. I wish I could do impressions. I, I want to do, say I'm going to gym. You got to drop the impressions. Yeah. Not, you can't do that. And Sam Kinison died a horrible, tragic death. And Jim Carrey went on. Jim like Carrey was the first actor to make $20 million a like, movie. It's like ground zero shit, it feels like. Um, then they talked about the Travolta revival. We already did that. Uh, the death proof stunts. There's an interesting scene in Death Proof. Have you seen it? 
I've seen it. I don't really remember but, it at all. But there's a scene. It just, it just, I just watched it for the first time today. I'd never seen it before. Where Rose McGowan is a character in it. Yeah. And she shits on another girl who has a billboard. And she's like, who knows who she did to get that? So that's against Harvey, you think? Is that. Well, it, Rose McGowan is the one of the biggest. Yeah. Oh, that's like, right. Yeah. At that time, she was in that position, and I'm not saying so. She. That's like, a great a pull, Kamar. It was that's just a great pull. It was just so eerie. You think that she got shot on by Weinstein? I don't know. All I know is that's a Quentin Tarantino movie. <coughs> we know he is so into his movies. Nothing in his movies just a oh a, a throwaway line. Mm-hmm. It was just very interesting, and you know. I think he raped her or, or people would accuse whatever. I don't know if it's rape or she blew him to get a role or whatever, but to put that in the movie, it seemed, it, it gave me the heaps just knowing what I know. See, I got to say too, I gave her shit for not. And I, everyone was like, well, what's she supposed to do? She's going to lose her career. I was like, I think she rode the wave and then used this as it, but hold on. She knew Quentin Tarantino and him were close, and then she still did Death Proof. Like, what was that? Ten years ago? What? what well, are this you, all before this came out. What are you saying, though? I think I'm misunderstanding. What? What? What happened? What? What? You weren't listening. In the movie Death Proof, yeah, she shits on what a billboard. Is that what you said? There's a girl who's a star fucker, yeah. or, or or supposed to be a star fucker who has billboards, who wants to start a record company, right? And she's like, she who knows who she did to get that billboard. Okay. And that's just a line, but everything's for a reason. So, was Tarantino putting that in her character because it happened to her? Mm-hmm. It's gotcha. just okay, okay. It's weird. So, do you think it's hold on? Do you think it's Tarantino slighting Rose McGowan or Harvey? It seems like more of a slight at Rose. Make her say the line that she, she's only there because she fucking anybody else. I would not say anything, but knowing how yeah, yeah, invested no, 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 he yeah. is in the movie. Huh. There's no reason for that line to be in this movie. No. It has nothing to do with anything. It's interesting. It's interesting. You'd have to go back and watch it. She's talking to uh, Kurt Russell. Interesting. Very well, it's, interesting. It's one or the other. It's either a, a fuck you for her to Weinstein, or it's a fuck you from that, that, Tarantino yeah. to Rose McGowan. I was able to form the actual, what the intention was, but just... And maybe at this know. point, um, he's still like siding with Harvey. You know, maybe not enough has come out at that point. Well, and he's let, like backing up his boy. Let me put my tinfoil hat on. Maybe at that point, Rose is having a tough time getting jobs. And she goes to Harvey and is like, you either put me in this new Tarantino movie or I go public. It could be a myriad of things, but um, I just, if I, if I had Netflix on my phone, I would have uh, screen recorded it because hmm. it, 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 it popped out to me. Your phone won't do that. If you're watching sure. Netflix. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think he, when he sold True Romance, he bought a Chevy Geo. <laughs> Turn that to him, Go man. fuck yourself, son. wants to quit on top. I don't believe that, but I think that is a responsible thing to do. Like he, we, he could make two really death-proof aside bad movies, and it could tarnish everything he does. You know what I mean? I doubt it. You know what I will say, though? Simon, Simon brought up something interesting. When he said that his extended cut of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would only be slightly over three hours. Django's like three and a half hours. Yeah. Well, Joe thought really there was a 20-hour cut out there. Well, that's that's obscenely long. I don't buy that. 20 hours might be like, 
I, I can't even. Well, he categorically said there wasn't. So. Yeah. But I have a feeling he could do a five-hour cut of any one of his movies. I'm sure. Great that we start talking about this because I felt uh, Tarantino is so much more deeper into Tom O'Neill and all that stuff. Joe thought that he was going to be telling Quentin about something. And I, and I I listened twice on three times. I didn't hear as much, but in normal speed, it sounded like Tino was almost disgusted with Joe's sort of... Did what you just he, call him Tino? Yeah, that, Tarantino? No, I like it. You guys, it's like you guys are buddies. I'm trying to big time him. My boy Tino. But he, it almost seemed like Joe was going to share what he knew about Tom O'Neill's book. And then Tarantino was like, what are you talking about? This, 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 the blue la, 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 la. Like he was trying to say blue beam. And like Tarantino was like, yeah, that's child stuff. Because he went so far to say that he doesn't know if Manson initiated the Tate murders. Yeah, he thought Tex. He He's thought way tax more invested. Oh, no, no. It was very interesting. It was all very interesting, man. Because I, I felt like Joe was kept trying to get his point of higher ground. You know what I mean? But it was, it was Tarantino's show. I got to say this. If he comes out with that podcast, that's going to be a fucking movie nerd's wet dream. It might be mine. Dude, I have a feeling they're going to go so... Like, it'll be... Too deep? Yeah. And that's not a knock at you at all. That's a, that's like a... No, no, no. Like, I, I think you'd have to be the deepest kind of film student. I find, like, all him talking about the stunts and Zoe Bell, who was Uma Thurman's stunt double, but then she went to Depth Proof and was the actress. And now that I know that there's a little wire on her jeans, I have to see the movie. So anything they say, I'm, I, I'm just that... I'm a sheep in that way that I'll, I'll want to see it. It's so true. I would love to watch. Like if they would give me the director's cut almost and then we watch the movie. Fuck, that would be cool, man. I think it could only be good. I understand what you say. They'll nerd out too much. But he says something later on about when people go to his movies, uh, subtextual criticism. And that's someone else reading something into something and making a statement. He said, there's no problem with that. You can, you can see whatever you want in these movies, but if you ask me directly, like I'll tell you what I was trying to get across or do that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I feel he has no time for subtext. It's, which, which we get uh, right here, the whole Bruce Lee thing. Like he does not like Linda Lee at all. He said, I don't like dislike Bruce Lee. I felt he did not like Bruce Lee. I think he just thought he got I think he thought the point he was making was so valid that how could anybody argue with him? Because none of us know Cliff killed people in the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, he didn't show his work to like, get there. Come on, what did you Cliff do? killed Tarantino's mother with his bare hands. You didn't know that, but now you do. I honestly, I didn't get a vibe about how he felt about Bruce Lee, but I'm with you. He really dislikes Linda Lee. I believe he said fuck Linda Lee at one point, which... Is usually what you well, say. There was obviously like some fucking animosity there, like clearly behind the scenes. Well, what it is, what it boils down to is he loves David Carradine. Yeah. Who I think his reputation has been tarnished because he died jerking off. Auto asphyxiation. I will give him credit though, because he, he was like, listen, if you're in Bruce Lee's family, I can understand you taking exception to me doing this. I get that. But he was like, if you're anyone else, 
suck go it kick in. rocks yeah like, get the fuck and out of here i don't know a bunch of times i thought that was we great. used a bunch of different ones go yeah. kick sand kick rock yeah. yeah but you know what i mean like he was just like i don't have time for how you feel about yeah. what i did to bruce lee go fuck yourself yeah. and i don't think he's really tarnished bruce lee it's i think it's more like yeah okay this stunt man could fight bruce lee the greatest fighter of all time but he's the greatest movie fighter of all time right can I tell you the only part of that where I'll agree that maybe Tarantino went a little like unnecessary is they just made him look douchey. They could have got, yeah, they could have got that whole scene done the exact same way. The guy could have been like too pompous and everything, but without making, like they made him look like a. Yeah, but also keep in mind. Like a shitty version of Bruce Lee, which I thought was But also at the end of the movie, we find out that like the things that happened didn't end up happening. You know what I mean? It's in an alternate universe, realistically. Well, the thing is, I think we all, it's Dragon, right? What do you mean it's Dragon? It's a Bruce Lee story we all see. Yeah. So yeah. you watch that and then it becomes in our head, this is Bruce Lee, this cool guy. I always liked him because uh, apparently he had to smoke hash because he's too intense to calm down. But we have a... A biopic, Liberty's Taken, of who he is. You know what I mean? None of us were around when Bruce Lee no. was the biggest star in the world. Is not out of the realm of possibility that he was a little pompous. And that's not a slight against him. What, what do you mean alternate? What are you saying? Well, they don't kill Sharon Tate at the end of the movie. Oh, he rewrites None of it actually That's happened. what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. like, you can, you can, at the end of the movie... Even if you're like, oh, I can't believe what they did to Bruce Lee, you can go, oh, wait, it's a movie, and like none of what happened in this film is based on reality, at, as you can see by the end of the film, because we know what happened based well, on they history. Don't call, do they call him Bruce Lee? I did not do my in research. the movie. I yeah. mean, it's. I think it's fucking so heavily implied. Like, I know, but do they call him Bruce Lee? That's interesting. Well, hold Maybe on. They don't have the right to use him. Does it even that. matter at this point? Because Quentin Tarantino made it very clear that it was Bruce. I it, get what you're saying. Do, it doesn't matter, but it does matter, you know? Well, we don't was, have the answers. He's so. trying to get Linda Lee's suit. Well, I'm sure she's suing him. She's making a warrior. And he's, like, he's the double, double back to the guy from Warner Studio. And Warner put out a book. He knows too much for his opinion to be just like out of the air. You know what I mean? I think he's had to deal with a lot of criticism and he's had enough and he was sort of like, I'll let the slide, but this is out of control. Like, I think he also made it clear by stating that like, he was like, I was at Sundance or Cannes in like 1990 um, with like all these other directors. And we all thought we'd be, this guy's, he's a heavy hitter. I've been around for, th he's been around for a long fucking time in Hollywood. I think Tarantino probably is up there in the power if he comes to you and you want to say a movie, say how much or, or when can you get it? I, I don't want to be super, super rich, but I love to go to film festivals every year, Rich. Have you guys ever been to the film festival? Uh, Toronto. TIFF? Yeah. And what's that like? I mean, I went to, well, I mean, it's just a regular theater where they show movies. But for a week, you're going to movies every week, like you, the full experience? That's if you have an, like a, I didn't have a pass like oh, okay, that. Okay. Like I went to see, I've seen a movie at TIFF and my aunt threw an after party for White Oleander where like Pierce Brosnan, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Chris Penn, sorry, Sean Penn was there, Robin well, Wright. Exactly. Penn. These film festivals, there's going to be actors, there's going to be after parties. Yes, you're going to rub elbows with people for sure. Obviously, I want to go to Sundance, which I think, I don't even know if it is what it was because Reservoir Dogs like, hit at Sundance and of course, Cons. I would love to go to cons. Yeah, of course. Out of budget, but 
<laughs> you know, oh, like, budget. you know what I mean? Like looking over the fence. You actually want to have a pass and go to these movies. I, that's before I die. I'd love to be that successful. I mean, I will say this. The interesting thing about going to those is seeing a movie that then doesn't hit theaters for quite some time. Yeah, well, the, the whole film, it's its cool. It's cool, right? And and you can't just be anyone and go to those. Industry person or whatever. I guess you, you know, could be Toronto, a nerd. I think in Toronto you up. can buy. It's like 500 bucks for a pass or whatever. I don't know. I think you can just buy some individual tickets for certain movies, but I don't remember. <laughs> and again, the film festival is where you will guarantee that experience of going to movies not knowing anything. That's very true. You're yeah. gonna know. You're gonna know this guy's a hype director or whatever. But you should. There's no promotion. There's no commercials. There's no trailers. I mean, you never know. Going in there might be a poster. Maybe. Maybe. That's not gonna. That's not gonna. But I mean, right? Or you could be like Brad Pitt's in this. Oh shit! I'm going to see. You know, at least you get something. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, he talks about big TV shows. How they, if a TV show hits, we know this Cosby Show, Seinfeld, or whatever. And Joe tries to slip and lost. It's yeah, like, like Lost. And yeah. I thought Tarantino was like, yeah, it's like Lost, but I don't think he has any love for Lost. I would. I, I think that's why you don't like him. No, I just couldn't see. I could see him hating Lost. It's like a. I think he hated Lost. That's what I'm net, saying. It's network television. But again, it was like a guilty pleasure of mine. I'm not sitting here like I'm proud that. Yeah, like Lost really fucked around as well. The way they like. I don't know. There just wasn't enough info given for each episode. It was a, it's a trick of the networks. It's to extend things longer than they have to be. So they get more fucking bang for their buck. If, if you go back now, but you know, you're going back. You still enjoy it. I finished it. I mean, I'll say this. Holes? Simon, there more holes? It's, it's, there's a lot of stuff in Lost that leads me to believe that like J.J. Abrams had like a five season plan. Like truly, because there's just, there's too much, I don't know. I think sometimes watching it, Matt, because I've watched it many, yeah, many yeah. times, that sometimes he has no plan. And he just and gets that, lucky. No, no, that there are 17 different fucking routes that he could possibly be following. He sees which ones hit well. Oh, the polar bears hit well. We'll expand on that. But the black smoke didn't hit well. You know what I mean? Like I get he it, just, but just there's little things that are left in. There's, I don't know. Like example, um, four toed man. Yeah. Statue. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was going to be a huge part of the show. Yeah. And then people weren't interested in like the ancient civilization part. They wanted the, I don't even know, Matt, the, the smoke monster, you know? I disagree there. I think they didn't have enough time to, I don't think they had enough time left in the show to go back that far. They gave you... What they did on Lost was they were like, listen, ancient Egyptians were here and knew this place had some sort of power and tried to harness it. We don't know what happened to them. And now you're left with Jacob and his brother and his mom. Yeah, well, listen, instead of making the last season a split season and making us have half of it all to just prove all of that, Matt, to just make it so that they're in heaven, like it's stupid. They could have avoided all of that and just given me all ancient Egypt. For the second half of that last season. Anyways. Save this for Lost and Found. Lost and Found. Thank you, Matt. Oh, the new podcast. That's amazing. We're not What I want to ask you, though, just quick. This was the first episode. It's a simple answer. Was J.J. Abrams J.J. Abrams when he did Lost? No. So Lost made him. He had... Hold on. There's no way he had done nothing before that that's impossible they gave him a, it was the most expensive pilot uh, agreed but he wasn't the jj just no l- let me find out Listen, his was filmography he, for kamar him. was he jj abrams no. 
I doubt it. No, that was... That's all I need to know. I believe Lost was what really... Now I'm really Which interested. Which gives him more credibility in what he made than just um, a crazy, egotistical, indulging oneself. You know what I mean? I mean, I believe... Like, listen, for them... I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen this show, so I can't really... Love or hate Lost, uh, the web they weave in the storytelling is insane. Well, obviously. And you it's super intricate. Talk about it for 10 yeah. minutes oh, on dude, a podcast could, yeah. about Quentin Tarantino. No, they mention it. Briefly, uh, he's anti CGI. He's anti a lot of stuff, actually. Last of the purists wants to see what you can get on film and what can do it. Doesn't like uh, anything digital either. Like, which still we, wants to shoot only on film, which I appreciate. I'll, so, I'll tell sorry. you why I, th- I find it very odd. When you shoot on film, you don't know what you've gotten till you look at the dailies. Like, and that. The, the amount of cost right there is staggering in the sense that like not only the film costs a lot of money, but with digital, you can look back right away. You can see if you nailed the fucking composition, if you nailed the lighting, like... I understand that, but look what he's accomplished with the girl that took him to the dance. Sure, but I just... Here's my point, Kamar, is you can say, you can say like, I just like the... I like film. I'm an old school guy, but he's like staunchly i've heard him say to like young filmmakers like if you use digital you're the, you know let people use whatever oh, they're gonna people, use like someone is gonna make it maybe movie who their whole life has said fuck tarantino yeah probably that's yeah. inevitable um dust till dawn matt i'm sorry just hold on did you know that there's something called lost missing pieces it's a yeah. tv miniseries 13 never before yeah. seen stories taken yeah. from lost flashbacks yes I've never seen that. All that was the in between seasons. They would do these like online digital. Uh, I know what you're. T- I know what they are. Yes, yes. Right. Yes, so yeah, some yeah, of them yeah, would yeah. be like extra Dharma shit. The best was the thing they sh- the bonus they show you at the end. You know what? Lost and found. Lost and found. <laughs> this guy's hilarious. I love about, it. No plug the new podcast. Oh, anyways, How about this? How that about was this? their first thing, Maddie. What? That was pretty much his first. Was it? Okay, it was very his first directing gig. He did two episodes of Felicity before that, but he only wow. directed three episodes of Lost. You yeah, know, but he was the showrunner, the yeah, producer, yeah, the writer. Like You know, he also directed one episode of The Office. Tarantino? I think I did know that. J.J. No, Abrams. J.J. Abrams. How about this? What, what are, if he's on next week? What are your top three Tarantino films? No order. You don't have to give an order. Just what are well, your top did he three? Writ or direct? Like, there's a nine to choose from? or Oof. Okay, let's... Uh, oh. Anything he's been involved with. No, no. We would say, how about writing or directing? It's got to be, well, I know Simon, it won't be, but for me, it's got to be True Romance, Reservoir Dogs, and Pulp Fiction. It's uh, True Romance, Reservoir Dogs, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wow. Simon's going to be Hateful Eight. I like um, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, These are your top three. Yeah. Inglorious Bastards. Hateful Eight. No, I said that might be top four. Oh. Um, Inglorious Bastards. So we now know if it doesn't make it, it's the fourth slot. (laughs) Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Really, I've only watched it like three times, but it might be one of my faves. Just Rick when he's all over. I know, he's amazing. blowing the lines. And And I just love that it ties into Manson. Like, that really works for me. Um it would have been Pulp Fiction before Once Upon a Time. And I think you have to put Pulp Fiction in there just because it's so, like, it really Iconic. is amazing. Yeah. I, I feel like once you watch Sean it 20 Marvin times, once you watch it 20 times, you almost like, I could have done this. Uh, Hateful Eight, I love. Yeah, I love Hateful Eight. 
Anyways. No, there's no point where I watch Pulp Fiction. I'm like, I could have done this. No, but you, but you just you know it so well. You oh. know what I mean? Like Samuel Samuel's Jackson. Last time I watched it, his speech wasn't as cool as before. It was like walking out of the theater like bad motherfucker. Like oh, I still love. I that strike speech. down with vengeance upon thee. Like it, it sort of gets tired only because I've vengeance exhausted it. and furious anger. Those who attempt to poison my brother. Um. I I just think that everything in that movie is perfect. It's perfect. It is a perfect movie. It, go ahead. And it was in my top three. Until Once Upon a Time. I, I can't like I can't explain how important uh true romance is to me and Reservoir Dogs. And Reservoir Dogs, one of the reasons it's so important, and this is what I want to bring up, is the music. Like the beginning, bom, bom, the, the beginning, bom, 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 like the bom, best bom, starts bom, of a movie bom, that you don't bom, know what you're gonna see. Bom, 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 bom. And I felt that was the biggest crime of this podcast. They didn't talk about the music. They didn't talk about music at all. Still a great fucking podcast. But I mean, even in all the soundtracks to all the movies are amazing. I think True Romance. Well, he didn't direct it, but it's Hans Zimmerman, I think, and. Um, it's Stephen Wright is the voice in Reservoir Dogs and all the songs in uh, Jesus Christ, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown. Like they all add so much to it. I wish, I wish there were just anything about that. That could be another hour talking about the music, but I don't think Joe's such an audiophile. What I was trying to say before is, what's so funny? <laughs> Nothing. J.J. Abrams, you know what episode he directed? <laughs> Which one? Oh, shit. Sorry. No, no. My bad. No, my no. Bad. You, you said 10 minutes ago, lost a found. <laughs> Drop it. And then went back to your phone and just been looking at J.J. No, Abrams. No, this, this is the office now. How rude. It's, oh, uh, I see that. He directed Cocktails. It's the episode Michael, Dwight, and Jim and Karen attend a cocktail party at CFO David Wallace's house where Michael and Jen make their relationship public. <laughs> Karen makes Jim uncomfortable by pointing out all her ex-boyfriends in attendance and Dwight inspects the home. Meanwhile, the rest of the office go to the bar and Pam tries to be more honest with Roy. I thought it was... Six synopsis. <laughs> I thought it was the episode... Where they go to uh, Robert California's house for that party. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, that one is fucking hilarious. <laughs> What's Olivia hilarious is you being powder. stuck in a rabbit hole. Anyways, whatever. <clears throat> Move on. My, yeah, t- K- Quentin Tarantino, very important fucking part of my life. Oh, yeah. Like big, big in my rearing. Did you hear what I said about they didn't talk at all about any of this music or the song choices? No. I, I, I kind of heard that. I love the music in Tarantino movies, obviously. Super important. He did such a great job. I just feel that that if anything was just not yeah. brought up, that was it. Yeah. But, uh, my so. son, I don't know if I told you, huge Tarantino fan, not because of me. Found Ooh, Tarantino that hurts. That hurts. No, yeah. found Tarantino on his own. That's the best, man. That shows you. I would that, love like, to be the person to share, to get someone into Tarantino. Yeah, at the same time, like sometimes your kids fight you on things just because you're telling them. So I like that he found this on his own. It's inter. It's just so interesting. Like I wonder if, I wonder if like eighteen year olds right now are going back. My son's eighteen, seventeen. Yeah. Okay. So there they are. It's yeah. almost even a generation more. If you don't even know who these actors are, they might have a huge resurgence. You know what I mean? Because no one was big names in a lot of these movies when I saw them. 
Well, Reservoir Dogs, it was fucking Chris Penn. I mean, I got the Roth. Roth was kind of... I had of never Brad, seen Buscemi before. I'd never seen any yeah. of them before. Had Brad Pitt ever been in a Tarantino? No way. That was his first, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and True Romance, but not really. Yeah. He might have been in Jackie Brown. Possibly. I don't think I don't, I don't think, think he was. was in Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown was not a good movie. Yeah, it was. It, okay. I it, didn't love Jackie Brown. It, it was an okay movie, but like Bridget Fonda was at her height of hotness. Yeah, I remember watching it and being very disappointed. I went back and watched it later in my life to try and like give it its just due, and I just it didn't hit for me. It's 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 above death proof. It's above death proof. Death proof. Yes. I've been trying to get this out dusk till dawn. You both have seen it? I have, yeah. Fantastic. Why, that's a Tarantino? No, no, he was in that. He was in it, but what he was talking about is he's a horrible person in it. Yeah. But somehow, uh, Clooney, caring for him, makes you you like Mm -hmm. have this endearment towards this horrible person. That's like a guilty pleasure movie, because I know it's horrible, and yet I'd watch it again today. And you're going to do the movie game on it today. Very good. Dust it on. It's the J-R-E-E movie game. The time has come again. From Matt and Simon to Rags, it brings together the budget in the box office. We all know they won't guess the year. And the Patreons are the real winners here at the J-R-E-E movie game. Come on, take it away, baby. Thanks, Tyler. It's the movie game where Simon and Matt go head to head to find out what year a movie came out, how much it cost to make it, and how much it made it in the box office. This week we're doing Dusted On, directed by Robert Rodriguez, screenplay by Quentin Tarantino. From Dusk Till Dawn? Or Dusk Till Dawn? From Dusted From On, dusk pardon, till me. Dawn. pardon me. Two different movies. It, there is a Dusted On? No, I'm just making sure. Starring Hyvrick Keitel, George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino, Juliette Lewis, Cheech Marin, Fred Williamson. It's Selma Hayek when she was it's uber hot. Top 10 women in the world. Juliette Lewis, huge Scientologist. She used to be married to a pro skater. Juliette Lewis. Yeah. Do you guys know Luke what Rockhold? Pro skater? Steve Barra, the guy that owns the yes. barracks. Is he a Scientologist? That's a good question. Did you know Luke Rockhold is an amazing skater? I'm sorry, the fucking UFC the pretty fighter. UFC fighter yeah. is a good skater. Can skate pools without a helmet. What? Okay. Yes. Shut the I fuck have up. To yes. see it, this. I saw it on Instagram the other day. He's like I shredding. Ha- I have to see it's this. It's crazy. Is it Steve Barra? Is that his name? Yeah, Steve Barra. Yeah. B E R R A. Can't just make sure. He shreds, man. Wow. Yeah. Like for me, if you could skate pools and like Ollie over coping, you're a really good skater. Oh yeah! Just if you, just if you can skate a pool, you're a good skater. That, period. That's it. And he's like, no. He, he I did, mean, I can pump around a pool. I can't get over the coping. Like he did a stuff. method. That's like, what I mean. If you can, wait. He did a fucking a grab in the yes, air. Yes. Get the fuck out of it's here! It's crazy. Luke fucking Rockhold. And it says him. I'm like, he can't be that Luke Rockhold. Okay, now I got to do some, some fucking guys research. Have no all way. the luck. You know what? The, no, but he's a total moron. Like, yeah, he's hot. He's a great fighter. Mm. Glass chin, uh, he can skate. That's great. But like to talk to, you should see him in interviews. It's yeah, you can't have it all. Well, there you go. But you're like some guys. Well, <laughs> he has all the. Th- I I'd rather be dumber if I could be more successful. Listen, yes. would I rather be Luke Rockhold than me? Thank Ten you. times out of Merci. ten. If I may, yeah. 
Prior to the launch of the Barracks website, Barra explained, Barra explained, B-E-R-R-A, the impact of Scientology upon his life. Well, it's just helped me as an individual. Scientology has enabled me to really look at who I am and what I am doing and put myself in check if I get too crazed. There you go. Have you guys had a chance to... uh, I haven't written a year down, no. Excellent. Oh, no. I might, I might sorry, play the fucking was, Lucy song in again. The rabbit hole. So this guy's shocked. pulling out carrots all over the place. Well, all, <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm like, well, holy shit. Then did they make the barracks? You know what I mean? Like, is that did where all that money come from? No. Is that, dude, what are you saying, Matt? You just say carag- categorically no? Dude, Eric Costin owns the other half. He's He's been sponsored by Nike for like. 15 or 20 years he's got tons of cash steve mm. barra was an actor also for a while he so, has I mean, cash what are you okay. suggesting nothing that scientology no, built no, a skate on. park that's, what, that's his I'm weird suggesting conspiracy. that they've like implanted themselves really slyly into like somewhere where i had no idea they were huh and it, uh, do you have a year ready for anyways. dust till dawn no i don't i'm sorry i don't um dust till dawn when would i have seen that I wish I could whistle that perfectly. I'm just going to put Might that. Be come so on, much I'll take this home eventually, and I'll put the whistle on the buttons. Yeah, my only concern is all those YouTube dollars we're going to lose. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, okay. I got a year. I have 98. I have 94. 1996. Mm. Better luck next time, gentlemen. Literally right in between us, Simon. Yeah. Oh, it always is. I don't know if you guys know that. All right. Budget and a box office from dusk till dawn. This is one of the coolest fun vampire movies there there ever has been. And listeners, let us know what your favorite Quentin Tarantino movie is and post your top three on the Instagram or on the Reddit. Starting to get the discussions going. Super cool. Let us know if you, if if, if, I would love to hear anyone who listens to the show who's never seen Quentin Tarantino before. That'd be a weird thing. And if you haven't, there's so much you get to see. See what you like. I, I've never made it through the Hateful Eight, full disclosure. Oh, wow. wow. You you don't know what you're missing. Well, I keep falling asleep. Well, the end of the movie is terrific. Anyways, um, so you don't even know the twist, Kamar? Nope. Son of a bee. Maybe I'll do that tonight. Maybe we'll get through tonight. Go ahead, Simon. I'm going to go with uh, 45 mil to make. Kamar just gave away. His hand and one eighty four, gross. I have forty one point nine, and a hundred and twenty six point four. Uh, nineteen ninety six. It came out. The budget was nineteen million. Oh my god, damn it! And it made fifty nine point three million. Oh Sweet wow, Jesus! We were so far off. I think like nineteen ninety. This is just about the time that movies start getting crazy budgets. Yeah, but I'm thinking I, two. Like, well, like it Titanic, Clint, Clooney, Keitel. No, no, Selma hold on. Hayek. I have True Lies right here in nineteen ninety four. It cost ninety two million dollars. I have Tin Cup nineteen ninety nine. It cost thirty five million dollars. I have Blade here. Why? This is why I write them down, so that I can... Well, this is it. I really enjoy you referencing this. Yeah. But the super movie, like, 19 million is a lot of movies. Yeah. A George Clooney in 1996? Is that like... That's peak George Clooney. That's your... That's post-ER George but Clooney. You, it's that's, not peak George Clooney, but it's 
it's there. It's, I, it's Heartthrob cover of Time magazine. I think you have to see it. But as, he's also doing From Dusk Till Dawn. So I think you have to see it as the, some directors, actors want to work with more than they want to make the money. And will believe sure, in the project fair, yeah. more than Why? Who was the, the director? Robert Rodriguez. Oh, right. Okay. Who's a really good director. And that's why Tarantino did it, I'm sure. Well, he, he wrote the screenplay. Tarantino wrote this. And they're friends, I'm pretty sure. That's what I mean. They're, yeah. they're buds. And that's the movie game brought to you by us. We stopped well, I that think, one like, up. Well, I think, like, this wasn't mentioned, but I think, uh, I think John Travolta took points on Pulp Fiction, which turned out to be a really smart move. Why would he have? Because they couldn't pay him. Oh, okay. I don't think they had a, lot, a ton of money. Again, he had only done well, Reservoir Dogs. He was so happy to be on screen. Wonder, he didn't do Reservoir Dogs. I wonder if he sucks Do you mean dick. John Travolta? Who are you talking about? I said John Travolta, yeah. He wasn't in Reservoir Dogs. I said Quentin Tarantino had just done Reservoir oh, Dogs. It I wasn't see. like gotcha, he was getting gotcha. four hundred million a movie where mm-hmm, he could. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if he like sends Tarantino a Christmas card every year. Who knows? Well, he literally re- resurrected his career. Yeah, I mean Scientology probably would have done that anyways. But ooh, that's interesting. Tarantino's got to be involved in Scientology. Let's keep in mind too. Works with enough actors. They never worked together again, and Tarantino clearly. I mean, he's worked with Leo twice. I just like him and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. A very interesting observation. Um, side note, we got to be done here. We have, this is an, yeah, an hour and 40 minutes done. here. Holy we got to move shit. on. Yeah. But there's going to be nothing about the next one. So. He dated Sofia Coppola. Weird. That's such a weird thing. Did you meet Francis? What does he think of your movies? Quick. Did you ever have lunch with Nick? Something. Just something like that. Um, like I said, the music. And Conan is from Texas. Would you ever have guessed that? No. Probably Me neither. Not. Oh, Death Proof is made in Austin, which makes me want to go to Austin even more than I want to. And last but not least, this is just a random fact I should have done. Uh, Jim Norton used to open for Andrew Dice Clay mm-hmm. on the road. And whenever they went to Dunkin' Donuts or something, D- Clay made Jim Norton go in the uh, Dunkin' Donuts first and go, you are about to experience greatness. <laughs> and people were like, what the fuck? And Only at Dunkin' Donuts? No, wherever they were. Okay. All the locations. A McDonald's, whatever it may That's be. That's hilarious. Yeah. Good news, guys. Tarantino, not a Scientologist. But interesting, L. Ron Hubbard did not want John Travolta to do Pulp Fiction. Hmm. L. Ron Hubbard did not want Travolta to do Pulp Fiction. I guess he was still alive at that point. Weird pull. Okay, can we rate this episode? We'll start with you, Simon. I will give this episode a four point one. I was going to come in and give it a four, but I guess I'm going to give it a four and a half. 4.5. And if they talked about a couple song choices, music, it's a slam dunk five. I mean, they did mention music. He mentioned picking songs, listening to his records, blah, blah, blah. I find it interesting. In closing, we didn't talk about it. I found it very interesting that when you, when they go to make a movie, you, you write down a list of like all the possible, and that's the only pool that you can then pull from. Like they'll they'll run it down. The songs? No, the, no, the, the actors. actors. Remember? Anyway. All right, we're going to uh, pay a bill, take a break, and uh, we'll be right back. Guys, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp.com. What interferes with your happiness? Are you feeling depressed? You feel anger? Maybe it's anxiety, stress, eating away at your life. Maybe it's a self-esteem issue. Uh, do you feel like there's something preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, uh, I had a wicked drinking problem in my 20s, and uh, it would have been nice if there had been someone there to help. Luckily, I overcame it, and I can tell you right away, 
feel much better. That's where BetterHelp comes in. Uh, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own professional licensed therapist. Uh, It's so convenient. You can connect in a safe and private online environment. Uh, You can usually start communicating with someone in under 24 hours. So that's good. You'll get that timely and thoughtful help that you need. Uh, This is not a self-help website. It is professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor at any time. Uh, As well, you can schedule weekly and video phone sessions. Um, We know that during COVID, the last thing you want to do is be going into a doctor's office, sitting in a waiting room, putting on the mask. Um, No one wants that. That's where BetterHelp is perfect. It's all done online, super convenient. Uh, It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and they offer financial aid, and they're available worldwide, which is wonderful. Uh, There's also a broad range of expertise available, which may not be available locally in many areas. You never know. You may live in a rural area. Um, They may not have a specific type of uh, counselor that you're looking for. So that's where BetterHelp also comes in handy. Uh, They offer licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. Guys, you name it. That's a lot of checked boxes. Uh, Anything you share is, of course, confidential. Uh, The website is convenient, professional, affordable. They do have testimonials on their website if you want to go check it out. Uh, They have so many people using BetterHelp right now that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So also, if you're a counselor and uh, you're having tough times during COVID, maybe head over to BetterHelp and see if you can get yourself a job. You never know. Uh, If you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash J-R-E-E. Join over 1 million people taking charge in their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash J-R-E-E for your 10% discount off your first month. Guys, go check them out. Thank you so much. All right, we're back. Thank you to BetterHelp. Don't forget to go check them out. Um, Kamar, can I get a name and a number? 1676 Jesse Griffith. Can I get a color check over there? It's red. It's red. It's red. Um, For listeners, if you're new, you know, we're not great at covering these hunting ones. We, I, I will say this though, like we had a hunter on what was it last week or the week before that we all agreed was a decent one. We all took some stuff away from it. I think it was something to be with the bears had been constantly mentioned week after week after week, and it seemed like a overriding. Yeah, and the bear grease or whatever it was you know we, no pig grease. Uh, this episode was just like one of the worst three hours of my life two and a half whatever the fuck it seemed like nine hours it was three hours first of all how was it three hours i have no idea it's crazy it's too you know what and so i made a good point it's not even really a hunting podcast because he's a because he's a chef but i mean there was a a lot of hunting in it a lot of boar hunting and i mean boring yeah o-r-e boom this guy's on fire yeah i mean this episode was was very pig centric this was really bad this was not my cup of tea. Did you guys know that pigs have no problem eating rattlesnakes? That was interesting. And that because he believes he believes that that was probably the only interesting thing in this, that they believe that rattlesnakes in Texas rattle less because of pigs. And that's all I got out of this episode. I mean, that's an amazing fact. If it's it true, he, but he couldn't substantiate it. Keep that in mind. This there, was, there's a lot of things he couldn't substantiate. This was um, pure hearsay. He only ate pigs. Everything that Joe asked him, he's like, have you ever eaten this? Nope, never tried that, but I do like pigs. I was wondering why there isn't like a pork burger. 
There is Harvey's. Harvey's there's, is a, there's no pork burger. Harvey's is pretty much a pork burger. No, no, no. But there is no pork burger. Is okay, what fine. Saying. There's, there's chicken, chicken burgers, burger. beef yeah. burger. There's hamburgers with bacon on it, but there is no pork burger. That's because not very good. Do you guys like ribs? Yeah, love ribs. No. You don't like ribs? No. Too no much way. work. Too much work? Yeah. What kind of bone. ribs are you eating? That's oh, you got to so eat around work. a bone? Get out of here. It falls same as chicken. Right if it falls off the bone, off the bone though. Listen, it's just, same it's as chicken wings. I don't I don't fuck with chicken wings. You don't fuck with chicken wings? No. Ever? Again, just You're what am I doing? You're a very lazy individual. <laughs> sure. Well, like, we're not talking like we're sending you out to work in the fucking coal mine. We're asking you to eat they, meat I get off it. a bone. Red, ribs are messy and wings are messy. I would have said that you're sort of a clean freak. Nope. But if it's actually the physical task of eating it is too much for you. <laughs> like when this guy, I'm the opposite of this guy. When this guy was like, yeah, I want to pluck all the feathers myself. That's like an extra form. I was like, everything you mentioned in this is insane to me. The driving an hour and a half to shoot doves, the shooting of the doves, the plucking of the just doves. Just the eating of the doves is odd, but it's just because we're used to doves being a peaceful bird and really they're just pigeons. Like that's why I would never go hunting. I would, I'd love to go target shooting. I'll do that fucking once a week if you want. But like I just killed this thing and I'm at this euphoric high and now you want me to fucking cut this thing up right here. I mean, the only way trek I'm it back? doing Ugh. that is if I'm living in the woods and I need it to eat and then I'll do it gladly. I will hunt it, skin it, pluck it. Well, what I drew from this is most of the thing that I think the authorities should look into it. There's some guy in Texas that jerks pigs off after they're dead. That's gross. I mean, he wasn't hurting me. That was my only thought there. Why are they jerking pigs off after they're dead? They think, uh, they that think that it makes like tenderize the yeah. meat or something. Yeah. Well, that, tenderizes <laughs> that part of the meat for sure. Okay, like, come dude, on. That's a th- that guy just likes jerking off pigs. Yeah, dead, he no, formulated all dead, dead pigs. Yeah. And he formulated a whole fucking yeah. fable around. If he's it. jerking off a live pig, whatever. That's not the dolphin thing. If you jerked off a pig before he killed it, I think that's nice. You know, one last go. But to jerk off a dead pig is, I don't know. You have a knife to its throat? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Um, Legend has it, if you use your mouth, it makes it tender. More tender. Have you guys ever used a sous vide? I think I've eaten sous vide. I've never done it myself. I've also eaten sous vide and never done it myself. A friend of mine has one and he cooked it up. It's very interesting, right? Because you put in the bag, you can take a steak, a pork chop, whatever, have it cooking perfectly all day. In water, which is very odd. Well, yeah. And then you take it out and then you can sear it in five seconds and have a perfectly cooked steak. It almost looks like a um, the weird thing to me Cuisinart that you just stick on a little bucket. The I've weird thing to s- me, I've seen it okay, before. Yeah. The weird thing to me is it's not very hard to bang out a well cooked steak on the barbecue or <laughs> this Simon's is way pan more style. tender, way more tender. I I agree. It's just a it's a totally different thing. I get it, but it's not, I don't again. I just said all the stuff. Yeah, I, said. I mean, you won't There's, even take the time to yeah, eat yeah, meat off a bone. Yeah. The there is no fucking way There's, this guy's yeah. putting meat in a bag. Drop and in the water, and boil no, all day. Drop in the water, walk away. It's, it's it was not made just dropping in water. That's walk way away. too much. Listen. So he's a crockpot guy. The second you said boil water, that's way too much. No, I'm, also water this, I'm also you with this. I'm also with water there. It does all the work. I'm also with this guy though. I don't want to cook with plastic. Plain and simple. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not into it, but I would eat it if somebody made it for me, for sure. I have no problem with that. I'm just, that's a lot of work. But do that's you think a you lot would... more work than eating ribs. What, sous vide? Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, it's way more. Oh, I know. 
What are you, nuts? I, I think in the vein, if you're preparing a bunch of food for people, that it's a great way to get perfect steaks. And, and sure, if listen, you're I like get, out in the wild, sous vide might come in handy, man, because, <clears throat> you know, you don't have a grill and shit. We all agree there's nothing like no. cooking over a fire. Yeah, well, you got to start a fire. You can't, <laughs> can't do yeah, that. No, I'm out. No, fire's the best. There is sure. something cooking, the crackle, yeah. and it seems like you're really resourceful. Use the elements and stuff to, I mean, even if it's hot dogs or steaks. I mean, listen, starting a fire with a lighter and then eating a piece of butchered meat that I didn't kill. Yeah, I feel like I've really done something there. Really out there, the Bushman. <laughs> um, stress makes meat taste bad. Yeah, we knew that, though. Did we? Yeah. Or I knew that, anyways. Like, you don't want an animal to, that's why you want to clean kill it. If you like Dumped shoot it. it and then it runs around, it's Gets like tense, super tense releases and stressed and the muscles energy. get all polluted with the blood or something. I don't know. I was just trying to have some filler to yeah, I'm carry sorry, this through. Yeah, I, I, did I was know. just going to say, all right, well, let's rate it. Did you know that stress made meat taste bad? I didn't care about anything in this episode. There was nothing other than the things we've mentioned that peaked my, nothing. Have you ever had the pig buried in the sand at a luau? No, no, I, but I, I have know. had pig on a spit. I have too, and it's amazing, incredible, especially the head when it gets all crunchy and crispy. Yeah, 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 it's good. I'm, I'm a fan of like bacon. I'm a fan of ribs. I'm Listen, a fan. Pulled pork of is fucking great. Pulled I, pork. What I didn't know, I eat, I eat this all the time. And I'm sure I don't eat it like classic. Uh, I'm sure I don't eat it the way they would get it in Texas. But I didn't know barbacoa was like tongue and anus and like all sorts of. I don't think that's what we're getting when we. That's what I said, obviously. And if we are, I'm never ordering. And the old guys show up early to get the eyes. Yeah, gross. Yeah, but I guess that makes sense. There's only two eyes. It's like the testicles. They're very valuable parts of the prairie oysters. Prairie oysters. Yeah. Honestly, folks, this episode was really. Remember the movie, um, The Great Outdoors. Yes. With John Candy and uh, Dan Aykroyd. One of my favorite scenes. And I've referenced yeah, on this before. They eat the uh, sheep balls or whatever. No, but when they when the shotgun blows, the uh, bears ask for off. Yeah. He's got a big butt. <laughs> well, when they're hunting the bat, that's also a very uh, iconic scene. You want to do another movie game to try to no. supplement this oh, one? John Candy. Yeah, that's I mean, all yeah, I got. Maybe we should. The last one was such a disaster. Have you seen The Great Outdoors? Yeah. When I was... Uh, we got nothing else to do, man. Okay, then you fucking do the movie game. Yes. Get a pen and a pad of paper. Fantastic. Good. I'll just write down. I like it. Oh. It's the J-R-E-E movie game. The time has come again. From Matt and Simon to Rex, it brings together the budget in the box office. We all know All right, you're getting the old two for folks. You're getting the old two for this time. Matt, take her away. Yeah, I'm taking it away this time. So we're doing a second movie game. This time it's going to be Simon v. Kamar because they're both old. Uh, And the movie, (laughs) the film is The Great Outdoors starring John Candy. Uh, Is it Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. It doesn't say Dan Aykroyd. Recipes, John Candy. Weird, yeah, recipes. Is it not? They're the two main characters. They're like... uh, Well, it says Dan Aykroyd on the... Uh, poster, and he's on the poster, but when you're reading the uh, synopsis here, anyway, 
Uh, none of the other people you'll know, so it doesn't matter. No point in saying their names. Do you guys have a year ready? I do. I do. What year? 1992. 1984. It is 1988. Oh, literally, God. Literally in between. You guys make it look so easy. Yeah, do we? Exactly. You guys are right in between. All right, so now you guys are going to need to pull the uh, budget and the box office for me. What was the year? I'm sorry, 1988. 88. Yes. 88. June 17th, 1988. Mm. It's a Gemini. U.S. release. It's a Gemini. Oh, my God. He is his mother's son. He is, yes. Okay, well, what makes it a little different? But uh, that In my head, it makes it different, but I'm just going to die on the sword that I wrote down. Okay, go ahead, Kamar. I said it costs uh, twenty million to make and made sixty million. And I said it costs twenty-eight million to make and it made seventy-nine million. Well, this is crazy. The budget is literally right in between both of you. The budget was twenty-four million, and the box office was forty-three point four. So it didn't even double its money. Not terrible return though. Made some money. Wow, you guys make it look so easy. It's very hard, and the pressure of being up here. <laughs> I applaud you guys. All right, there You're you go. Hilarious. That's okay, it. now let's rate the episode because I can't, I can't, I can't. Let's just act like this didn't happen. We'll just rate it and we'll move on. I feel terrible because the here's this, this guy was a nice guy. Nice this guy. Nice guy. Salt of the earth. Salt Nicest guy. Great guy. Really good guy. Great guy. I rate him so a five. Good. So good. I rate this guy a five. This episode was fucking trash. It was a fucking pig fire well, spit roast. You've got to get in touch with Steve Vanella and say, cut it out, bud. <laughs> yeah, enough. Keep and them on your cast. There you go. Yeah, so, I give this episode a 0.5. This guy's great, though. Such a nice yeah, guy. I, I bet, bet he's, he's a, a wonderful human being. Bet he's Probably a great, a great cook. cook. But yeah, this episode sucked. I want to give it even less than a 0.5. A 0.43. Well, 0.5 is the lowest on my scale, so. I'll give it a 1.5. The one thing I admitted is that what he does is puts together a thing where you go out you hunt, you eat. I would like to do that. Like what he's set up is a cool idea. I'm sure we can the find full that experience somewhere in Ontario. Uh, absolutely. I didn't have to hear this podcast, but him saying that exists is planting the seed. When's your birthday? Seek that out. Uh, I don't. Did you listen to this and then go and try and hunt squirrels? No, this is before this happened. Okay. Oh, wow. Matrix moment. <laughs> Serendipity. Kamara's like, I'm just going to eat this squirrel. It's yeah. all right that I shoot it. All right, let's move on. Make a... Little pair of mittens. 16. Oops, sorry. 1677. Tim Dillon. Timothy Dillon. Let me get ready for this. I should roll a joint. It's I should a, roll and smoke a it's joint. It's amazing for me to remember when um, Tim Dillon was a guest on uh, LOS. Legion Skanks. I, I can still remember him once in a while being on there. Just talking about comedy, pop. They, they talk about Rogan as a um, a goal to be and bigger comics. And now that he's arrived, I'm so happy that he's had the episodes he's had to be comfortable to come out the way he did in this. Because this, this was, if it was his first time on, I don't know if he'd have the guts to push back against Joe the way he did. Okay, well, tell us all the times he pushed back so we can discuss them. Well, first of all, uh, do you guys drink coffee? I don't. I don't either. I do drink coffee. I've never had a full I cup don't of feel coffee like I'm in addicted. my life. I'm addicted to caffeine, though. Mm. Me too, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I have a Coca-Cola issue. Yeah. 
I would love to stop drinking Red Bull, but I'm tired all the time. Oh my God. I literally, it's fucking staggering. I would love to stop drinking Coke. I'm getting fat from all the sugar and it's really bumming. But I should be drinking, if nothing else, I should be drinking the sugar-free Red Bull. I'm going to start doing that. What am I even doing? Because that stuff I don't care about the sugar. It tastes so different. It's gross. Does it? Yeah. No, okay, well, I'm going to give it a it's shot. It's such a small can. This get stuff it down. tastes pretty shitty anyways. So it's, it's cough like, syrup. Cold cough syrup. I made myself like it. There, but I'm going to like drinking hey, piss and batteries. I'm going to tell you guys something right now. Yeah. Okay? I'm a guy. Do you have a Red Bull in there? Yeah. I'm a, Can I have one? Yeah. I'm a guy who has an addictive personality. Yeah. No doubt about it. Like, I'm willing to take that on myself. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. But believe me when I tell you this. Red Bull has something in it that's addictive. Like yeah, caffeine. Th- no, the same way nicotine Sugar. is Tauri. addictive. Um, Tor- taurine must be very addictive. Well, sugar's addictive too. Everything it's, in it is addictive. It's a different... You're not listening to me. People always ask me growing up why I never did uh, any other drugs. I have like the most addictive personality. That, that's exactly what Tim said. Yeah. We start off. Um, but you guys never had a coffee phase? I've never drank a full... Okay, hold on, hold on. That's you know what hard. happened last time. That hurts. No, water bottle's way nice easier to throw. What? A nice spiral. Yeah. Ah, live action. Um, coffee. I've, I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. And you've never were a coffee drinker, Simon? Kamara, I was the type where, like, hungover, I would drink a Coke in the morning. Yeah. Like, but you know what I mean? Like, that's how much... No, I just meant it was it's the my... Same, it's the same thing, just a different delivery system. I, I to, That's why I'm saying to you is I, I'm not sitting here like, oh, I never had a coffee. I was gross with Coke. I drink tea in the morning, but I'm with Matt. I've never... Like, I couldn't drink a whole cup of coffee. And, like, Jesse has, like, tried to make me drink, like, you know, espressos and cappuccinos. And I've tried, like... What's the one where you mix the chocolate in? Mocha. Mochaccino. It doesn't work for me. Tea like, in the morning will almost always make me nauseous nauseous i don't know if it's the caffeine but on an empty stomach if i drink a like a full tea oh my god but a coke no problem maybe it's my body is just like we know this (laughs) we are well aware of this this." seems like it's too good for you in some way and i'm going to reject it's almost like tea is like putting diesel in a non-diesel car but also putting the tea bag in the cup that's too much much work work what are we doing here yeah like i can't can't be bothered yeah you drink your uh black tea with a little bit of milk and sugar? Correct. No. Yeah. Black. You don't drink it, though. Tea. I just well, don't drink it in the morning. That's why it's making you sick. Why? Because you're drinking it just pure like that. A lot of tannins. Yeah, so what, do you think the fucking, the milk and the sugar are going to help? Do you ever yeah, fuck I with the herbal it tea? it calms it down. Chamomile. No, it's usually just Earl Grey. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I love a good tea. Oh, I love a good tea. I think that's the British influence. Proper. Yeah. You know, it's I like tough coffee. For, it's tough for me to say no to a good tea. Smoking is too easy to do of all the ways you can abuse yourself. I think that was true, what he said. Like, you can't do cocaine in front of your friends or whatever, or opioids or anything. Smoking is just too easy and should be illegal. Or, I don't know, I, I sound like a... It is very It is very easy to give up. Like, if you're... I was talking to somebody about this the other day. If you're a heroin addict and you decide you want to do heroin, it's probably going to take you, like... An hour ish, at least, to procure. You know that gives you a lot of time to like think about what you're doing. If you want to get a pack of cigarettes, like if I decide right now that I'm quitting, quitting, I'm no, I'm smoking again. I have a cigarette in my mouth in three minutes. It's just, it's just too minutes. damn easy, and that's why Tim has relapsed. I mean, keep in mind we've done everything. Like, so for our American listeners in our country, 
cigarette packs now don't have anything on them, do they? It's just the warning. Giant warning, and they have to be behind. Okay, so the uh, cigarette. I was just gonna say, when you go into a store, you can't see cigarettes anywhere. They're not visible. They're behind like a like a non see through flap that the and the. There's no branding on the cigarette itself. Zero branding it's the on same, the cigarette. Same as weed. It's all that same fucking. Yeah, but I mean, we roll joints, so who gives a fuck? But I'm just saying, it's it's very uh, it's different here than it is. Same. Australia did the same thing. I'm pretty sure. Yes, they're very expensive there as well. Highly taxed. But they also Which have the warnings all over them and the note. But the high tax, all that has to be put towards all the people are going to die of emphysema coming down the road. Well, they do that because we get public health. That's what so I was going to say. We have no choice have but to, to do that. We have to go and yeah. pay for. Like well, you have to put your down payment. Well, no, on but your, this is what I mean. Yeah. That's how that works. It's it's different in different places because they don't have free health care. And Kamar, I know what you're like the problem with cigarettes is this is if early on the advertising of cigarettes hadn't been so prevalent, it wouldn't be as big a problem now. Because I'm with I don't think we need to outlaw cigarettes. I think I already I'll say this like I had a cigarette the other day with you. You didn't have one. I had one. I did have one. Oh, you did have one. Okay. I have a cigarette every now and again. That's fine. I'm not, I just didn't I, want to throw you. I didn't think you no, had no, one. No, 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 but I, I don't go running out to the store to buy a pack of cigarettes. Like. My point is, Kamar, 15 years ago, if I wanted a cigarette, they were very accessible. Everyone I knew around me had them. And cheap. And cheap, sure. Now, like it's not, you don't find a lot of people smoking, I find. Maybe, I maybe it's because I'm not at bars so much. I just think now with marijuana, CBDs, there could be so many more alternatives. Yeah. Well, wh- listen... If you can smoke weed legally, why would you smoke cigarettes? It's crazy to me. Well, the psychoactive effects. Because you're addicted to it and you're not getting high. It's just a stress reliever. Like, I can think of lots of reasons. What I'm saying, though, is if you wanted to quit smoking cigarettes, now that weed's legal, I don't think it's that hard. Well, even more than that, with the Juul, like, that changes the whole fucking game. Yeah, but you're still taking the nicotine. So I think if you really wanted to get nicotine out of your life and cigarettes in general... I think uh, just somehow to make it more difficult. It's just the easiest thing I think to do. Cigarettes, yeah. I mean, booze. I think is easier. Oh, the you can go to the cigarette store or I mean, listen, you're right. Sure, okay, but in the states, you can get booze. I'm pretty sure 24 hours a day at a convenience store. They're both very easy. Everything else because they're legal. But this is a no-brainer. Booze. If you go to work drunk, you're going to lose your job. If you smoke at work. You're not going to lose your job. No, just, you're probably right, yeah. It's the easiest, socially acceptable way to harm yourself. I mean, I think, again, too, where you live. When I lived in Vancouver, there's nothing socially acceptable about smoking. No. I think the West Coast, California, all those are non-smoking. Like, I remember my first week in Vancouver, I was walking on the street smoking a cigarette, and this woman with her carriage, like, pushing her kid in a carriage, walked across the street and was like, ah, ah, like, making a big scene about... <laughs> I was like, lady... What are we doing here? But you're old enough to remember when bars of course. smoked in. Dude, I remember my first kind of cool. I remember my first time at Babylon walk in. It was like <laughs> filled with smoke. Natalie was behind the bar pouring beer with a cigarette dangling from her mouth. Like it was my kind of bar. It may I, I think Joe has to have some more sensitivity when they're just throwing around Range Rover and Escalade. The brand new like We're struggling, Joe. Half the country's <laughs> fucking homeless. It just was it usually like no, I really look forward to when I get a private jet to get in a like it's just what am I going to do that's the life he's living I love when I take my car and load it onto my private jet and then fly it to a different city just to know what it's like to drive my Mustang in uh, you know like enough he may enough. become he may be unfortunately becoming unrelatable 
We were just talking about this on the ride over here. Like old gray mare. She ain't yeah. what she used to be. I don't know if it was. You've got to get better or else we're just going to lose touch with him. I don't know if it was the switch to Spotify, but especially in this episode, I just kept saying, no, Joe, sit down and let the adults talk because he wants to chime in on everything and he gives his same old take, and it's just fucking boring. But let's get there, because I want to fucking call him out on a bunch of shit. Yes, so Joe or Oh, Kamar? yeah. No, no, no. Joe. Okay. Joe. Couple things. But maybe Kamar, too. We, the, you never know. The K-pop fan that should transitioned into Korean. That was one of the most obscene things I've ever Mental seen. Mental illness. Like, that's all that can be said. There's no accepting this or like, oh, we've come so far. Do you know what I mean? No, that's where I feel like we've stepped back. Where 20 years ago we, or 30 years ago, that person would have been deadpan, just like, you're, you need some issues. You have some issues that you want to work over, out. Here's, yeah. a, here's a subscription to Better Health. It wasn't like, here's a million subscribers to your TikTok, and it's fucking crazy. It's absolutely obscene. There should be no eyes on these people. None. This shouldn't be something that we're celebrating. I think, I think that should be offensive. That's like someone getting blackface surgery. Yeah. I, I don't understand how it isn't. I mean, okay, obviously mental illness, so it'd be horrible for the whole world to pile on this person, but. No, but I'm not to, saying we need to pile on. I, like what I just said. I don't know what the alternative is. Send them help or whatever, but there should be just a general concern for this person and their mental health. Of course, uh, Rachel Dolezal was completely supportive. Obviously, That's just great. But I mean, again, we said that, we said this like two years ago, like this is the slippery slope you go down. I said this about the compos. You end up with this, like when you're trying to fight your fight, then someone comes along and is like, well, you can't fight for that unless you're fighting for this. Cause they're, you know what I mean? And then you just, also, next thing you know, you, the people who fight the most of the most fucking dirt. Well, that's usually, that's closet, usually the other case. Yeah. Doth protest too much. I, I'm an alien. I admit it. Wow. We would just move on anyway. Slow on the draw. No, no. You transition. Go on. You identify as well. Valid. Couldn't I? I mean, get some surgery. Get some antennas. Do you not remember the? Do you not think that'll be a thing if like aliens been proved to be true? There will be people who want to become that race. Do you not that. remember the South Park episode where Randy wants to become a dolphin? Oh no, it's not Randy. It's Stan's dad, the Jew. I don't watch uh, South Park very much. You're an, you really need to. He goes and has. Uh, Dolphoplasty or something <laughs> becomes he has like a dorsal fin. <laughs> it's fucking unreal. Then um, Tim talked about the lesbian festival where they all like to go to the woods and hooked up, and people with penises are like, "What the fuck? I'm a, I'm a woman just because of a penis." I think that's the positive discrimination we were talking about. Lines need to be drawn. Well, I think the problem is it's it's easier to say whatever to all these things than to. To push back, especially like um, publicly or whatever, because you're going to bring on more hate. You're a Nazi, you're a Trump supporter, or whatever. If you try to criticize some of these woke things, which is it's a weird position, just to accept it, even though you disagree with it, and then these things keep happening. It is true, though. Listen, without it, no matter what your viewpoint is, you're afraid to voice it. I mean, to what gain? Like, you're not going to actually make change. No, no, no. This is what I mean. You're only harming yourself. So why would you? And this, and and then this let this go down the road. But I see what you're saying. Even though you disagree, 
you can't say anything. Just, you just say whatever, and this so how, this you how it just, happens. And then that's how culture shifts. Now, I think if there's a thing Joe said that might get picked up on, he said uh, this woke ideology coming from universities is infecting society. That, that seems like pretty big in fighting words, right? Okay. We'll, we'll see. That's my call for uh, the week coming up. Um, that was the part that made you go, oh, Joe. Pause. Just, just the, the actual term saying infecting. Okay. Like all these people are infecting He's like always virus. talked mad shit about the, the left uh, universities. Let's keep in mind, too, that, you know, there's a good chance that in 50 years we're going to sound if someone ever listened back to this, that we're going to sound like... Uh, Neanderthals? No, like those racists from like, you know, the 50s or 40s that like, you know, even progressives, if you go back far enough, were like dropping the N-bomb because it was just like socially acceptable. And it wasn't, you know, they didn't, you couldn't, you can't see the future ahead of you. There's a good chance that like even us being like, um you know, saying like this person's mentally ill, right? There's a chance that like 50 years from now, it'll be like, can you believe these bigots were saying that? Like, I may be mentally ill, first of all, but yes, I hope that. And there's a record of my position before everything went to shit. But again, my point is, Kamar, is everyone thinks everything's always going to shit. Every generation has said that forever. There's never been a generation that's looked at the generation after them and been like, nope, I think they're getting it right. There's always, it's always the same thing. Well, there was that guy on Lex Friedman who said in a hundred years, we'll destroy ourselves. You know, the probability of it. And I mean, we, listen, the problem is, is the fucking ocean's on fire again. So we're definitely going to destroy that ourselves. That was a little weird. Eh? We all think we're different. We all say, oh, no. Right. Our generation is the generation that's going to make a difference. Yeah. The, and then we all nuts. get old. And yeah, it's just everybody thinks everybody else. Sucks. But mental <laughs> illness, but mental illness goes uh, both ways. When uh, Tim Dillon is talking about sitting in a Bentley with the woman and her is like going, oh, we're in a fascist society now. Because she was complaining about Trump. And she was able to see herself as a victim. Because Trump got elected. Which is, I think that's mental illness on the other end. When you're owning a Bentley and you are a TV executive. She didn't own a Bentley. She was the She secretary. rented the Bentley? They were like... Anyways, maybe I'm mistaking the story. I'm way, sure Kamar, there's people on the other side too, like his aunt, who's like, you know, Trump is still president, still yeah. has his fucking, the Mental keys to the- illness is everywhere. Yeah, it's not. Now, the only reason I'm suspect of January 6th is because they are still talking about it. They could easily have their inquests and do everything, and it comes out that they convict Trump, but it doesn't have to be covered every day in the news. That's what makes me go wins a change with the possible. We know there's agent provocateurs. We, we know this, this happens. Oh, we know it happens. So we know it's. Okay. But there's 200,000 people there. All you need is 500 people who are doing stuff and the rest are just going along with it. Like it's not an organized thing. Sure, we did this. But the other side of the coin, too, is it could have just happened just as easily. I don't. I, the other thing is it could have been both. But even then, Kamar, like like he said, if cops are letting people in at that point, it's not a very hard thing for these guys to like. Well, it depends if they are just mega guys. You think they're helping the cause, or they are instructed to? Because it, it it just some of it points to powers that be wanting to make Trump look bad. This is my whole thing, though. When you hear like like 
So you, Trump is the president and the government did this to make Trump look bad? I'm confused. It's just like the government possibly staged an attack so they could go war with another country. Okay. You're talking I, about 9-11? I'm okay. I'm we're, okay we're with, um, with you thinking that somebody planned that or helped it in some way. Didn't stop it or do the right steps to control it. Sure. What's your problem with that? I just think it's more likely than not that there were just fucking a bunch of riled up fucking Trump supporters that didn't need a lot. I don't think they needed a lot of agent provocateurs down there. That's my point. These people were riled up and the president then said, march down there and show these people what's what. Do you think this was set up by you don't think it was set up by Trump. Trump wanted them to attack the Capitol so he might go to jail? No. No, I don't I don't think so. You think it was set up by the left? Let happen by the left, possibly. I don't I, I actually I couldn't say what the powers be, but they know the FBI, the CIA are reporting now. We knew this was gonna happen. So I'm confused, though. The CIA and the FBI are left-leaning organizations. Is that where we're at now? Well, they were anti-Trump organizations. Okay, that's fine. Years. But they're not necessarily left. We just, to Kamar's point, anti-Trump has become left, right? Because he's right, but he's not even right. He's, he's not even. He's left. He's just Trump. <laughs> he's just an asshole. And we've gone from the Arab Spring, where. Everyone was rah, 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 overthrow your government. Okay. Over there. Then that changed to ISIS to now it's domestic terrorism. Have you noticed that transition? Okay. Right? Before ISIS, it was all Egypt and everything, the Arab Spring covering it. We're so excited. They're what are we talking about? It's all. What do you yeah, mean right what are, now? Where are we going here? Are you talking about the the media? Like, what well, are we talking the about? The Middle East isn't a narrative anymore. The narrative is now domestic terrorism in America. It's the biggest threat to America. Okay. Well, it's actually aliens, I think, but we'll get there. But that's not in the news. I'm just saying it, the boogeyman was the governments that the people in the Arab countries were fighting against. Yeah. Then all that, that switched to ISIS. Trump's administration got rid of ISIS. They're out of Afghanistan, and now they're... they're um, Fearful of their own country. But ISIS... This is, is a narrative. ISIS has... Or the Taliban has retaken Afghanistan yeah. this week. Yeah. What the news is telling you is a decided narrative by the CIA, by big corporations. We, we sort of agree on that. They're not actually telling the truth. Who is... Um, I, I'm just... You say they're still talking about January 6th. No, they moved past January 6th. Anyone involved with that is trying to destroy their country. You didn't hear about the report? It was just the other day of like a militia of men they pulled over and then they ran in the woods with all their guns. No, they were on the I ninety five. They took off. They took over a chunk of the I ninety five in Massachusetts yesterday. Wasn't That's it? crazy. It was an armed militia within the U.S. Now okay. they may have they been going to overthrow a country, or they were just going to do target practice. I, I I don't know. Like I'm not trying to defend them, but the enemy now is Americans of America. Well, I mean, Kamar, I mean, you got to understand that, like, if you have people within your country that are taking up parts of the highway armed, having standoffs with the cops, that's not something that you can have, right? That's, that's law enforcement can take care of that. But one side of the news is painting 
half their country as our biggest enemy, where before it was ISIS or the Taliban. But how is it half the country? I'm curious. Well, half the country voted for Trump. So you're saying that they that you're saying that the news is saying that anyone that voted for Trump is a domestic terrorist. MSNBC, CNN, NBC, all them, yes, that that's what they say. That everyone who you voted to, for Trump is a domestic. Fear terrorist. your neighbor. They're the biggest threat to us. It's you true. Know, it's I, true. It's, I haven't it's been true. paying enough attention to. Um, this is the thing: is you hate. This is what I don't get, and I've said this time and time again. You hate these news corporations, but you tend to watch them a lot. What are they saying? And what do they all agree on? And then based on that, what is the actual truth? <laughs> but how does that help you? I don't know. But that's what I'm saying is you watch this news, it infuriates you. You feel like they're lying to you. You don't have to watch it. Well, you know they've come out and said that like someone like Rachel Maddow cannot be considered news. I don't because I don't watch the news. Well, I watch Jimmy Dore and he watches the news. Okay. And she makes like $40 million a year and people believe her and make decisions and vote based on stuff that entertainment is telling them. It's, 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 it's just tragic. Rachel Maddow only makes $40,000 a year. $40,000 40, $40, an episode. Oh, okay, thanks. There you go. <laughs> Forty grand a year. She's just out there struggling. It's like, then she would be telling the truth. Um, we interestingly found out why Joe went to Spotify. Because he was afraid of... No, YouTube? he was being actively demonetized by YouTube. And like they never talked about this on the episode. Or when we were listening, to my memory, say, oh, that got demonetized or whatever. But this was all going behind the scenes. Jamie was saying that that video just got demonetized. So maybe he wasn't making as much money as we thought. Here's the weird thing that I don't fucking understand is someone like Joe Rogan, he's the perfect, perfect example. He has enough clout and money and people he knows with money. Why can't they create an alternative to YouTube? I, th- I think it's just the ultimate gamble. That's what David Dobrik was going to do. And then I'm sure he fucked it up. But if a conspiracy series would say someone who didn't want you to leave their platform because you're such a big creator to do your own thing. Well, guess what? You're going to get canceled. Because like if Trump starts it, it can't be him. Right, like, but I'm saying Joe Rogan's the perfect. Go ahead, Simon. I was just gonna say a sharing platform for the people. Yeah. Now again, you still have copyright, and I mean copyright's a whole other issue. But you know what I will say? You still get it sued if you put that. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I will say is this: this is very interesting. This is kind of off topic, but it's it has to do with the copyrights and stuff. Um, KSI came out this week and was like, "No one is ever gonna get a copyright strike from me ever again." Never, ever. He will let any. He's like, well, of course. He was like, if you're on YouTube, I don't care what platform you're on. Use, use my, my shit. shit. He's like, I'm done with this. There's, there's enough for all of us to eat. This it's is crazy. A, uh, that's a scarcity mentality. Yes. He was like, you can all go nuts. And then Jake Paul responded, I actually really agree with this. I like this. I'm going to start doing this. Everyone should do this. We don't need the starving mentality, which, of course, KSI then responded, shut up, you dumb cunt. Which was, well, but, they're trying to get a fight down the I know way, they are, I but think. my point is, is <laughs> I, I think this, I would like to see that from more people moving forward. Because it is like, when you see that, that dude riding the longboard drinking cranberry juice, and you hear that their sales went up 6,000% for the next three weeks. It only did well for Fleetwood Mac there. That, that's what I'm saying. On a, on a song that's 40 years old, like, why would you not but, let people... You know what? That would be, like, the... That would be the irony, the sweet, sweet irony if, like, these Facebook, TikTok, internet stars somehow use 
that to like shift to a platform where fucking they weren't controlled by the thing is that's two different discussions faces, i get it you know? copyright strike is one thing i get it i get it yeah youtube demonetizing is a indirect yeah, censorship i understand if we were doing this and making money on youtube yeah and we found out every time we said this we made no money we would stop saying it i think i don't think we would i guess it depended on what it was i don't know if it was something stupid and it didn't affect like our viewpoints then we would figure out a way around it and if it was like something that you believed in, I guess you would just keep getting demonetized. The weird thing for me is that like none of these, um, very few of these people rely solely on YouTube. So like I get it. If you're getting the occasional, if you're getting the occasional fucking video pulled, that obviously sucks, especially if it's getting millions of views, but you have a podcast, you have fucking this, that, the next, they all have sponsorships. Like, I don't know. It seems. I just saying. Joe sort of said, "This is this. I think this was the straw that broke his back." I get it. If but he wasn't getting demonetized, he maybe would have stayed. But censorship is a weird one for me because you're not actually being censored, unless the video it, gets. It's, it's indirect. I censorship. get it, but hold on. But it's self censorship. Well, I mean, again, it it isn't. It isn't because if they if they can legitimately say sponsors don't want to work with anyone mentioning these hot, you know, that's an interesting point. Except this week, I saw an LG fridge commercial. Yeah, and it had a ODB song. <laughs> and I'm actually singing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess after a while, you can have a crack at it. <laughs> like it's just... I understand what you're saying, but I mean that, you know... I believe the products will go to wherever the eyeballs are. More so than what the right side to look on is. I think. I don't know, though. I mean, listen, you'd think, you'd think with advertising, just money talks. I'm with you. Eyeballs, you wouldn't think they would, eyeballs, you wouldn't eyeballs. Think they would give a shit about what the fuck you're talking about. Well, I mean, look at podcasts, right? Let's keep in mind, too, we don't know how... Google's a piece of shit company. There's a good chance that when they demonetize you, there's still ads running on your video and they're collecting the money. Probably. They're a total piece of shit. That's more likely... No, he said that again in this. That's more likely the scenario. The band, when he decided to leave Spotify, demonetized episodes, all of a sudden got monetized, and they tried to make as much money as they could before he walked out the door. So it shows you that it ain't shit. That's what I'm saying, yeah. It's all a joke. It really came out, and I guess it's like integrity versus... Money. But that's it's just the, a weird, but I want to say this real quick. It's a weird, because I keep hearing this word censorship about all these fucking companies. And it seems weird to me because the radio and television were never free. You never got like, you might've felt like you were getting the real deal or the news or whatever, but it was all paid for by ads. It was always bought and sold. There was no like, there was no free anything. Maybe for a small period of time, you could argue there was at the beginning of television, but like it went away super quick and I find that most of these platforms are run by massive corporations that are run on tons of money. And whenever, this is the problem too. Whenever you have a, let's say right now, the three of us thought up the alternative to YouTube. And let's say by this time next year, we had a trillion views. What do you think would happen? Google would obviously come to us and they'd say, we're going to give you guys $6 billion. And we'd sell and the out three, so fast. And the three of us, the three hands. of us would just be like, uh, by my math, that's 2 billion each. I'd and I'm out of here. Guy yeah, dude, that's, listen, I'd love to think that I wouldn't. I would. They would throw so much money at me that without a doubt, right away, I would take that money. Yeah. So, and that's the problem. And that's what, it throws the whole like, um, if, um, well, but say there was UBI. And we didn't have to worry about money. Maybe you could keep your integrity. I don't know. But it's a public, it, it's that argument, right? Like this is a private farm. 
mm-hmm. right? That's why you need a public forum because the self-censorship, like Joe said, will always exist and they'll always have this control. And not only is it control, it's the sneakiest kind of control because nobody's saying why they're not saying the thing. Like I said, though, if you're being demonetized, to me, that's not quite censorship. No, no. It's, it, if they're it, taking, it, it's it the self-censorship. It, it, it's it, what Joe was saying. Yeah, you are, you are going to self-censor yourself to call because you want to make money. It, it's the same thing. They're strong-arming you. It isn't, they're, though, because you could... If, listen, if you're really out there just for truth and money has nothing to do... But hear me out, Simon. That's Because yeah. a lot of people would argue, listen, if you really but, just want to get the truth out there, it shouldn't even be about money. But right? nobody is. The point is, Matt, Like, let's say, you, let's say you're a truther, okay? and you're sure. you think it's your job in the world to tell the truth you're still a human being who has to make money yeah and unless you were trying to monetize what you're doing you're probably like a fucking dum-dum you know what i mean everybody is trying to do that it doesn't make you a sellout it i makes understand you but a- here but hear me out like joe is a perfect example of like we even know that he's probably censored himself on spotify so i don't think that's gone well according to his words we heard in this no he said everything's I mean, changed we've each here. called him on it probably twice at least since he moved there. Oh, but I don't, speaking of, I want, okay, go ahead. I don't think he didn't ask Ethan Suppley about um, Scientology because he was afraid he was going to get taken no, down agreed. or censored. No, I agree. No, I think that was like a, I understand that. I'm not saying That's that. That's different. That's different. I totally agree. I'm not talking about that. How all. often is Spotify stopping him? And how often are we running into a situation just like this? And just humor me well, for a second. Okay, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, they can't, I mean, first of all, they can't take money away from him, right? So all they could do is say, we're not, we're going to pull this episode. Or, go back to that's YouTube. the only choice right there. They can't say like, we're going to demonetize you because the checks are rolling in. I kind of get the feeling. The bag has been got. I kind of get the feeling too that Joe got stocks or part of Spotify in the deal. You These companies I mean? almost always give you stock. So that's I think almost it's always in his how best it rolls. Interest to just have the whole thing run smoothly. And if his thing is causing friction, then it's probably, you know what I mean? He's a team player. Well, uh, who knows? Anyways, I was thinking about this though. So Joe has um, Christopher Mellon on, right? Mm-hmm. And they fail to talk. You guys remember Christopher Mellon? Yeah, he was the guy yeah. who worked for To The Stars Academy and they failed to mention that he worked To The Stars Academy. Mm-hmm. Because I'm almost, I've really started, I mean, I've been saying this for a long time, but this idea that both him and Luis Elizondo were both guys who worked for the U.S. government who were working, um, what's his name? Tom, Tom DeLong. DeLong. That would make sense then if he was to come on Rogan and they really were government assets, there would be things that they just weren't allowed to talk about or weren't able to talk about. Well, I felt Mellon self-censored. But that's not Spotify censoring. No, no, again, I'm giving you another reason why they could be censoring, you know? Talking points approved or not approved. Again, it could be coming from multiple different directions telling Joe what he can and can't But that censorship too could, that, that, that censorship as well could be like Chris Kyle, not Chris Kyle, who was his name? Luttrell. You know what I mean? Just getting drunk. No, the, the sniper. Or the guy, the alone in Afghanistan. What the fuck was his name? Lone Survivor. Chris Kyle. No, not no, Chris no, Kyle. No. Latrell. Marcus oh, oh, Latrell. Marcus Latrell. Sorry, That's what sorry, I said. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He, you know, him Two getting... Two bags in a bone, don't he, make a vote. Him getting drunk and then going to the bathroom and it, maybe his wife pulling him aside or him deciding, you know what, I've probably said too much myself, like 
That's oh, not- how that just ended, yes? Yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that was Spotify or censorship either. I think that was just self-censorship in the way, like, I probably just should stop talking. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't know. It, it just, like I said at the very beginning, Tim Dillon has become an entity that Joe talks to him, not talks down to him, and he doesn't, you know what I mean? So this stuff comes out. I was thinking that I bet you Tim and Megan McCain are more similar than they think. You know, she's leaving The View. He's like, I'd love to interview her, but she hates him. But I bet you that, you know what I mean? And I bet Joe you they more like They're all, odd couple, like best of friends at the end. set that up so you can dress up like Megan McCain and interview well, her. Well, I don't think she'd go for that, but I... I that would be a great Even talk though he show. made fun of her, I bet you they're way more similar than different. Imagine it was called the Megan McCain's talk show, and it was him dressed up, and she just played along. It was the two of them. They could like sit like it was a mirror. That would be great, giving like yeah the different points yeah. of view, but they're actually the same point of view. And even though it's dog shit, the view is sort of a podcast. Like it's the highest end of where a podcast could go, right? Oh well, my! How God. long are each episode? I think it's an hour. Yeah, okay, just, I guess yeah, you you're sit right. around yeah, and talk about it, people, but it's yeah. a studio. What did he say? Where he was like, and it's so ironic because what did he say? Fuck. He said something. Because half so of them bad. look like trannies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he yeah. went he went hard to the pain against the view. Yeah. Which, and women. Thank, that's some fucking hilarious shit. And that's about women. again why Joe loves him, why we all love him, is at least you're gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might be a white guy, but you're gay. So you've you've got a you've got a chance to talk shit about people. He brought up such an interesting point that he was like, you know. It wasn't that long ago that like I was a minority who was in like a, a group that was hated on. And now all of a sudden the quick change to just like shut up white man. You know what I mean? Like he went from like gay people used to be people that had it very, you know, it wasn't easy. You couldn't get married. You couldn't be openly gay. Like I think he gets grouped in there though, because he's got influence. Yeah. But I'm, if he's just fat Tim working at, Tim Hortons Maybe. or whatever, people still feel sorry for him. Or I mean, his viewpoint. He's still marginalized. Yeah, I mean, his view. Dude, I saw Milo the other day. <laughs> Is he still straight? No, I, I, I can't even go there. I, I can't. First of all, him. he's on this show. He's got like a, a, a blonde mohawk. It's a mullet. A mullet, sorry. Mo- mohawk mullet, kind of, I guess. At the bottom of the mohawk. screen, Simon, this is what it says. It says, <laughs> Milo Yiannopoulos former sodomite <laughs> reformed I'm reformed sodomite thank you what network no, it, it must have been Fox. it's too much it's too much i i i don't know i honestly was just like this is fucking wild sodomite is a crazy word <laughs> i was like i was like what am i looking at it here it sounds so biblical it is it's it no, is but it, just, it is biblical it, sodom it, and gomorrah it just i know like, but seeing it on screen too i was like this is so aggressive former sodomite like that makes gays just sound like and the to worst. Have human. This whole um, village named after butt fucking, like it just seems he weird. Has I, I know I was a fan, but it's like you have no integrity. You have nothing. <laughs> He'll just do what. Like I, I, I hope it's a master plan. He's doing well, and it, there's rhyme to reason to it. But I, it, it. You just hope it's the longest what are you con. Ta- what is he talking? It breaks Milo. my brain. Oh, Milo, Jesus! It just breaks my brain. You know what? Milo was such an. Yeah, who even cares? He's even more of an he's asshole. He's a now. fucking dipshit. Now he's even more of an asshole. Do now. they establish how Building Seven caught on fire? No, but Joe seems to have. I gotta say this: from his early days of like no YouTube views to now, he seems to have really changed his tune quite a good deal. 
Joe needs to just kind of sit down sometimes when the adults are talking about things, you know? Well, we're getting into those waters now. Yeah, he doesn't, he is not the fucking, um, he doesn't know everything about everything. I mean, he knows a lot, obviously. He doesn't get the last word on everything just because it's it's his his podcast. It's his tone is the problem. I guess, maybe, sure. speaking way too authoritative about things he, because... I'm with I'm with Tim. Tower seven to me. I don't know that we'll ever get the answer. That was a matrix moment for me when he said that uh, the Florida collapse now throws a wrench in the truth is. Now I said it as a joke. He was saying it actually seriously. Yeah. That the building pancaked. But Tim first time would not have been a pushback. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think he sort of succumbed and go with Joe, but he totally pushed back. Was this like his fifth time on? He still doesn't really push back. Well, just- wait a second. With the airplane in the Pentagon. Oh, that was great. Because that's a missile. Come on. We all looked at it. There's, it's obviously there's a no missile. There's no way something could fly six inches off the ground. Okay. Yeah. Well, hold on. There's not only that. There's no way that Afghan, like Afghani trained. One time pilots do a loop. This is what I'm saying. There's no fucking way these yahoos hey, pulled off a maneuver that fucking Fravor probably couldn't pull off. This is the most important building in the United States. And no cameras. One camera caught it. Like, get the fuck out. But all the, this is the thing. <laughs> Guys, is, hold on. They have fucking satellites this on is, this thing all the time. Here's my thing. I'm I'm always a big proponent of like, don't mistake coincidence for whatever the fucking saying is. Incompetence? You know I mean? Well, there's that too. No, but like, when when all the things start piling up, all the coincidences start piling up, like you just gotta... But wait, let's just back up because I really want to come back to this middle hit, this missile hitting the Pentagon. We're, we're okay? Building seven. I also want to come back to building seven, but this is the question. The other plane. No, just hold okay, on a second. Sure. The other plane that got hijacked. You know that one. The crash in Pennsylvania. That, yeah, that, that got shot down the by Pentagon the U.S. or, or shot down. before the Pentagon. That got shot down. Yeah, it got fucking shot down. There was no. Uh, then they make movies about taking over the plane. Like, they made that movie in like a year and a half too. It came out in like really quick turnaround when yeah. Quentin Tarantino takes nine months just to write a script. You do not have to be a conspiracy theorist to like work that one out. You, you know what I mean? It's so fucking well, I, I obvious. Think you have to. I will say this uh, too, or you take the the mainstream narrative. Dude, the mainstream narrative treats people like they are actual retarded people. I want to say this too. It seems odd to me that a hijacker, um, unless they're all locked in the cockpit, but it seems odd that they would let anyone make a phone call. Yeah, because it didn't happen, Matt. Well, here's my other thing, Simon. Just just hear me out because I'm, I'm just playing out many scenarios here. Maybe the plane they shot Maybe they shoot down a plane full of Americans because they know it's heading for the Pentagon. 223 Hold Americans. Because they know it's heading for the Pentagon. And then to explain it, they then, or the clear out, they then clear out the Pentagon and then hit it with a, a ballistic missile. Which misses a plane and hits the Pentagon. No, no, no. What I'm saying <laughs> no, is <laughs> they've, so they've killed Americans, but they can't have that on their hands, right? So they then launch a missile at the Pentagon just saying, listen, this is a yes. casualty. Whatever, we're going to repair the Pentagon. We'll ensure that no one's in there, and then they hit it with their own ballistic. I mean, I'm just getting, I'm putting on your sure, tinfoil I hat mean, now. Them hitting it with the ballistic missile, that's just part of the fucking charade, right? I mean, listen, or, I don't believe, I don't believe. yourself after you shoot the guy. I don't believe All for a second. I never believe for a second that a plane hit the Pentagon. It just didn't, it didn't look like a 747 well, hit no that plane. building. I'm with, well, that too. I'm with Tim Dillon. Like, 
Just show me one other camera angle. Or that's a, all I want. Or a better resolution at the Pentagon. Well, that's what Jamie's saying. Jamie was like, listen, Joe, he's like, I get that it was 20 years ago, but we're talking about the United States government. They're going to have better cameras. cameras on the Pentagon. Have better cameras. We're not talking about fucking Yaggy's fucking convenience store down the street. Like, they're going to have the highest resolution cameras. At Matt, least. Matt and yeah. Kamar, what these fucking dumb dumbs are telling you is that. If you want to break into the Pentagon and not get caught on camera, go anywhere but that one chunk of ground on the east side of the building. Because there are no other fucking cameras. After 9-11, I'm sure they revamped their security measures and it's not that easy now. What I'm saying, it's though, is any time up until that point, no other part of that building was monitored. Like, it. the right I wall was it. not monitored. But hold on. Let's talk, about the the guards fell asleep. That, let's talk about the fact that Joe used to be, like, very open-minded to conspiracies. Absolutely. And, and Tim is like, look at this video. Like, there's no part of this video that looks like a plane hitting he the sounded Pentagon. sounded disingenuous and Joe was what we saw. And, a plane. and Joe the whole time was just like, "What are you talking about? That definitely looks like a plane. I see a plane." Like, well, what he should have said is, Joe, "Jamie, pull up a seven thirty-seven. Was Joe? It's ever, a big plane. Has Joe ever been open to like a nine eleven? Yes, back when Eddie Bravo days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. No, no, no. I, he's I, completely I'm, changed. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. Don't forget one of. If you go to YouTube right now and look at like the hottest debates on Joe Rogan ever, one of them is him and that guy who. Was like nine eleven could never have been an inside job. They never and Joe goes mm -hmm. off about Tower Seven, right, right. and I mean goes fucking yes. off about Tower Seven in the paint. The um, there there are narratives that the powers that be, air quotes, I'm sure are willing to like go back on in time. You know, like um, they'll change their stance on aliens. They'll change. They'll just figure out a new direction to to run. They're never going back on... Not, they're never going to come out and tell you, oh, yeah, we shot that plane. We the flew old, that missile The in. only way that happens... That's going to the great... Like, well, the end it of just time. just say that Donald Rumfeld just died. So, so he took it to the Someone's grave. gone. You would need... Dick Cheney. There's only a few people, possibly, but... Um, but you know Cheney. Will t he doesn't even have a beating heart in his chest. No, so he'll well, definitely take it to the grave. Uh, yeah, I, I, he's just a head in a jar, man. Yeah, I agree with you. But what I'm trying to say is, the only thing that would change my mind about your statement is if a huge dump about JFK came out. This is exactly what happened. Which that I don't think that's going to happen. So yes, I agree. With and you. again, that's like a narrative. Like, can they, they, the they cannot have themselves turning on their own people. No, they can never come out with that. Because they trust can I, lost forever. Ever. Can I say though, there's a small difference, it, just in that the digital file keeping in 2001 and leading up to it is far different. Like they could there's have a lot more evidence. Yeah, they could have absolutely shredded every. You know what I mean? Like because back then everything was paper. I'm just saying it was more possible for them back then to wipe the slate clean on JFK, so to speak. Plus everyone dying, being that it's so long ago. Now I just think with the digital footprint of a lot of stuff. I think it would be harder. That's all I'm saying, Kamar. I'm not saying impossible. Uh, but in I'm, the, I'm saying unless that comes out, that nothing else is ever coming out. In the year 2000, did satellites exist? Yeah, of course. Well, there, need I say more? And you know how they... What, what, does, that, what does that mean? It means... Yes, you, yes, it means you need to say more. The Pentagon was obviously constantly being covered by a satellite, like, to make sure... Which can see a guy's cigarette pack. And you know how we always say that the government is... 
20, 30 years beyond what they're showing us. Like, of course, in the year 2000, they were able to fucking monitor that thing completely. They know what flew in. Listen, whenever they well, know, they, they Listen, launched it. When 87 cameras are all coincidentally off at one of the most high security buildings in the world, it's like when a cop turns his body camera off. It's like, an, that to me is like, that's the first sign of like guilty. something's going wrong here. Like, the, it's an Epstein situation. Yes. Yeah. They fucking uh, suicided that plane. If that came out, that might give me hope. I mean, again, I, I agree with you. They're never, ever going to admit, if they did it, they're never going to admit that they killed... It makes a house of card completely crumble. They're never going to admit they killed Americans. Epstein? Oh. No, no, no. Epstein's different. I'm talking about if they shot that plane down knowing... Never. never. Even the narrative of it was heading for the White House or it was... A, there, I don't think there's any building that they could point out where they could justify shooting down a plane. Joe used to mention Operation Northwoods every episode. Like, it, he's completely transitioned but not showed his work a wise changes mind. Well, the building seven thing is, well, let's not even get into building six. No, like I know nothing about it. I've, I've hung my hat on building seven and the, the, cause I always thought until this Florida thing is it doesn't matter how heavy a building is. It's, it's going to fall a bit, but it's the force doesn't change. I went pushing to, down on it. Dude, I went to ground zero, um, uh, three or four years after it happened. And like the buildings directly adjacent to whatever the two towers that came down one and two or five and six, whatever the fuck they were. They still had a ton of damage. Like you could still see them putting up like panes of glass and like, I just was thinking, I was like, this building was literally right fucking beside a building that came down. Like I'm one of the biggest buildings in the world that came down. This thing's fine. Like it's, I know it's four Control years. Control demolition is what you're trying to get to. I just I don't know how That's a building. That's the easiest way for it not to affect. I don't buildings. know how a building like a block away catches fire in the middle and then implodes on itself. Like like no building ever has before. Well, a building that had a lot of financial the, records um, in it. That's the other thing. The everybody, I mean, almost everybody at this point thinks there's something hinky about 9/11. Like maybe you're not willing to go so far as saying like uh, you, you have know. to at least listen. It stinks of. Cheney knowing it's, at least knowing all about it happened. They were running drills. I know. Like, come on. And they're all Saudis. It, there's so much hinky going on. Well, there's all that too that Tim brought up. The fact oh, that Tim they, was, Tim they was flew pushing back. The, as soon as not the only planes that flew after 9-11 were high-level US officials and the fucking Saudis that they flew back over immediately. Which is that's scary as fuck. They had just Anyways. When when every plane gets grounded except for you flying high level Saudis out of your country, oof. Well, and then just you go reeks. back to Osama bin Laden oh, and how they yeah, built listen. him up as a guy who was fighting their enemy. Like it, uh, it's all so fucking obvious. But the thing is, it's it, it's like, like oh. I said, we have no idea what chic wealth is. No. So that makes everything change. I've always said that when people are like, "Well, Jeff Bezos," I'm like, "Dude, Putin could have triple what." What I was getting at before, though, was uh, everybody believes some sort of version of 9-11. Mm -hmm. There are still some fucking crazy-ass conspiracies out there about 9-11. Oh, I'm sure there are. Like, I mean, I know Kamar's heard them because he's an avid listener of um, 
Sam Tripoli's podcast. But like people have varying degrees of. But this this now is where mental illness comes in because now you can just keep like looking the for pla- strings the to pull. The planes were holograms. Have you ever heard that one? The planes hitting the buildings? No. Planes were holograms. Um, uh, high power. The planes are holograms. Destruction lasers. That's how they brought down the buildings. Like there's. Those two might be the wildest piece of bullshit. I'm not even giving you the best ones. There are better ones. I can't think of them. There's one woman who believes that 9-11 never happened. Cool. Like period. I don't know. She has some weird. But half of those are probably from the FBI or the CIA. Because, oh, you guys think this? Flood more and now everything loses credibility. I mean, yeah, that's true. Who did that? I mean... Was that Chico? Yeah, listen, 9-11 reeks. And Joe is... Not to mention, too, like, this is the weirdest... Flopped. This is the weirdest thing is... So, you know, let's just say the high up... The higher ups know what's going to happen. Do they know exactly... Like, do you think they understand... The level of carnage. Do you think they know the buildings are going to come down? Yes. You do? Yeah. There's a guy out there, like, excited for it. Why? Collateral you, damage. What do you mean? You think they're just going to fly planes? No, no, no. Because I'm wondering. Well, no, I'm just Because I'm wondering, like, the visual of the planes going in, even if the towers don't come down, is, is enough probably, to start is probably enough else. to start everything. I wonder if they know deep down, like, this is going to take these. Because seven is different, right? Like, they can say, listen, we can just blow seven up if we need to. There's going to be so much chaos and panic. I hear what you're saying. I think the powers that be were willing that there was going to be a certain amount of collateral damage. It's not that much, though. But I just think people. But no, but it's not the people. It's It's the visual. It's the jumpers is a perfect example. And that's what makes me think like no one. I don't know that that a human knows that's going to that we can plan for that. Maybe they can or or deep, dark conspiracy. No one jumped. Or holograms. Uh, or maybe, like, I don't know, they take a dead body and they throw it off the roof. Yeah, like not, I, I just think that's so crass to the people that... So you're saying... I do, I, that, I do too, but we're talking about conspiracy. I get it. You know yeah, I, mean? I get what you're so saying. You I can't just, get on your high horse what I'm, Yeah, you're right. What, what I'm saying, though, is, like, I watched those people jump, and, like, that, to me, was way crazier than watching the buildings come down. That's the realness of the moment. To me, watching people jump holding hands, knowing that they made a choice up there, it still shocks well, me to, saying, this, to my core to this saying, day. You're saying, say, the powers of be say, look, we'll throw in these planes in the buildings, firemen will put it out, the buildings will be smoldering for weeks after. There's no we way you could think that. How are firemen going to that easily put out fucking... I don't know, but ran into those buildings. Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm saying like they couldn't have thought that that was going to be able to be kept under control. I don't know, but I'm saying collateral damage. But Simon, what I'm saying is they might not know then that those planes flying in creates a fire. If this is what happened, creates a fire hot enough to topple the top and And then bring the rest of them down. I still think you're going to kill a ton of people. Do you know what I mean? Like what? No, if there's a, a if you fly. Any sort of commercial airplane. Of course, a lot of people are going to die. Like That's that. not my point. My point was simply like the visual with, do you, I think they got more than they bargained for if they did plan it out. I mean, maybe. Yeah, sure. I, I guess. It worked out better than they could imagine. Yeah, I assume. Cause again, like I think you want to create panic and chaos and I think. But that was next, enough. They had to blow up the Pentagon and 
Another well, plane. because you had to make it seem like it was an attack on all fronts. It wasn't enough like just New York was under attack. It had to be. And like, think about it. How do 12 people attack the most powerful country in the world? Like, it's it's the most heinous. Money. It's I, I that, get that, it. That, I, that's I understand. That's all I'm saying. Chic wealth makes it all possible. But I, wait, let me ask you a different question, okay? Because sure. let me just play Diablo Avocado, which I apparently is no longer ours. Um, oh, it will be ours. oh, it's ours. I'm a guy and... No, what I'm, is I'm not doing this. You're a, CIA, you're a, a young guy. CIA. No, I'm not okay. even doing it that way. There's a guy and yeah. he decides I want to fucking fly a plane into the World Trade Center. Yeah. Okay. Just saying, just dumb old fucking Doug. Doug wants to fly a plane into World Trade Center. This is pre 9-11, obviously. Um, what? He gets on the plane. There are no air marshals. He some well, there weren't. Hold on, there was no air marshal. That wasn't. That was a post nine eleven thing. Yeah, I know. So I'm saying. Okay, sorry. I thought there yeah. are oh, no man, security. There measure. are no air marshals. Okay, fair okay? Nobody's expecting anything like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like really, uh, I've seen this myself when I used to fly. I've seen into the cockpit because the yeah, because um, the door used to be wide fucking open. Sometimes the door is open, but often it would be closed. But then the head uh, stewardess would go and talk to the pilot, and they'd get into like a ten minute conversation. Dude, I remember they let kids up there. I bum rush that, not me, Doug. Doug bum rushes that cockpit, gets into the cockpit, okay? Mm-hmm. Look, like, you could figure out. You could fly that plane. It's not that fucking hard. That part, to me, is not crazy that 14 guys could hijack No, it's a really plane. hard. It's really, really hard to fly a plane. It's also it's really hard to hijack it's a plane. take it off and put it on a uh, runway, but it's hard to fly into something specifically. They're not okay. maneuverable. Okay, how about this? He... Takes the Doug, yeah, let's, takes hold on, the let's, pilot hostage. Okay, sure. Gets him to fly to New York. Pilots like never, no, Ameri- no American pilot's doing that. He's going to be shot to death. Gun to your head, no. yes. he's got a he, new kid. No, these guys know. are not. Um, he's going to die anyway. Not everybody is Sully Sullenberg. No, no, you're you missing know? my point. You have a gun to your head. They're telling you. Die this way or die this way. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You are, you have yeah, yeah, you're yeah, going yeah, to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah You're yeah, gonna yeah, do yeah, the yeah. right thing. You yeah. already know your fate. There's Why no fucking choice. Yeah, then. yeah. But maybe you say you're not. You can land. Land us at uh, JFK. Just and then you bump them off and you fucking take control of the flying the, the wheel. plane let's, is the craziest. Let's back skill up to move. what. Let's back up to what Kamar said here. We're not. Flying a plane is one thing. Like flying a single engine Cessna or a fucking a little more a maneuverable water plane. Like those, that's where you start, dude. Flying a seven forty seven, that's like ten thousand hours shit. Like they don't just let yeah for sure to learning the takeoff and the thing, but the actually being in the air and taking the stick and turning. Come on, guys. I think you could Listen, easily turn this way and turn too. You much. doubted me. You doubted that I could kick okay, the field Simon, goal. Listen. I don't agree. doubt that Doug could fucking control a jet plane. Simon, I probably agree with you. If we played, like Microsoft has a flight simulator that's incredible. I bet if we played it right now, one of us could probably easily maneuver a building. Into, All like, of the these guys part. went to flight school, presumably. Yes, I'm not, okay. I'm not like, to- I'm just saying, you know. I, I don't know how we got this. I just, that part is I'm just saying, so crazy. Listen, I know me. now it's a weird, now sitting, you know, 20 years later, it's an easy narrative, but it's crazy that at the time the U.S. couldn't, like the people of the U.S. couldn't sit back and go, hold on. You're I scared. get that we were, I get that we were attacked, but this was 14 people. 
And people did, and people did do that. And people said, you can't talk about that. That's taboo. These yeah. people just died. Like, well, it's also the authorities came out and said, we know who did it so quickly. Everything's able to shift from questioning it happening to knowing, oh, now we got to go after Osama bin Laden. Because I mean, keep in mind, oh, even this guy's been on the radar all this time. I'm pretty sure allegedly. even Bernie voted to go to war. It's true because nobody blamed Bush because right away he was like, we're going to get revenge. We're going to, you know. Well, no keep in mind, too, this guy looked like an inept fucking previous cokehead. Next thing you know, he's down there with his jacket on helping firefighters. Like, he looks like the golden pony. I mean, he, he's such a putz. He's reading the book, right? When it, uh, to the kids yeah. there. And then eh, everything's weird. Totally. It's all weird. Totally off topic, too. Can you fucking believe that they pulled people out of the wreckage? Of the plane? Of the building. Like that there were people on like the bottom floor that like days later got pulled. That's always shocking I to me. I find that hard to believe with what's going on in Florida right now. Live people. Yes. Yeah. In a, like in an underground parking garage. There were people, on, there were firefighters on the first floor. There's a firefighter on the first floor when survived. it came down that survived. Yeah. I can't believe that. Um, a lot of people drowned to death. <laughs> From the water. From them putting the fire out. That's... Unreal. Dude, that is the scariest shit, the just things that you depend on, you know? You never think... It's like when that bridge collapsed in um, Montreal and the people got crushed going under the underpass. These are things you take for granted, like driving down a highway and going under a bridge. Yeah. Of course that piece of rock is not going to fall onto my head and kill me. It's six million this ways to die. Happens, Choose man. one. Yeah, man. It's- oh, did you see that mudslide in Japan? That was fucking shocking. It rained for 96 hours straight. Dude, Japan the, and the water. The, the water disasters over there. Mudslides and I avalanches. Watched, those are bad ways to go, man. Dude, I watched. I was watching videos of the tsunami the other day. Holy. Never gets old. That's Holy power. fucking shit. Which one? The Japanese or the The, the Japanese Indonesian? one. The Japanese one is so shocking because a lot. Because everyone in Japan has a camera. So the things that are moving should be moving the way they're moving. It's the speed at which everything is, hey, we're cool to everything's fucked up. Like even there's people in the street who just have no clue that that street's about to be 20 feet deep and have like a a tanker boat. Like, and the debris that's the, in the water. Like it would be one thing if it was just nice, clean water. And Kamar, watching, all water the, way down. watching all the giant boats come down and like hit a bridge and then get sucked under. It's fucking None of us have ever been in a moment either. I'm going to assume where you've been like, well, nobody can help me. You know, like if there's a problem, maybe the government's going to step in. Maybe some, nobody can help you. Like mother nature has totally taken over yeah. at that point. This is your, uh, there's no wall they can make. There's nobody swooping in to save you. There's nothing like short of fucking Superman. Let's try to, um, get this back on track. Uh, there's a North Korean girl coming on that was just on Lex Friedman. Yeah, you mentioned that, yeah. That's going to be a heavy podcast. Yes. That's Does he be- get any um, people first anymore? Joe? Yes, he does, yeah. I think they pass each other. Yeah. He yes, gets bigger sure. people, but even Marin got him first. I don't know. I, I want you to keep track from now on when he pulls somebody, anybody, where that person has been first. I think we're reading too much in because there's scheduling, and I, he's not here when he's here, so... It may just happen that way, but I'll try to do that, Simon. Um, and Lex likes Putin. Would you guys say Putin is transparent? Like, no. He is what he is. Not no. at all. No. No, he's the least. I mean, listen, 
I'll agree with that statement. He is what he is, but he's also not like he plays it up like he's a voted in president of a country when that is absolutely categorically not the case. I suppose, but I, I think he's like, you know what I'm doing here. What guys. do you what do you mean by that? He wasn't vote. Oh no, of course he wasn't voted in. Yeah, right. Exactly. Now, did he you guys know? Poisoned his fucking uh, uh, his opposition and then sent him to jail for like ten years. Well, do they vote in Russia? But did you know that guy is a crazy like right wing racist nationalist? Who? Navalny. Navalny. Oh no. His, his opponent. Oh no. So it's sort of weird. Like they poke fun at. They're it. Russian. They're all racist. They or, poke fun or, at you, it you know what I mean? on Veep actually. Putin. No, that whole scenario where the other guy, the poisoned guy, is actually like you feel evil. bad for him, but he's a whole other evil. So, so we don't know what we we know. We know what we think we know. You know what I mean? And I trust Lex, and the fact that he doesn't think Putin's horrible, I think he just is what he is, well, and that's what we got to be to be the leader of Russia. Got to be a douchebag or a strong armed dictator. To Matt's point, like yeah, some things you know. Most things you don't know. Most things you don't know. That's what I think. There's so much about Putin that you don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. But I'm saying, if Putin wasn't in power, there could be someone who was worse for the world in power. I mean, there could be, or there could be somebody better. There could be. It's just like sort of Gaddafi. I just don't think he's so transparent. Gaddafi or uh, Saddam Hussein. I just think you're looking at different, like, I think most people look at Russia as like a a first world country, like a developed country. You know what I mean? That probably shouldn't have a dictator or that's, at least I look at Russia as a developed country. I know some parts of it are very, these kind, very rural. These and, countries, again, to Matt's point, what I think he's saying is these countries that play such a big role in like world politics, mm-hmm. they should be diplomatically run. Otherwise we just have tyrants with giant voices in how the world functions and then you just end up with, like, World War II scenarios. But it's like, what's worse, a tyrant or a, a puppet dictator that the Americans put in? I, I understand what you're saying. Those aren't the only two alternatives. It seems as, in our world, it is. I would just say this, Kamar. It, listen, if Russia had what I considered a legit um, election and they voted Putin in, then fucking, that's, if that's what the people want, I have absolutely no problem. I, I just mean, don't, I just don't feel like I'm just saying I'm that with Lex is, on yeah, this that one. is Lex's contention that if that vote were to happen, they would vote Putin in. And that might be very well be the case. We have no idea what the fucking sentiment in Russia is. I get it. I just 96%. No one likes anyone. 96%. You know what I mean? Like that's a that, bit that, much. They might very well know in Russia that, this, this is, is our guy. This is I, how we want our country run. We like that. Who fucking knows, man? We are out. people who hear are led out. astray by the narrative. They want us to feel that Russia is shit. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. Just hear me out. I'm saying you have to think about it either way. 4% of the population, like think about people that live in rural areas. They usually vote differently than people in cities. So I would have a tough time believing that anywhere just fucking man spreading at me. <laughs> What a flex. Yeah, just shoves his dick at me. Simon's pantless, just for everyone listening. Go ahead. No, I, I can't remember what his I was. Flex I was, threw you right I know, off, your man. big bulge just threw me right <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, maybe time will tell Putin was better than he thought he was or whatever. I mean, I listen, I also understand what you're saying. Maybe Putin dies tomorrow and the next guy in is 10 times worse. Like, or maybe he isn't like Simon. We're all naive to think that... Um, 
We I mean, listen. We know what we know. Yeah. We also there thought like, know. oh, they'll take Saddam Hussein out, and that place will be a fucking well, a this haven saying, overnight. This Saddam and Gaddafi were the worst people, but they were with the Iron holding Fist a region together, together somehow. Exactly. Yeah. So we don't know what we know, but we also don't know. Yeah, you, know, you know, when you hear, I don't know. It's tough. We don't know. And we know, know yeah. that we the other know. way doesn't work where the U.S. goes in and tries to put somebody into power. Because look how many times that's become a total fucking disaster a la 9-11. You Every know single what I mean? South America. It's never yeah, worked. So, no, I mean, it must have worked somewhere. No, I think it has a 0% success rate yeah. if I had to imagine. They can't be could, playing the same you, you game the over Biden and saying, over. Could you imagine if America interfered in another country's election? Yeah, I also found it ridiculous that he was like, why do you guys want AK-47s? He said what I said. If the government wanted to come kill you, we'd come kill you. I was like, you know that's, you're the president. No. I was like, I was like, he, you know did you're the, he really he, say that? Yes. I was like, you know you're the president, right? Like, no, what is happening? No, he does not know he's the president. Yeah, but he clearly might not. <laughs> no, dude, that's hilarious, though. I, I like that. Like, let's just not beat around the bush anymore. Okay, you know listen, I, mean? I guess I'll give you that. That yeah, seemed like a more scene. like boot. <laughs> Seemed like, like a senile statement to me. It's like, like you think we're say. watching you? Yeah, we yeah, are. We are. <laughs> Driver's license, bitches. Yeah. Like we're watching you, Kyle. He points <laughs> into the camera. So do you guys no, believe? No, that's so good, man. That's so good that he just you know we'll just come out and kill you. Yeah, I mean, yes, they will. That's so. what he said. Honestly, he was like, "What do you guys want so many guns for? If we wanted to come kill you, we'd come kill you." What? And what's hilarious too is that's like fucking gasoline, man. All those people are like, "Yeah." Buy more guns, you know? Yeah. Dude, we had a listener. Second Amendment. This is exactly what it's for. We never thought it would come into play, but he just said, they're coming for us. We had a listener. I was going back and forth with him. He was obviously hates me. Um, he was like, I didn't want the fucking bailout money. It was forced on me. And I was like, forced on you sounds like it was forced at gunpoint. He was like, well, okay, it wasn't forced on me. It was put in my bank account. Hyperbole. And I was like, okay, it was put in your bank account. Fine. He was like, I bought more guns. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, again, if you don't like the money, you could have donated it. You could, you bought guns with it. That's fine. That's your prerogative. I don't care. I you mean, know what was forced on me? What? That U2 song by <laughs> Apple. That no, was no, forced it was on an me. album. Whatever it was. Did they make you listen to it? Well, they put it on my phone. Well, that, that, that was the biggest. Nobody, they were all nobody right. talks about that. They, I, I do a, a joke about it. Movie. Kamar, what do you know that that's the Euro song? It's a U2 song? That annoying fucking... Oh, it's driving me nuts. I don't nuts. know because I never heard it, but Haven't you U2 been watching the was Euros? a huge band. No, I, I did not know that it's a U2 song. Okay, yeah. Uh, U2 had an all right reputation. They did that move with Apple. They're yeah. persona non grata. Douchebags. Get to your next uh, point. Uh... Do you guys believe Joe is completely out of crypto? Because he said he sold all his Bitcoin and gave it to forgotten, uh, fallen forgotten soldiers. No, what's Justin Wren's fight for the forgotten? Fight for the forgotten. He, and he's done. He cashed out all his Bitcoin, gave it to them, and he has nothing to do with crypto. He said, "I believe him if he said it." You see, again, it, like I don't want to be the fucking whistler in the back deck, but <laughs> you are. That yeah, is a narrative are. that you know. The powers that be, they don't want that. And now all of a sudden he's going against it. Like, it worries me, man. It really does. It worries you. Yeah. It worries me. He's controlled opposition now. I don't even know. I, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really worry me, but he leaves a lot of breadcrumbs for somebody to follow if they were trying to make a case against Joe Rogan. Spidey senses. Maybe Joe was a young CIA agent trying to make his druthers. God, this would be the most... He would be the most decorated 
officer in that fucking division. He started he? because this is the greatest. Like you don't, you're not even going out to get guys. You're like, I can do this better myself. Yeah. I found a better way. So when does it start though? Like he started his training at backwards performing session with Ryan. No, no. As soon as he gets into Taekwondo. Taekwondo. Why do they go after him for Taekwondo? Cause they're like, this guy can fight and he's no, it would have to be once he like started doing comedy. No, his handler was a guy who tried to molest him when he was fishing. That's going way back. That's man. when it started, man. Get him young. Well, no, couldn't his, jerk him off, so he, he got dude, him to be a CIA. His agent. handler is obviously the fucking guy he drove around who lost his license that nobody knows about. The funniest dude he knows. Think about okay, it too. Hold on, think about it too. He was a limo driver. That's that's good cover early on, right? You have flexible hours. You can also drive high profile people around. Listen in. It would be a real pimp move to run your own op as the um, subject. Listen, he's just the most brazen. That's why. That's how he made it to the top. If that's the case, I have no doubt in my mind that he is the one who orchestrated um, winds of change. That's got to be the same dude, just fucking shifting <laughs> gears. Like, come on. But hey, man, the guy can write a good song. I, I was blaring that. Yesterday <laughs> in my house. Imagine there was mm. only one good agent in the whole fucking CIA and he was just running all the good ops. You know what the best question is? Do you think someone at the CIA has the gold record hanging on their wall? <laughs> right? Like has Probably. like a, they have like a writing credit on it. Like there's someone, some high level CIA agent <laughs> that, has a that, winds that, of change that, platinum so record. Stupid if you just Wikipedia swiss change and it's there. Like, Dude, imagine you finally <laughs> get invited to Joe's Texas house and you walk inside and he he's has got the, the platinum placard. Although it'd also be cool if he bought one. Dude, that's when your brain just explodes. And you're like, oh, fuck. I just came into fucking Epstein's mansion. Joe has no wife. It's just a bunch of Filipino boys. <laughs> John McAfee was right. <laughs> it's uh, just midgets. John McAfee was <laughs> it's just right. nothing but midgets. Imagine. He stole my two dwarves. Dude, imagine. <laughs> He's been collecting dwarves for his, his secret island. Yeah. And they live off elk meat. It's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. They've all got these antlers. They're these weird Oompa Loompas. Yeah. God, this this went far, man. We're far going down deep. a rabbit We're hole. We're going deep, bro. Okay, Kamar, what's up? There's quite a bit to do. Uh, so do we know who Banksy is? Uh, no. So what they were talking about, the band, I believe it's the Chemical Brothers. They believe that he is one of the Chemical Brothers. I think I may have heard that. We've, the tours, been, we've been through this theory before. That's that fine. I'm just, reiterate, I'm just reiterating it for no, no, not. I'm pretty sure it was the Chemical Brothers because I think they had tour dates that like coincided with a lot of his famous pieces in certain cities. Who are the ones who wore the helmets? Daft Punk. The okay. Frenchmen. Yeah, yeah. They were French, so I don't. They I think they up. know Banksy is from this certain part of England. England. Yeah. People have to know who he is, though. You would think locals. Somebody right? definitely knows who he is. Whoever did the Hold movie on. Exit from the Gift Shop with him knows who he is. I also think it's a team of people at this point. I don't think it's one lone wolf out there. Right? Like they film him yeah. in that movie. Well, well I guess they could just get a nobody to do that. A lot of people think they him. did that. Yeah, right. Yeah. That would be... Well, Shepard you know, Ferry a team of people? No. Shepard Ferry to start was just Shepard Ferry. And now but it's, then, a team of now, but yes. now it's definitely yeah. Obey is a huge team. Oh, of yeah. People. And when he's doing those giant those murals, fucking, it's more than one person oh, doing yeah, that yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Banksy's not a brand. He 
can't buy a Banksy t-shirt. You could buy someone who knocks If you bought off a Banksy t-shirt, it's a knockoff. It's yeah. a bootleg usually, yeah. yeah. I'm sure he might have done some for like his show in... Uh, Keep in mind, he does know? some weird shit though. Like he showed up in New York and sat... Maybe, again, it might not have been him. He had someone set up a booth along Central Park and sold original Banksy's for 10 bucks. And no way. And yeah. these artists are weird, man. Like, you know, cause obviously. Yeah, of course. Cause is sick. So like that, this is a guy whose shit sells for so much. Million. He never has to do shit. He doesn't do any clothes or anything. And then just decides, Oh, I'm going to do a capsule collection with fucking Uniqlo. Uh, Uniqlo. You know what I mean? Like they're just fucking weird. What's, sometimes what, what money talks. What does that mean? I think sometimes the money is just, no, 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 no. I, all those words don't mean it. What's oh, Uniqlo? Uniqlo is, is a like a Chinese, Chinese Japanese. Is it Japanese? Okay. One of uh, clothes. They're like H and M. And so that guy is sort of like uh, cool counterculture, and all of a sudden he's gone way mainstream. No, but he's huge, Kamar. He's like I, uh, I, I sells his pieces for millions and millions of dollars. All the like um, Pharrell, all those Cause guys. Got his, all... Cause got his start by taking out advertisements in New York bus stops. And like adding these faces to like Kate Moss's. He didn't take out. Oh, you mean take out like the glass and then do it? Yeah, he would take out the glass, yeah, take yeah. the poster, take it home, put it like draw his cause head on. I like, don't think Kate. he would take it home. Yeah, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think uh, he did it like Swiss on the spot. Swiss Beats and Alicia Keys have a 40 foot cause statue in their house that I assume costs. But they millions. have like in uh, Japan or some they have a cause museum. They have like the most giant fucking cause statues, these giant inflatable installations that float on the water. Like the guy's massive. And so there's no reason for him to go with this. He H&M. has so much money. He was like, why would he do this capsule collection? I, I imagine that this company came to him and said like, yeah, we'll give you a billion dollars, you, you know, some well, ungodly I'm, amount of money. I'm just trying to clarify for any listeners because yeah. you guys sort of compacted sorry, that. Sorry, I had no sorry, idea sorry. what you're talking no about. No problem. Now what? you know how I Simon. feel when you talk about TikTok. What do you think he's worth? Cause? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I think he must be worth like uh, a billion dollars. 20 no. million. That's it? That's what it's, well, I mean, again, this I is according I to the internet. I cannot be right. But anyways, we'll move on. You make a lot of money. I mean, you know, spend a yeah. lot of money. Do you know who Daniel Patrick Ashram Ewing. is? Daniel Ashram. No, he's an artist. No, okay. I, maybe I do. I don't know. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, do you know any other names in what I'm about to say? Okay. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, Bear, Yowie. Yowie. Um, Who's that? Kakumba. Um, you just making shit up now. No. Yowie <laughs> is one from Australia. Skunk Ape. Um, Wendigo. Um, I'm sure I'll think of some more. But yeah, go on. So Joe's completely out now. What do you mean? Well, yeah. no. He, he, Tim brought it up and Joe has now gone from... I think the last we heard about Sasquatch... Bigfoot, Yeti, whatever he wanted to believe, but now it's over. But he doesn't even stay up to date on things like... He's not on the Yeti newsletter, clearly. You know what? I'm not... Again, I have no problem if you want to say, I don't know. But he's so staunch against it that, again, it leads me to believe that he's, like, throwing people Unless off he's done actually way more research than you because he's way more resources, and now he's formed his opinion. But we know he yeah, hasn't. Avocado. We know he hasn't, Kamar, because he says he got all his information from doing his TV show. 
I, well, he, we, he says. Well, have you done a TV does. show about Bigfoot? No, I okay, have not. So Joe is slightly more informed than you probably. Sure. But the people who are willing to go on a TV show about Bigfoot yeah. are going to be the ones who are like liars. So I mean, Les Stroud believes I've it. I've probably talked to as many credible Bigfoot people as Joe has. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't he think just he, puts his hands he's up. not an expert on Bigfoot. Not only is he not an expert, but he doesn't care. Can I ask so you he question? doesn't stay up to date, but then he's willing to like talk like he's the authority on it. Can I'm ask, done. I'm done with it. What are your Bigfoot credentials? Because you said he's not an expert. So where would you put yourself on uh, the uh, God tier list? Of- I'm just a guy who stays up to date with the most recent findings. Okay. Is that good enough. enough for you, Matt? Yeah. I just, I know that people aren't saying that it came from Gigantopithecus anymore, but from a different species called Paranthropus. Does Joe know that? No, nor would he, because all he says is now, and then fucking goes and works out or something, or fucking eats a bunch of vitamins, takes a sauna. Who the fuck knows? Spends his money, talks to a CIA agent handler. I don't know, man. I think Sasquatch is my favorite name. (laughs) That. This fucking guy. <laughs> I know I don't do the research. I believe in you. There's nothing more I'd like to bring you a Bigfoot or whatever. I'm keeping my mind open. Mocha. Yeah. Mocha, baby. And again, like the arguments against Bigfoot at this point are laughable. And for laughable. sure. Nobody can get a good video. Like, fuck off, man. Enough with these videos. So are, would you not then also argue that the arguments for Bigfoot are laughable as well? I mean, the things that he I... He has an invisibility cloak. The things that He lives I, in the tunnels beneath the U.S. The things that I see yeah. lead me to believe mm-hmm. that there may very well be another species of primate living on this planet. Or... Specifically in the Pacific Northwest, or it well, could just be anywhere. that was his biggest point. Oh, There's no, no, no bones. It has a... But- they are all over. Mm-hmm. Different pockets. Yeah. Places where they're able to survive. I assume at one point, Matt, they would have been all over, but just like any other animal. Dwindling population, obviously. Well, man has a giant impact on pretty much everything we touch on this planet. So I don't know why um, Bigfoot would be any different. You're making just all the right arguments, Simon. This is. You know what? Yeah, I know you don't think so, and it annoys me, but we'll move on. (laughs) But um, I was going to bring this up in a post show. But did you guys see what happened? And our prayers go to everyone there. Linton, BC. Holy shit! Fifteen minute notice. Three of the, the hottest. Fires. Three of the hottest days on record in Canada in a row, and then the whole city burns to the ground. But but, but fifteen minutes. So I don't want. I don't want to. I don't like that you brought in real life into this conversation. Well, wait a second. Wait sad. a second. There are forest fires all the time. The, how much evidence could that destroy? That's what I was about to say. Like, how hard is it to incinerate bone? Not that hard, guys. Sorry, I, fires I'm sorry I had to use real ri- life to support your... No, argument. no, no. I, I, I just, I, I'm going to have to, I had to now say, you know. So you're blaming forest fires on no, the I disintegration think that's, oh, of Yeti bones? Joe's main point was they'd find bones or something by now. So let's talk about the bones, okay? If we're dealing with a species that is smart enough to know that it's in danger which there are none except for us is it too much to think that they control they're going to clean up their own bones after they die they bury their the same way we bury our dead the crazy thing or burn our dead the crazy thing is what level of consciousness they have 
come on, Matt, that's not that far a fucking stretch. I'm man. with you. I was shaking my head. Yes, yeah. I'm I so believe people these- from Middle Earth or another dimension. Yeti Sasquatch. Okay, if we want to talk Abominable about snow aliens, aliens, I'm willing to have that conversation. I was just going to say this too. goes back to the transgender thing. Simon has to get on board with whatever you're saying. The abominable his- snowman is that another word for Sasquatch? That's another word for the Yeti, which lives only in Nepal. That's the only place the Yeti has ever been seen. Been seen, seen, or in the Himalayas, or where, or spoken of as legend. There. But um, so I'm not even sure that's the same species, Kamar. Those could be two totally different things. The same way, like maybe the swamp ape and Bigfoot are different things. The swamp thing, the Comic swamp book? ape. It's the Bigfoot they see down in Florida. There's actually one video I saw that's pretty fucking weird, man. Where it looks like it's a gorilla sitting there in the fucking swamp. Like, I don't know, he's like hitting the tree with something to get something out of the tree. It's very interesting. If you told me some guy from Florida dressed up to pretend to be a swamp, I'll be like, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) On the regular. That sounds too weird. That sounds about right. Dude, did you know, this is totally side note, but speaking of Sasquatch, uh, did you know that kangaroos will sit in the middle of a lake in hopes that you come in and then it will drown you? Wow, that's a late. Okay. You're like a kangaroo right, murderer. Right. Let's back up a second here because I want to make sure I got this right. Yeah. So, what is the kangaroo wearing? Like scuba equipment? Nope. They can swim. They're just holding their breath underwater. No, no. It'll. It just sits there and it'll look at you. It just oh, sits there and I bobs see. up, staring at you. They just don't like humans very much. Is that I read, maybe I read that save if, it? I read that if you went into that water, that kangaroo will definitively try to drown you, Our and can- will probably su- su- succeed. But Our, who would? Are kangaroos carnivores? I don't know. That's a good question. They're boxers. Who, who would? Go into the water? I don't know. Some drunk <laughs> Aussie? I saw any animal in the water like, hey, let me meet you on a... <laughs> yeah, on even playing. Where yeah. I have less advantage. <laughs> I want to go to a kangaroo on the ground. I wouldn't go near a kangaroo on the ground. So it, the shit maybe one kangaroo once fooled somebody or something to go in the water and the rest of them thought it would work and they're waiting for it. Maybe. But this oh, I like that. So you think they're trying to fool you? Like, oh, no, I'm drowning, Mike. So Come yes. on in and hail. That's exactly what it is. So they're total, gotcha. they're total vegetarians. Okay. So they wouldn't even be hunting fish or trying to lure another animal into the Can water. Can you Google this while you're at it then? So you're telling me that they oh, just want to kill humans. We have a lot. There's still a lot, I think. Okay, well, oh, you really? guys start going on and I'll find out about the kangaroos. Well, we're talking about this thing because the UFO report came out. Oh, nice. Can't that we Joe just doesn't want to talk this? about it anymore. But... Joe now thinks some of them are drones. Yes. He's driving me fucking crazy. Um, Again, like sit down when the adults in the room are talking, you know? (laughs) Wow. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Is it also a hot air balloon? Do you know what's weird? Do you not think that the government knows the goddamn difference between, or not the government, whoever, uh, military people, people who are swearing that they see what they see? This feels full circle. It feels like Simon was not as deep into aliens until he got deep into Rogan. And now it's it's come to this weird spot where Joe yeah. is now yeah. not deep enough into it and you have surpassed. No, he the turned... The student has become the teacher. He turned me on to a subject yeah. to which I went headlong into, mm-hmm. to which he did not do his due diligence. Well, that's now he wants to talk about it. Now he wants to talk about it. The guy who's had Bob Lazar on. Back up, back Fravor. up. This I've got to understand. Before Joe Rogan, um, BJ, 
you had no interest in aliens or anything like this? Oh, no, of course I had okay, okay, interest, okay, okay, but okay. like not like I am now. now yeah. He I was able to bring to people podcasts. to the forefront of the discussion. Yes. Yeah. But Simon, like pre-Simon BJ, as you said, um, I never heard him talk much about aliens. It was only once, especially once Tom DeLonge was on, I feel like that was the the real tipping point for but he was, you. He was way more open-minded. He was still more caught up with JFK and uh, 9-11. We're talking about Joe or Simon? Joe. Okay, yeah. Oh. Kangaroos drowning people, Simon. That's he never talked there about There is only one known case of kangaroo killing a human. It occurred in 1936 when a hunter's two dogs attacked a roo and the roo defended himself. Like, I don't Just see Just look any. into the kangaroos drowning. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. God damn it. Was I lied to by the internet? Wouldn't be the first time. But there's, there has to be something to the fact that the military instruments are measuring the speeds and the um, way these things are moving as something to be interested in. Because the biggest thing about this is that no one cares uh, what I'm talking about or about the UFO news that the Pentagon has released. Is that because people have too many problems? I'm sorry, Kamar. I'm so sorry. No, it's I was kangaroos reading water, about man. kangaroos know, and how they don't drown anyone. Here. Can you... When repeat? pursued, kangaroos will retreat to bodies of water so they can hold their pursuer under and drown them. Yeah, okay. So, like, if they're being pursued by an alligator or another animal, they well, would fine, try yeah, and drown. yeah, but you too. You said that they wait in the water for us to come in oh, sorry, and they wait drown for anyone. Them. Matt, Kamar, that's not what he was insinuating. Listen, you believe in Bigfoot and aliens and <laughs> yeah. shit, and I get one small <laughs> detail wrong in a fucking kangaroo yeah. drowning story, and you're up my fucking ass about this? I let you go with all sorts of crazy shit for three hours <laughs> no, of no, fucking no, no, episode. Can you repeat what you were saying? You said... Oh, no, no. We're not fucking doing this we for are, clarity. Okay, done. Can you move the on? The kangaroo would go into the water... To lure you as in a, as a honeypot. Yeah, yes, no, and no that was correct. No, no honeypot. It no says honey. right here they will they will retreat into water to lure. Okay, and I believe they did it. And if they're chased, they will use their front paws to drown their pursuer. They say pursuer. If if you're being pursued and you go into water, you're trying to escape. Oh, see now you're assuming that every kangaroo that one of them doesn't just love drowning things now. Like it figured it out and has a taste Listen. for blood. You so open minded, Simon, about every little thing. There's beings on another earth. That are coming down and putting probes up people's you know asses. Maybe. And it's a big mocha. Thank you. Mocha. mocha yeah. Mocha, mocha this, mocha that, mocha maybe, everything you say, but maybe, nothing I say. Maybe the dolphins are fucking building computer systems. Maybe the mice are running the programs. Maybe the kangaroos are trying to kill us. Mocha. They're fucking trying to drown me, mate. There you go. Dingo now, can you baby. please repeat what you said? Because I didn't listen to any of it. The, UF no, the UFO news has come out. The one thing about it is them talking about these things are moving way faster. We don't know what it is. And no one cares. 149 cases and only one could be explained. But no, the general populace doesn't care. Now, is that because they don't care or they have way too many problems to be interested in? Hold on. I have an answer. I think it's that only one could be explained, but the other one's... They just don't have an explanation for us, but they're not ready to be like definitely aliens, right? That's acceptable. No, they will not say that. They will not say that. But again, if you don't have scientific proof that it's life from another planet, that's a pretty big assumption. And Neil right? deGrasse Tyson doesn't think it's shit. No, they just said it's not anything we know here. It's nobody else. It's not us. We don't know what it is. 
And you believe just leaves the options open. So what is it then, Matt? I mean, you believe that ancient civilizations could move things with their mind. Maybe there's still some of them around and they're just moving fucking rocks around at wicked speeds just to fuck with us. Right, Mocha. Let's keep this Mocha. Let's keep this Mocha train moving. Mocha. No, I just, I don't know, Simon. I'm I'm just trying to play Diablo Avocado here. Yeah, but he also doesn't know definitively what he saw. That's the point that I'm trying to make. And it's so far removed. Like we just said, eyewitness testimony is not the best. Even if his, listen, even if his testimony is, hear me out, even if his testimony is considered much better than anything else, if even if he has definitively seen what he's seen, he even couldn't say for certain, right? Listen, it's not the Nimitz incident is the perfect one because it's not just commander favor it's so many i'm not i know simon all coming together me out. saying the same thing yeah they're, they're, what they're, they're saying though is we we don't know what this is nothing but, on, but nothing, we can't say definitively correct nothing that, on earth can do this that we know of sure this defies all laws of physics as we know it so one of two things is true matt either this is Something from a, somewhere else. It's not one of two things. That we totally don't understand. Or Where we all are, the instrumentation fucked We up. are so... If all the cameras went off at the Pentagon, more than possible. We are so more advanced than we thought we were that... Like, well, we know, but we think that. We think the military has shit that's... Yeah, but I don't think the military has like anti-gravitational drives and oh, shit. You don't think the military knows... Like, if you're in the military, you get to know everything. That's what... Uh, top secret classification or whatever would be, right? I also pointed out if the Chinese had that, we wouldn't, the government absolutely wouldn't tell us. No way. Right? Like if the US government figured out this is 100% a Chinese craft. Well, I would contend if the Chinese had it, they stole it from the Americans. Well, fine. That's possible too. Yeah. but <laughs> Maybe just, they stole it from the aliens. The well, aliens came down and they realized the Chinese were in power. Logic would say that who can make this the quickest? Oldest well, the culture Chinese. would probably have the yeah. best rapport with aliens. Yeah, it, maybe Mandarin if, is a fucking <clears throat> ancient language. If they have been visiting for a long time, which if they exist now, we would have to assume that they've probably been coming around for a while. Then yeah, that could very well be true. Are you guys familiar with the idea that everything is mostly made of nothing? I okay. hate these questions. Yeah. What's your point? You understand, if you took all the space between all the particles, you're very small. Okay. So for me, space travel is that that close to being able to maneuver through the nothing or, or control or understand that. Do, do you know what I mean? No. This is mostly nothing. You are mostly nothing. Everything that's solid is, mo- is, is the spaces in between the particles. Mm-hmm. There's nothing solid. So you're saying that there's more space than there are particles. Yes. How is that possible? I don't know. So I, then how do you know you're right? When there because be more you know partic- two atoms go around each other. The protons are in a space. They don't touch. They spin or, or whatever so they do. So when these things are put together, okay, then you have more space than you actually have matter. I see what he's saying, but who fucking cares, man? We mm-hmm. are what we are. We're human flesh. You know what I mean? Well, maybe you have to understand that to travel through dimensions or something. Okay. Yeah, maybe. For sure. I mean, listen, we know there's a lot we have yet to understand. Like, you're saying we're so small, we're so small of what we're actually made of that that could be consciousness. I didn't go that far. I just said the transfers of energy may be like a... Like, Buddhists would say super light people guys can travel. 
I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. think of the uh, word. I know what you're saying. But send their energy <laughs> through. Transdental, uh, whatever it is. No. Transdental uh, sounds like not a transdental. gay dentist. Transindental, I believe. But. And, um, anyways. There has to be some sort of division of some sort of men in black, right? Uh, if aliens exist. Like it's, like it's some small office in the CIA, just a little basement a where the guy always office. takes his fucking stapler and he's the... Maybe. I mean, we know they want to believe this divisions for UFOs, so... This speaks to what you're saying about Gene Roddenberry. That men in black really do exist, and this is just something that's hit the... Well, we uh, know there's a space force. Is men in black a thing of it, or...? Well, the men in black have been talked about for a long time, obviously, in, like, UFO lore. I mean, uh, the guy who wrote the Mothman... uh, What's his name? John Keel. He was, that was a big part of that story. And that was back in, God, I don't know. My only problem with these is that like that revolves around the U.S., but this would have to be like a worldwide conspiracy where all governments are involved. They all know there's aliens. You know what I mean? Like it's, because like what, you know, I, I, I just, another country, if they had proof of, like better proof would just say, or, or if they had been contacted, they just come out and say, you know what I mean? I, but A, we know people don't like to talk about it because it makes you look crazy. Yeah. B, we don't know what other people, if our media is barely reporting on what's happening here, you don't know what media is not reporting on sites in China or Venezuela. We're making a mass, we're making a mass assumption that if aliens do exist, when they came down and communicated with us, they would talk to humans as a whole. Why is it so far to believe that they would have gone to individual countries separately? Sure. And then everybody had their own vested interests because they were each getting their own, you know, technology given to them, help, whatever it was. Maybe they're coming here to talk to the whales. Why would you blow the cover? Or no, they'd be coming to talk to the ants. Or that, yeah. Maybe they're like, you guys are useless. You're just destroying this shit. We're not here for you. You guys are the most useless organism on this earth. By weight, there's more ants than anything else on the planet, eh? Yeah. So yeah, that's who they'd be dealing with. Maybe you have to go to the ant queen to find or, out what's really going on. Or the mushroom, Simon. Maybe it's the mushrooms. Or you've been octopi. There you go, octopi. Yeah, that could it could easily. Now be what's them. crazy is there was a time where people were looking for witches and killing them. Yeah, that was the best thing he said all episode. He goes. Well, yeah, I'm sure they got some. I'm sure there were some people that weren't missed, some horrible women who weren't missed. But just, I think we think like, well, there must be some sort of common sense, you know what I mean? But this is what I was talking about earlier with the whole transgender thing is like, you know, we fight it because it's new and we don't understand it. The same way, like, people probably were like, we can't just be burning women at the stake. They're not witches. And that seemed like heresy back then you know what i mean yeah you'd probably get killed for that's what i'm saying you're a witch yourself that's my point is and then all of a sudden which please and then at some point we were like wait a minute we're just randomly needlessly killing women for no good reason i sort of got about it that we are always able to be duped of course always and to to this point today no matter what we know what we because it was interesting to say physics as we know it do you guys know a cat doesn't see the world anything like us the way its eyeball is different. It sees the universe and everything as we know it differently. Interesting. And its reality is just as... But I assume everything sees... I assume that all organ, like all animals see the world differently than we do. 
Like some are black and white, some the whole world is blue. I would love to see how someone else sees me and not me on video, but you know what I mean? Which will never happen unless the brainstorm comes into play. Well, um, isn't that the old like being at your own funeral thing? Yes. Yeah. That would that would be cool. Just perception is everything. How the problem co- with being at your own funeral is no one talks poorly of someone at their funeral. Oh, someone does. Oh, for sure. I, I guess if you're behind the scenes. And it doesn't really matter. Yeah, <laughs> unless, true, yeah. unless you can decide to haunt them. Okay, we don't have too much time. What do you got left? Okay, uh, Germans using decoy tanks. Brilliant. Yeah, the inflatable tanks. Well, that was the U.S. doing that, not the Germans. Oh, I thought he said it was the Germans in their last stand were like, we got to do something to make it seem like we're not losing. I know that the U.S. had sent over a shitload of inflatable Jeeps and tanks as well just to like use as decoys and to look like... I'm sure the Germans did it too. Not the that goes great until someone bumps into it, eh? Like, it's all a farce. Uh... Kids should learn how to fight, but it, it should be called fighting. It should be self-defense. Just just as the way you say it, you're going to learn self-defense for confidence and just every the better of everyone. I, I, I thought that was an interesting thing. Because he's asking, will, will you let your kids fight or whatever? And if fighting is a problem, would you let your kids learn self-defense? Um, yeah, I'm cool with that. Kids I think words learn. matter. Would you say what? Words, words matter. matter. Yeah, words matter, yeah. Like, the difference between fighting and self-defense, I think, is huge. Uh, they talked about Bruce Lee. They talked massively about comedy. Don't sure you guys sort of checked out. Uh, Hannah Gatsby. Do you remember? We were doing this when she came out. Mm-hmm. Change in comedy. Things will never be the same. It's no, so, didn't we all disagree with that? Well, we, we, we didn't. And we're right then. Yeah. We were proved right. Yeah. But comedy. that's not comedy. No. Comedy is from Louis C.K. to Hannah Gatsby and everything in between. If you're a guitar comic, if you're doing puppets, it's it, you know what I mean? But, I mean, I guess as long as people are laughing, but no one, I, I wasn't, I don't consider what she was doing comedy I, yeah, because we didn't get it. I think is more the thing, but I just, at the time, comedy's dead. Things will never be the same. Like, how wrong were those people now? You know what I mean? It just, I liked what Tim said about it though. It's you take down the best of the best so that it lowers the bar. So that you no longer seem like such a mediocre yes. player in the game. This is this is this is easier than working hard and yeah. just killing or whatever. Yeah. Um, I wonder who the comedians who Joe has blacklisted. Sam Chipley. No, 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 no. Who? Because um, he said these people who went against Louis were friends of mine, and now I don't consider them friends anymore. I'm sure they were lower level comedians. He's got enough class not to say. If I had to guess, yeah. I bet they're, they're it's, it's sort of like Eliza said, you know, sometimes you got to just sit back and let people burn. And I, and Joe sort of did that for Chris and Brian. Uh, they're talking about how comedy is sort of meritocracy. I don't know that if that's totally true. If well, we know you don't think that's totally no, no. true. If, say, Just for Laughs needs... To diversify their thing, they're not taking the funnest person. They're, you know what I mean. I don't. I don't think it's totally true, but I do think podcasting is a meritocracy. Okay, but I mean, you're in agreement. More so, you're in agreement that if the comedy store made only men, they were the only ones who ever got up on the marquee, that that would be a problem. That would lower the men. No, but the problem is, Kamar, you don't then give a chance to anyone else to become great. Like, if you only, what Simon's saying is, if I'm the store and I only let men up, 
then the women don't have a chance to shine and because become good enough. Because they're the best comedians. But I'm saying I've been at a show with four dudes are up and they all are sort of the same and the one girl stands out and kills. No, 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 but sure. I'm just saying Joe was well, Joe was saying it should be based on merit. Right? Like every if, if you're a police if you're a fireman, I don't want a woman in there because they needed a woman on the crew and she can't carry me out. I want a woman there because she beat out that guy for the spot at being fireman. The same would be true for comedy, but in comedy, which is different than firefighting, well, you're not saving lives. So you can leave it open. This to- is what I mean. You need to be able to slip some girls in there so you can make some fucking monsters, you know? Yeah. I, I just, everyone says comedy is a true meritocracy. I don't think it quite is. I but disagree I get, with that statement. I, I think, believe podcasting is. I think what they said, though, was that nothing is a true, nothing ever is a true meritocracy. And I'm saying podcasting Why is. Why is podcasting? I don't think podcasting There are plenty is. of successful women comics. Meritocracy has nothing to do with gender. I don't think you understand what we're talking about. There, people say meritocracy, if you kill, you'll be successful. I just the only reason I thought I we dis- were talking about men and women getting on, up Kamar, on the comedy. Story. The reason I disagree with that though is because I believe that there are probably really good podcasts out there that don't and will never have an audience, or at least a big enough audience. I think if they're good, they will. And and I'm I'm just saying there is in comedy tink tinkers, someone holds someone back or puts someone forward. Gatekeepers, if you will, which allows it not to be one hundred percent true meritocracy. I think podcasting is the, the of all the entertainment things the most wild west. No one can hold you back from podcasting. No one can get you away from podcasting. And you think you can be held back in comedy? If if, if there's a time when Just for Last needs all women and no guys that year, you're someone's possibly in your way or whatever it, it just i don't think it's a hundred percent meritocracy all comics like to think it is i think podcasting is i'm just saying nothing is true meritocracy i think podcasting is you can disagree with me oh i disagree with you on a lot of stuff for sure i just don't see how it's different than comedy there's no gatekeepers well, but there are, there are companies who put co- podcasts on, like there are still not, it's not totally free. Some people are free to do podcasts, but if you're part of like a, a Wondry, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're held by rules. There are, you work for a fucking company. Yeah, but that doesn't have to do with the but meritocracy. If you, if well, it does if, if because they could be deciding I want more women on my network no, but than men if, and they are not as good at doing this podcasting thing. Like, of course it does. Up by That's why I don't understand why no, he doesn't point, say that men and women come into it. Like, of his course point, it does. His point, Simon. it's based on merit. His point is that anyone can put out a podcast and that no one can stop you. There's nothing stopping you from starting a podcast tomorrow. Anyone on And Earth. if Wondery takes you on, it's because you're popular and they want your audience. Like short of living in a country that has, just hear me out. Let's say you live in a developed. Korea. Yeah, <coughs> that's what I'm saying. Take those, take those countries out of the, excuse me. Take those countries out of the mix and just use developed countries. You can, as long as you have the, the equipment, which right now is really a phone, you have a podcast, boom. Literally no one, a phone. No one, what he's saying is no one can stop you. Like if you live in Ottawa, let's say, let's say tomorrow the comedy club opened up and I go and I have a set. And at the end of the set, 
I tell Kamara's boss, I think he's a fucking idiot and he can suck my dick. I'm no longer working in Ottawa, basically. Uh, unless he was really a dick. Okay, maybe, but you know maybe what I mean? Like, the right. If I really piss him off and I'm in the wrong, he can say... You would burn a bridge. He would say, you're no longer performing at my club in Ottawa, which then really... Right, but also nobody's stopping you, per se, from going and doing an open mic and getting famous based on your merits. I agree. I'm, I, I said I believe it's as close to a true meritocracy as possible. Kamar's problem is just that, like, if, if there's 10 comics lined up who want to perform at Absolute on one night... And they say, well, we're looking to have more women on. So Kamar would have been the, the first guy up, fifth on the list. But instead, we're giving it to this chick. He's saying, well, she got it because she's a chick and not because she's a better comedian than me. Well, I know when the JFL showcases come across, they have to balance it out. And in times they haven't, you've been crucified. But I will say this, just for laughs, like, it's good that they do that. And, and I think it's good because, again, you would give... See, you would have no problem giving a young and up up and coming comedian a break. I was you just, just don't want say, it. It's you the just same don't want thing. it. You just don't want it done based on race, color, or gender. Absolutely, I, I, I right. But I've never said women aren't funny. Black people I understand. Aren't funny. I've never said. But that. I'm just saying, Kamar is in a in a world that did have a lot of gatekeepers as far as like the color of your skin or your gender for a very long time. It's good now that they're maybe opening up a little bit more and saying. Because there's a listen, there's enough for everyone to eat. Like just because you don't get invited to just for laughs, doesn't really mean shit. Well, Tim Dillon's example is he got his just for laughs, and then he got that sort of launched his career. It actually is a big thing, and I think it's only a hot button issue for me is because everyone just posted, "I'm doing just for laughs next week" or whatever. Sure. All that went out, and other people who don't get on, not me, I, I I don't go in that space. But a lot of comics are shitting on them. But let just, me okay, it's, but it's gross. Let me point this out: we don't know this for a fact. But behind the scenes, maybe they brought Tim Dillon in just for laughs because he was gay. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But but he's also a great comedian, so it helped launch a great comedian, and he got the advantage of... I'm just saying is... Many it, people have gone to just for laughs, though. And uh, like shat the bed. Luis J. Gomez, like he's done nothing for them. Yeah. So I just think podcasting is the closest thing to a true meritocracy. We don't have to debate it. Like I said, I think you're not. I I don't I don't think you're totally wrong. I don't I don't think you're wrong. I just I think there are you know, money is a thing that would stop you from podcasting if you're dead broke. Well, just like you could, Joey does his on his iPhone. I know, but I'm saying like if you're third world country and yes, you're that yes, broke, yes, like yes, yes. it really is a difficult. But you may not know what a TV is level to podcast. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I'm just saying there are you know there's always something holding someone back. Sorry. And and again, like we got to end this though. Whatever. That's Last enough. point. The worst thing about Trump becoming president is James Woods being shunned from Hollywood. I loved him as an actor. And I had no idea what his politics were. And would still love to see him act. What did you like him in? I, casino. Against all odds. Casino, he's amazing. Casino, he's incredible. Um, what was the one he did with uh, Michael J. Fox? Wasn't he in that? The Hard Way. The Hard Way. Wasn't he in that? Uh, wasn't he in Digstown? I don't know what Digstown is. It's that boxing movie with Jail. Where the guy's got to fight like 10 inmates in a night. Well, it sounds good, though. What the fuck was it? was Digstown. I'm pretty sure that was the name of it. I got to Google it now. I hated him in Casino. Like he Really? Played, no, he played the role well. But that character is like unwatchable. He's such a disgusting... Fu- oh, it's, it's not Digstown. What the fuck is the name of this movie? Prison movie. Boxing. This should help. <laughs> this is good. This is good stuff, guys. Yeah. Way to go. Come on, you got any more points? No, I said that was my last one. 
I have to find this, Simon, or it'll drive me up the fucking wall. Of course, I'm never going to find it. This is fucking stupid. What the fuck is the name of this movie? Oh, uh, whatever. Forget it. Tim Dillon, rate it. Simon, you rate it first. I give this one a 4.3. Uh, I give it a four and a half. Had he pushed Joe on Bigfoot, I would have given him a four and a half, but he let it go too easy. I'm uh, not wrong. It's called Digstown. It has James Wood and Lewis Gossett Jr. I don't think Tim has enough in his chamber to push back on Bigfoot. Mm. Otherwise, he would have. Because it just seemed he was feisty and ready. I give it 4.6. This is really, really entertaining. Even the comedy talk. Thank God for this episode, though. Because after that fucking chef, I was real put off. Simon Digstown, playing Gabriel Kane, a con man fresh out of jail, James Wood steams up with an aging prize fighter, Honey Roy Palmer, to run a scam on a boss of Digstown. The bet that Honey can defeat 10 boxers that that Gillen throws his way in 24 hours. A combination of scams and double crosses ensues in which Woods, at his motormouth best, spars wonderfully. So that's it. He fights 10 guys in a night. Yeah. Mm. Digstown, check it out. Doesn't sound as good. Maybe he's too old, but he was good in everything he ever did. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you made it this far, that's incredible. We appreciate the shit out of you. Uh, if you watched, even better. Um, we want to, of course, thank BetterHelp for their sponsorship. Go check them out. BetterHelp.com slash J-R-E-E for 10% off your first month. Uh, we have an Instagram and a Twitter. It's at J-R-E-E podcast. You can follow Kamar on Instagram. At Kamar um, there's a subreddit. It's r slash J-R-E-E podcast. If you want to join in the conversation, you can uh, let us know your thoughts, questions on there, all that fun stuff. Uh, the YouTube, if you want to watch the show, youtube.com slash J-R-E-E podcast. And of course, the Patreon. If you want to support the show, you can do so for as little as $5 a month. Go to patreon.com slash J-R-E-E podcast. Uh, for that $5, you get the post show. It's the show after the show where we shoot the shit, talk about some non-Joe stuff. And the backlog of uh, episodes of This Won't Age Well, the show where we went back, we listened to old episodes, and we did what we did on the normal show. Um, <clears throat> I think that's it. I miss anything? Great. Um, thank you so much for listening. As usual, we hope you have a great week, weekend, and uh, keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open.